Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. I think and act the same way sober as I do drunk. Now, in the steps, though, there's a great amount, there's a great amount to talk about in steps. But you see, when I come into Alcoholics Anonymous, I did hear steps right away. I had a sponsor that pounced on me. But you see, the disease of alcoholism was the mind function of the disease that kept telling me that this stuff that he's telling me, that I can do these things, I'm going to be all right. And I'm not all right. The reason I'm not all right is because I don't know what's wrong with me. I just don't know. I think that by coming to Alcoholics Anonymous and just keep going and going and going, eventually I was told I'd be a winner. Well, eventually it never happened to me because I was not a winner. I was the same man sober as I was drunk because I used the same kind of thinking coming from the same power as self. And this became something that I couldn't see. I just couldn't see it because what, what stopped this was the fact that I kept getting... I got a new car. I got the same gal that I took through the drinking years. I bought a brand new house. Uh, I got a decent man. I rode motorcycles. I, I raced student buggies. I do all kinds of things. But my mind is still affected by alcoholism because there's nothing else there other than what was there before, and that's me. That's me. The way I am. And then I try to figure life out as the days that I'm in. I try to figure out how to act, how to respond how to say the right thing, how to go to work, and then be at work. And I'm as mean and mad at work as I was when I was drunk, or maybe I'm worse even, because my mind isn't fogged up. My mind isn't drunk. It doesn't have alcohol in it. To go to these meetings or to come to AA and think in terms that I'm going to be all right just because I'm not drinking, attending meetings, uh, man, and you know, I'll tell you, right from the word go, I've been... I've been I've been picking babies up right from the word go. Right as soon as I got to California here, I I started having false step calls because in them days there was there, this is this is quite a while ago, and so there there's no there, the only buddy they call on me they call me up because I go to meetings and I'm sober. Would you make a twelve step call on somebody? What kind of a twelve step call can I make on somebody? The best I can do. <clears throat> is take them to meetings with me, and which I did, because I'm still doing everything the same way I did it before. I'm doing everything because I think it's the best thing to do, and this is what it's all about. <clears throat> That's not what it's all about. My head is wrong. My mind is wrong. I mean well, and I'm sober, but I can't do well. But I don't know why I can't do well, because I'm the same man when I came here. I have to figure out how to say things. I have to look at things and people and figure out what's best. What should I say here? What should I do here? How should I act here? How do I respond to somebody when they attack you? How do I respond to somebody when they're in the freeway and they drive and they, they run you off the road? What do you do? Do you get, do you, what do you do? I don't know what to do. So I do whatever I think is best to do. And what's best is the same thing that was best that I brought me here. And it means now I have to get excited. I have to get mad. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how not to get mad. I don't know how not to do the things that uh, that make me sick inside. When my wife that I took through the drinking years, I'm looking at her, I'm looking at her like she's wrong. She's doing everything wrong. 
because I don't like it. She bothers me. And I don't know that this is the disease of alcoholism. She says something, and it makes me mad. I want to I show her she's wrong. And I don't know why, because I don't even question this. I don't even look at it. I always thought that the disease of alcohol was alcohol because of what it was. I didn't know that the disease is called an ism because it's alive and it's still there right now. In fact, it's still in me right now too because it's my mind. It's the way my mind functions. It's the power of self. I'm the main man for my life. A long time ago, I was drunk and I was the main man. I got sober and I'm still the main man. But the disease is always going to tell me that I am the main man, that I can do things. I don't even know that my past is my future. What I did yesterday, I'll do today, if I don't change. That's because of the disease of alcoholism. And it hasn't got a damn thing to do with drinking bars. It don't have a damn thing to do with how many meetings I go to or I don't go to. So I don't, see, I can't put this together. Because I don't have the power to put it together. I don't have the power to look inside of me and see me for who I really am. And that's the disease, and I don't even know that. I think in time, just keep going to meetings. You're going to be all right. Just keep going. Keep struggling. Keep hurting people. Go out there and act like a damn fool because you're sober and it's okay. This is, this is a mind that's talking to me, but it's my mind. And I can't look at it. I can't, I can't identify it. I keep looking at you, whoever you are. I don't give a damn who you are. And I think you're at fault. I think it's because of your, your, your actions. What you say, what you do. You drive your car wrong, and it entitles me to think that you're all wet. I'm right. I can I go I watch a guy park a car. And I watch him park the car and I think, isn't that terrible? He doesn't even know how to park that damn car. It hasn't got a damn thing to do with my life, and it's upsetting me what he's doing, and I can't identify that. I think it's okay to get upset. It's okay to burn and boil because of other people's behavior. You go in a restaurant like we did tonight. <clears throat> I think in turn that I have the right in there to look at things and see things wrong because it's I think they're wrong. This year, this year, this year makes me upset. It hurts me. It makes my mind keep going. And when I'm like that, I'm not. I'm everything I look at's wrong. I got I got something happening to me, and I don't know what it is. And it's the same thing that was happening to me when I was drinking drunk. And here I am sober now, and it's the same thing again. I, I can't stand people. I've, I've got a dissatisfied mind. i got a mind that's unsatisfied. You can't satisfy my mind. And this was like I, that when I was drunk, and it's like that when I'm sober. I get something. After I get it, it's no damn good. Because I think it should be something else. It should be better. Or it should do more for me. And this is the disease that I'm doing. I'm living in the alcoholism and sober. And, I, and I'm so upset, I'm so angry, because nothing pleases me. Nothing, nothing, nothing stays that satisfies me. I get a new car. I get a, man, I did too. You know, in, in 1954, I bought a brand new Mercury, a 1955 Mercury. They put it on the showroom and they bought it right off the showroom. And you know what? I thought, man, that's beautiful. Now here I got a brand new car. Man, I'm, I'm really, I'm really doing well. See, I'm doing well. I can't even drive the damn thing. I drive it and I get mad. I get mean. I get I hit I, I see people. I'm in my new car. 
Don't they know who I am? And no, they don't know who I am. So they go ahead and blow the horn at me. And I don't like it. I don't think they should blow the horn at me because what the hell is they're wrong, I'm right. And it bothers me because I don't know why though. This here you know, this this is a disease of alcoholism and it has to be talked about. And it isn't something now that that I can learn something and after I hear something and so the disease of alcoholism is a mind functioning disease. And I have to keep me personally. I have to keep seeing what it is that's wrong inside of me because that's where the trouble lies. I get hurt in a day I'm in. My disease of alcoholism, when it isn't treated by the program recovery, it'll do again the same thing today as it always does. It'll make me restless, irritable, discontented. I'll find fault. I'll look out there in a world and I can't accept that world. I'm living in a world sober and it's the same world that I was drunk because I can't live in it. Because there's too much wrong. There's too many people. There's too many things happening. I can't, I just, I just can't accept it. I, I'm still angry inside. And I've got the world by the tail. I'm sober. I got a brand new car. I got a house, a brand new house. I watched them build it. And it doesn't do what I thought it would do to me. And so here I am. I'm still angry. I'm still the same man inside. I got a wife. I don't know how to treat her. I don't know how to tell her I love her. I don't know how to, you know, I don't know. I'm looking for trouble all the time. I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm waiting for you to knock it off. Anybody. I don't care. Her, anybody. You, anybody else. And this is a mind that's hurt. This is a mind that's injured. This is a mind that's in me. And here I come to Alcoholics Anonymous, and I think that all you have to do is the name of the game is staying sober. But what am I going to do with the mind that I brought here? How can I stay sober? when I have a mind that can't be satisfied because it's hurt, it's injured. It got that way a long time ago and it's called the disease of alcoholism because it centers in my mind, not my body. It hasn't got a damn thing to do with, with drinking. It hasn't got anything to do with bottles, bars. And yet though, my life is still unmanageable and I'm sober. The disease of alcoholism is why my life is like it is because there's something wrong with me. And it hasn't got anything to do with alcohol. Although the alcohol has to be identified. But even in the steps, when I get into the steps, it's like in step one. There's so much I should know because of what I am. I'm an alcoholic with alcoholism. And when I get into steps, why should I even begin to get into steps if I don't know what they're for? Because I have a same mind that when it was drunk, did the same thing. I got the same mind when I'm sober, does the same thing. It's a thinking process. In the in the big book, on page 23, it talks in there, and it, it says in there that it would be academic for any of us, me, talk about what alcohol does or how drunk I was and how this I was and everything else if I never took the drink in the first place. It would be academic, in other words, to look at what the disease or what alcohol does to me if I never took the drink because the disease centers in my mind. Not the alcohol, the disease. What is it? It's a mind that's hurt, it's injured. It's called alcoholism. It's called alcoholism because it's always there. It's alive. Not alcohol, alcoholism. And I and I just don't I just don't look at that. I just don't even identify that as I get mad or as I'm in my day upset, as I'm in the day I'm in, I don't know why I'm like I am. Because I'm going to meetings. Why in the heck can't I have a good life now? I can't. 
I've got a mind that won't let me have a good life. I got a I got a mind that tells me you're wrong. I'm right. That's not alcohol. That's alcoholism. But you know, if I don't see this as an awareness thing, not an understanding thing, but an awareness. In other words, to see that what it is that's happening. And this is in your big book. This is on page 60, and it starts in there. It says in there that any I had to be convinced that any life run on self-will could hardly be a success because I'm always in conflict or, or con confusing or arguing or fighting something or somebody even when my, when my motives were good. But I don't think that's me because I'm sober. I don't think that's do that. I'm a nice guy. I'm a good guy. Look at all the stuff I do. I'm sober. I'm buying a house, a car, and I help my wife, I help my neighbor, and everything else. But I'm ready to kill you one minute and love you the next minute. I don't know what that is. I, I can't put that together. I just can't. And yet, though, it's going to save my life. It's going to save my life because I'm always against you. I'm always against everything. And being against it, I mean exactly that. I don't care what it is. I'm going to find fault with it. I'm going to pick on it. I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to find fault. I'm going to see everything about you that's wrong. I'm going to identify things that I think that you're doing. And I don't even know what that is. You know, I just don't know. I don't know that I have a mind that looks at the world, and it sees the world, but it isn't what I see. It's what I think I see. And what I think I see bothers me. It upsets me. And that's the disease of alcoholism. I keep going in the world I'm in, thinking in turn, that I can change something and make it right. And it never does that. But I think it's because you're not right. I don't know that it's me that's not right. I've got that same mind that controls me. It wants to still find fault. It still tells me I'm a self-talker. I'm sober. Go to meetings. I found a God and prayed to God even. And you know what I do? I still talk to myself. My mind talks to me and tells me how things should be and they're not that way and it bothers me. It upsets me. I have a mind that tells me exactly how wrong you are. I listen to this mind. This mind is where the disease is. This mind is what I brought here. This is the same mind that I drank with and now I'm still talking to it the same way I did when I was drunk. I don't like this. I don't like that. This should be different. That should be different. This mind is a self-talking mind, but it talks with power. It isn't thinking at all. It's not a mind that just thinks. It's a mind that's a power. It tells me what to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it. And I don't know that, though. I don't know it. I think in terms that I respond to life because I'm right. I'm right. I don't know that my mind, whatever I see, is not what's wrong. It's what my mind tells me about what I see that's wrong. And I can't, I can't identify that. That don't make sense, see? I can look at something, and I don't care if it's right or wrong, I still think that it's wrong or right. Whether it is wrong or right doesn't make no difference. It's what I think about it that bothers me. Now that's a hell of a dilemma, to have to live in life and see things you, and upset yourself and you can't do anything about it. And I couldn't do anything about it. I'm still going to get upset. And I tell myself, no, I'm not going to get it. And I still will. I want it different, and I, and I don't know. It can't be any different, but I still want it different. Whatever it is, I want you to behave. I won't accept you for the way you are. I just won't do it. I want you to change because I want you to change. 
What you do, I don't care what you do. If I don't like it, I think you should do better or different. And you won't. It's just like my wife, the same way. When I was looking at her, I want her to do different than what she's doing, and she don't even know that. So she doesn't do different, and I get upset. She can't do anything different. How could she? Because I'm the one that thinks she should different, do different, not her. And I can't accept that. I can't look at that. This here, this is what I'm talking about now goes into all of every every area of my life. At work, when I work with a guy, uh, he's working alongside of me, and I don't think he's doing a very good job. He's he's dumb. He's nuts. He doesn't know what he's doing. Even you know, look at what he's doing now. How wrong it is, and it bothers me. It upsets me. It's the same thing I said about driving a car. The same way. Why can't I drive my car without driving your car? I can't do it. I drive my car and your car because everything you do in that car is wrong. And I'm looking that way. Now, this gets to be a big thing. This is a thing that I have had in me right from the word go, that this is in a daily reprieve. Now, this daily reprieve they're talking about in the book where it says, I'm not cured of alcoholism. What I really have is a daily reprieve. Now, this daily reprieve they're talking about in the book where it says, I'm not cured of alcoholism. What I really have is a daily reprieve contingent on maintenance of my spiritual condition. Today, if my spiritual condition isn't very good, you know what? I still can't drive my car. I can let you in, but I'm letting you in under protest. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still fighting it, and I'm letting you in, but I'm only letting you in because i got to let you in. Man, it's killing me. And this is, I, I don't know what this is, but this is a mind. This is what I, this is the reason I come to Alcoholics Anonymous. This isn't, what I'm talking about now isn't steps. This was, it is, but I'm not talking about steps. I'm talking about a way of life that in the life that I'm in today, with no reference to time, now a lot of time or short time, a lot of meetings, no meetings, a lot of praying, no praying, that isn't what I'm talking about. Because even that doesn't stop the disease of alcoholism. That is, that is, that don't stop the disease. But I don't know that because I think in terms that I go to a lot of meetings. Then I can watch things a little closer. I'll be a little more careful this time. I just won't blow my lid so hard. I'll just be, I won't get so mad at somebody. The next thing you know, you know what happens? I get just as mad as I ever did or matter. And I just got through telling myself I wasn't going to do it and I can't do that. And I don't know what that is. That's a power that they're talking about in steps and it's in step two. But it's a power that I use, and it's not a higher power, a power greater than me, it's my power. My whole life, my whole very being, all the time, before Alcoholics Anonymous and then sometime later in Alcoholics Anonymous, was still the same power controlling my life because it did exactly everything I, that I was told to do because it's me. It's my mind. It's the way I live, the way I think. <laughs> I get restless, irritable, discontented, like in the big book when Dr. Silkwork is talking in there. And he talks to alcoholics, drink for the effect, because they're restless, irritable, discontented, until they drink again. Here, what he's saying to me is that this alcohol that I was drinking was treating my alcoholism, and I didn't even know, because it was treating my mind, the alcohol was. It was making the world I was in, a world I could be in, because I was drinking, because I wasn't finding fault. Because I was getting things in because my mind said it's okay, man. Everything's cool now. There wasn't a fight going on. My mind was getting fogged. It was getting now 
so that there was stuff there now that was taken care of the disease, and it was alcohol. But after I come to Alcoholics Anonymous and I wasn't drinking any booze, what am I going to do now with that same mind that I brought here? What am I going to do with it? The thing's going to kill me again, and I know it too. I went for so long. I went for two and a half years in Alcoholics Anonymous, fighting everything and everybody every day, living in a world, the same world I drank, the same world I was drunk, and I'm sober, and it's the same world, always the same world. I'm restless, irritable, discontented, not because of alcohol, because of alcoholism, because the power that's in my head is distorted, it's, it's aberrated, it's hurt, it's perverse. It always does the wrong damn thing. When it should do something here, it does it over there. Then it's alcoholism. It's a way of thinking. I didn't know that these here yesterdays, what I'm talking about, whether I was drunk or sober, these yesterdays are my todays and my future all the time. The things that I did yesterday that I shouldn't do, I'm going to do again. I must get ready for it. If it doesn't get treated, if I'm the same man without the program recovery in this here power that called God, I'm going to have to do everything again, again, and again, and again. Because that's all I can do. But I can't accept that because I don't know that. How much of this here, you know, now, to talk about the disease of alcoholism, it has to be talked about in today's life. And the, the reason for that is because I kept looking backwards and I kept looking forward, thinking in terms that I'm going to get better and things are going to change and this is going to happen and more meetings and a sponsor and more steps. I've got a long way to go. And so when it's after so many years, I'm going to be okay. Now, see, that's the disease talking. That isn't real. See, that don't happen. It never will happen that way. I don't have a long way to go. I have only the now, only the moment I'm in right now. I'm an alcoholic with alcoholism. There's no such thing as, as tomorrow's because I get sick today. I do damage today. I don't do damage tomorrow. I do it today. My disease kills me today. It don't kill me tomorrow. It don't kill me yesterday. It kills me now. The disease of alcoholism has to be looked at, has to be considered. Well, what is the disease of alcoholism? It's a live thing. It's called an ism because it's never a wasn't. You can't treat it and it's gone. You can't say, man, I've been to maybe 10 meetings this week. I'm okay now. Now I can do any damn thing I want. I can't do that. You know why? It's because the moment that I do the same thing that I've done before, I'll get the same damn results. Now that's a, that's a hard nut to swallow. Now this is in steps. And this is the truth. This is exactly, if you don't think so, look at your track record. If you got one, look at it and see. Look at today, this day today. Was there anything happened today in your life today? This ain't a question and answer. It's a question and answer to self. Is there anything that went on today that upset you, that you didn't like, that you wanted it different? Is there anything at all that you thought of today that you shouldn't think of because it hurts you, that makes you feel guilty or uncomfortable? Did you answer somebody the wrong way? And then later on, wish the hell you'd never answer them that way because it's bothering you now? This is something to think about. This is really something to talk about. This is something that I never wanted to look at or never wanted to consider. Because my behavior in the day I was in, I always put the blame elsewhere because I'm sober. I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I got a lot of years 
But you know what? My mind says, no, that isn't the way it is. They're wrong. They're still wrong. They didn't respond and didn't treat me the way they should because I'm special. And that could be, a, that could be a, maybe at the airport, maybe at the restaurant, maybe anywhere, maybe your own, someone you love. This is something now, too, that should be looked at because it's still the disease of alcoholism. It's still in me. It's never cured. The only way, like I said, on page 85, I'm not cured of alcoholism. What I really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. Every day is a day. I must carry the vision of God's will into all my activities. You know what all my activities are? It's a long time. I've been sober over 41 and a half years. December, I'm going for 42 years. And Alcoholics Anonymous continuously sober with God in a program recovery. And I'm still right today, this day, now. I still have to have the same thing that any alcoholic whether he's one day just coming through the door the first time or any of you guys, I must have right now, now, my alcoholism treated now, now. Not tonight, not after the retreat, not after I learn more. No, no. You see, the disease says I can get away with anything because I've got a long way to go. I'm new. I haven't got to 12 steps in my life. You see, it isn't a question like that. The alcoholism isn't treated that way. Alcoholism is treated in the moment you're in. Now, I don't know if you'll buy this or not, because when you look at your life, like I looked at it one time, I've only got maybe a couple of months, maybe maybe a, a couple of years, anything. See? And that, in turn, allowed me to think in terms that this year program recovery is going to be when the future gets better, or I get more of this, or I do more, or something like that. I don't know how you think about it, but that's the way I used to think about it. My sponsor had nine years. His birthday was in December 1943. He had nine years when I yelled for help and he put me in the hospital. I get out of the hospital and think in terms that I've got nine years now. And when I get nine years, I'll be going to be like him. That's what I, I used to tell him that. You know, when he tell me steps, then I'd tell his name was Steve. That's Steven. I'd say, Steve, you know what you're talking about? When I get nine years, I'll know I'll do exactly what you're doing now. I'll be able to do like you are and everything else. And he'd say, no, no, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. Now, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. See, now, that, that don't make sense to me. I don't know what that means. I have no idea. But you see, I do have an idea, and I do know what he meant, too. That this disease of alcoholism has to be treated now, or it's never treated. I didn't know that he told me at that time, and I'll tell you the same thing, that when you wake up in the morning as an alcoholic with alcoholism, if you don't start your program of recovery right then, you haven't got one. Now, how would you like to have somebody tell you that after you got some years? How would you like to hear that? That don't make that to me didn't make any sense at all. After you, I've done as much as I've done, and back in them days, I've been real busy in Alcoholics Anonymous even back then. And I thought, well, then you're going to give me some credit. Aren't you going to recognize the fact? Of all the things that I've been doing in AA, doesn't that count? Doesn't these yesterdays, don't they count? No, they don't count. They don't. They really don't count. The reason they don't count is because the disease has to be treated now. You can't store this stuff up. You can't store your time up or your prayers up or your, your meetings up or all your good 12-step work up. And then get in trouble today and think you can sit back now and draw from that 
like you do a bank account, that you stored up some good times, some good quality, and it's going to take care of today's life, today's thinking. You see what I'm talking about now? These are things that had to be presented like this. Here it is. This is food, what I'm talking about. And you have to eat it. You can look at it all you want. It'll never do you a bit of good. You'll still starve to death. It's the same principle, the same thing. If I don't put that inside of me, if I don't use that, I can't benefit from that. This is something now that's real serious. This is why retreats are going like they're going right now. This is prime time. Prime time means the very best. It can be no better. There's no other place to go. Where could I go? They haven't printed another big book since that one's been, been printed. It's the, same, it's the same program recovery. It's the same steps. It's the same steps I started with, my sponsor started with. And it's in an application. It's got to be in an application. What's an application? An application is exactly what it says it is. It's not a reading thing. It's not a listening thing. It's not a discussing thing. An application is a doing thing. It's an application applying that it's all, and this is in print. And let me tell you also, anything I say, anything I'm talking about, you want to call me on it, write it down in them pads now. And I'll show you in the big book, the 12 by 12, or even in the Sermon on the Mount, or maybe Dr. Tebow's papers of, about what I'm saying is already there. I, I don't have, I'm not saying this is what I believe because it helped me only. This is because it did help me because it's already in print. It's already established. This is all true, what I'm saying. So it's a message. It's a message about recovery, of Alcoholics Anonymous. Why each and every one of us has to have the message if you have the disease of alcoholism. This book here, the big book, was printed for alcoholics with alcoholism to treat alcoholism, not to treat mankind like the Bible. The Bible was treated for, was, was for mankind. This is for alcoholics. Mankind don't have the trouble we have. We're bodily and mentally different. It says that in chapter 3. And this is true. But you see, this is saving my life. This is giving me a world that I never knew existed. I never knew there was such a world that you can have a day so, so nice and so pleasing that all good things come to you without even looking for them. I didn't know that because I fought for everything. I pushed and shoved. And I fought people, and I mean fight them, too, to prove a point, to get something. And I kept losing all the time. Here I am sober, now Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm still losing. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my friends. I'm losing my self-respect, even. And I'm sober. I lost to drinking because of the dirty crap. I lived in a sewer. And here I am in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm still losing. I'm punishing people, people that love me. And I don't know what's the matter with me. <laughs> I think in terms of maybe more meetings. No, no, no more meetings. Meetings does not change the character I am by attendance. Never. Meetings are essential. I'm not putting them down. Meetings are a must for every one of us. Me too. So is reading. But see, this stuff doesn't change the character. You can leave this meeting right now. There isn't a one word I said that would do you any good, that you could do anything different than when you walked in here because the character don't change. Alcoholics Anonymous, they come here a long time ago, and I didn't know about the disease of alcoholism. I had no idea. I kept struggling. I kept fighting. I kept pushing and waiting and doing all sorts of things. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I didn't know what I needed. Alcoholics Anonymous 
has got two ingredients. And this two ingredients I had to find by application for me. And what they are, there's a power here in Alcoholics Anonymous, a power that's in step. And this power is a power greater than me. But I must apply this to know what a power greater than me is. And it's God. That's what this is all about. It's about a power called God. He's the Lord of my life. But there's another ingredient there. There's 12 steps. There's a method of living. With the power behind it that makes it possible to live that method means a new character. I cannot be who I am and stay that way and have any success. I must change. This is a message now. This isn't about going to meetings. This is about learning about a character. A character that I brought here, me. And this character that I brought here can do no more than, he, than I ever did. Because being sober isn't the name of the game. It's a requirement, but it's not the name of the game. And I don't know that. I still think in terms that this year I'm going to eventually get it. it. takes time. Just keep going to more meetings. Just do this and do it. No way, man. If you're like me, you're going you're gonna to sweat. You're going to sink. You're not going to make it. Because I knew damn well after two and a half years, I was doing things two and a half years, sober, not college anonymous, that I said I would never do. Now, when I was drunk, I used to say that. But I had a legitimate excuse. When I was drunk, I used to tell my wife, I'll never do that again. I'm sorry, I was drunk. I didn't know any better. I'd tell my boss the same thing so he wouldn't fire me. But you see, here I am sober. I haven't got that excuse. I can't say that. I can't say that I bit my wife and maybe or the drivers or I did this or I did that because I was sober. That didn't make sense. The, the character, the character that I am did it because I'm still that character. I haven't changed. I'm the same character. You just I don't have the drunken behavior. That's all. My mind is just as ratty. My mind still goes to the sewer without the program of recovery because I don't change. The program of recovery is a program of recovery. It's a message. Why talk about anything else but the program of recovery? Why? I don't think you should, myself personally, because this isn't a program of failure. This isn't a program that works just for me and not you, or maybe now and then you, or something like that. This is a program of recovery for every alcoholic with alcoholism because of what it is. It's a change of character. A change of character. That word I had to, I had this, man, I had to hang on to that word for a long time, character. Because I don't like the word character. When I was younger, everybody talked about me that way. They, they named me all the time. There's a bad character. Don't touch that character. That character will turn on you. That character. I'm going to make it. I'm okay. I've done enough this. I've done enough that. You know, and I'll tell you, you know, this here word, like you'll hear me talk about the word understand. You know, I try, I bite my tongue every time I say it. I try not, I try never to say the word understand or understanding because I got mixed up along the line here because of my mind. It's a, it's a fogged mind. It's a, it's got a mind that talks to itself. It's got a mind that's a power. And whenever it says I understand right away, that's all you have to say. I know every damn thing you're going to say from here on, so I don't have to hear anymore. I understand, I'll walk away, and I don't know a damn thing different. I haven't learned anything. My mind says, I, you, you know all that. I, I've read that book how many times. Man, I've read the book that I live with. I go to bed with it lots of times. I understand everything. No, I don't. My disease doesn't understand that. The power greater than me, that power understands that. So if I go... To me, who do you think I'm going to? Today, this day, now, today. 
Who do you think I'm going to? I'm going to the ism. You know why? Because the power is me. This here has to be talked about, I believe, so that when we get into step, and talk about step, there's a purpose for step. There's a reason that steps are in a logical order form from 1 to 12. Logical order form to treat alcoholism, starting from 1, to build a character, a new character, a new character now. That, to me, has to be presented. That's another thing I have to look at. Expose it. Don't put it away. Don't say the words and then think maybe I can I can do something now because I heard a few words. Man, I can't do many things by myself. Sometimes I have to hear a thing a hundred times. I might hear half of it after a hundred times. I've got a brain that just goes anywhere it wants to go when it doesn't want to stay wherever it's at. The body stays here, but the brain takes off. How much of this here like yourself right now? Any and all of you. We've been sitting here maybe a meal. I don't know how long, maybe a half hour or whatever it was. How many times has your mind left the room? No, I mean this right now. Right this here right now. How many times? I used to sit at a meeting. I'll bet you two to one. I'll bet you two to one in them days there, and especially when I was running real heavy with some gals, I bet you I wasn't in that meeting five minutes. <laughs> I bet you I wasn't. Truthfully, I wasn't. That's a, that's a fact, you know. To identify this stuff and talk about it, you know, it saved my life. It really, honest to God, saved my life. Because, you see, at one time, my mind controlled me so strong, so strong. And I did not drink. And I lived, I've lived at meetings. I pray to a God on my knees. I do many things. But you see, them aren't qualifying things. They are not qualifying things. See, that's like saying that we come to Alcoholics Anonymous. See, Alcoholics Anonymous was put on this earth in June 10th, 1935, by Bill and Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob's birthday is the start of the Alcoholics Anonymous. But you see, that there was put on this earth by God. Through Dr. Bob and Bill Wilson, because alcoholism needed to be treated and was never, never treated before this, because they had less than 2% before this. That meant 98% of every alcoholic with alcoholism had to go insane or die. And then here comes Alcoholics Anonymous with Dr. Bob and Bill Wilson to treat alcoholism. The only reason, the only reason, Alcoholics Anonymous was put on this earth. The only reason was to treat alcoholism. Nothing else. Imagine this now. Think of what I'm saying. Alcoholics Anonymous was put here on this earth by God to treat alcoholism. And only alcoholism. Why? Because you see, in a, in a character like I am, if you treat my alcoholism the way it should be treated by God in the steps, my whole life changes. My whole being is different. I'm a new character. I can show and I can contribute to the world a different man, a different character. I can contribute something to this world today. When before I used to take all the time, I was always a pusher, shover, taker. I was always looking after me, hurting you, whoever you were. It didn't make no difference. Here the picture's turning around. This life that I'm in today is a different world entirely. There's only one world, but there's two concepts. I lived in one concept, which was me. The other concept is God's world. The world that we're talking about all the time in Alcoholics Anonymous. A world in there that I want to live in. A world that is there to live in. Before this world, I don't know about yours. But sober, I still couldn't live in it. Drunk, I couldn't. Sober, I couldn't. Because there was too much wrong with it. And it was too spread out. It was in the future. It was in the past. I couldn't even live in the day I was in. Because I was so troubled about my past, 
and I was so troubled about my future. I was trying to make something happen that wouldn't happen. I was doing the same damage that I did before because I'm the same man. Alcoholics Anonymous gives each and every one of us a way of life. And it talks about that. It talks in there, in your forward, in your, in your uh, 12 by 12. And it talks in there about Alcoholics Anonymous 12 steps. They're a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life will expel the obsession and drink and enable the sufferer to live happily and usefully whole. Man, all my life I wanted to be happily and usefully whole. The only satisfaction, the only real true happiness I ever had was when I started to have what God says I can have because it's permanent. It belongs to me. You can't take it from me. You can't blow your horn at me. You can't call me names. You can't upset me so bad that I have to ruin my life over it. You can't do it. It's permanent. I can throw it away, but you can't take it from me. I can tell God, I don't want you in my life anymore and walk my own way and then get hurt. Sure, I can. But you see, there is a difference here in Alcoholics Anonymous for each and every one of us. See, this life that I'm talking about is on a daily basis. It's not a it's not a it's not a hit and miss deal. It's not a deal where all of a sudden here I am in pain again, suffering again because of something I just got fired over because I did something or acted some way and now I can't even find another job. How many times you know I've been working with alcohol alcoholics and, and we're talking about here's a guy an alcoholic I get he can't find a job he hasn't worked for a year two years he sends resumes out he can't do this can't do that. Put the steps in his life. Start working with him. He changes. The character changes. All of a sudden, he's transmitting a new character. All of a sudden, he's filling out a resume different. He's talking over the phone different. All of a sudden, he's got a job again. <coughs> because of the change of character, the disease of alcohol has been being treated. He's a new man. He's a new man in every department, all of his, all of his affairs. I see this all the time. I see it one way after another. This is something that has to be looked at as a disease. This is something now that I talk about on a Monday night down in L.A. down there in Sherman Oaks. We have a Monday night stag meeting. And it's about the disease of alcoholism today, the now. It's about having a way of life now for each and every one of us. It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed for you like it's guaranteed for me, the same way. But first, though, I had to learn, like I'm, like I'm saying right now, about the disease of alcoholism. There's so many places that the disease is. This disease of alcoholism is hidden. It's a hidden disease. And it had to, for me, I had to recognize it first. Any success, it gets hidden. Any money in my pocket, it gets hidden. Any girlfriend, a new girl, man, it's hidden again. Cars, money, any kind of pat in the back, the disease is hidden. You know what it does? My ego comes back. I get strong. I think I'm somebody special again. I think I, I need special favor, special treatment. This here, this makes me, in the day I'm in, man, I'm telling you, I'm going to get attacked again. I'm going to get something now that I'm going to have to answer to. You know, in the, uh, in this here, this language of the heart here, talk, you're talking here, it says, it said, our friends of the world outside, so puzzled over this paradox, are apt to miss the most significant statement as they read our, our point one. It is this, AA must continue to live or most of us will surely die. That stark assertion, assertion carries a world of meaning for every member of Alcoholics Anonymous. While it is perfectly true that no AA group can possibly coerce an alcoholic to contribute money to conform to the 12 steps of our recovery program, 
or to the 12 points of AA's tradition, each AA member is nevertheless most powerfully compelled in the long run to do these very things. The truth is that in the life of each AA member, there still looks, lurks a tyrant. His name is alcohol. He is cunning, ruthless, and his weapons are misery, insanity, and doubt. No matter how long we may be sober, he always stands at each man's elbow, ever watchful of an opportunity to resume his destruction. Like an agent of the Gestapo, he ever threatens each AA citizen with torture or extinction. Unless, of course, the AA citizen is willing to live unselfishly, often placing the welfare of AA as a whole ahead of his own personal plans and ambitions. Apparently, no human being can force alcoholics to live happily and usefully together. But Mr. John Barleycorn can, and he often does. See, talking about the disease, there's so much to talk about for identification, for awareness. I believe you can talk forever on it if the self-honesty is self. Now, I had to learn from the word go. I had a sponsor that was a strong man. He had his finger in my nose all the time like this, telling me, this is the way it is, this is what you do, so on. You see, this is all about a way of life that each and every one of us, if you don't expose it, if you don't, if you don't look at it for what it really is, your own self-honesty of self. My sponsor taught me from the word go and self-honesty. is not cash register honesty, but it's self-honesty about how my brain will control me and function in the day I'm in, and I'll lie and self-deceive myself by putting some excuses there that allows me to go a little farther in the day I'm in, trying to get away with this, trying to get away with this. Total honesty. I had to learn a great deal about this is what we're talking about tonight. And this is exactly that, about this here, first thing is first. I had a sponsor, right? And now this had to, I had to be taught this all the way, right before step two, about first thing is first. And doing everything the best I can, my very best shot, 100% of what I got to go ahead in this day today, living this here, first things first, so that when I get going along in step, that I won't go ahead and start cutting corners, jumping ahead, not doing this, not doing that. First things first meant exactly this, that I had to put it, each, he said, for each day of your life, from this point on, first things first. Whatever the major, whatever the major thing is in your life that's blocking your life today, has to be first. Consideration. It has to be looked at, considered. It cannot be pushed aside. Like with me, it was hospital first. He put me in the hospital. He paid my bills there. And after he got out of the hospital, he got food in my house. He got my wife back, got my job back for me. Paid my bills. This is first things first in the order form he was saying, so that I could have a productive life now. Because I don't know how to have a productive life. All I have, all I know is get sober and still look for the easier, softer ways. Hang out in clubs. Drink coffee. Don't go to work. Go down to the bar and suck on coke. See if you can get away with that for a while. Any, things like this. The man knew what to do. He knew how to handle me. He knew how to tell me and show me the things that I need to do and must do so that I'll have what he has. Because he said, I'm going to show you a way of living where drinking's not necessary. I'm going to take the bumps out of the road. He said, this is not a trial and error program. So he said, I'll give you everything I got plus what you can have. This is, this is exactly the, what page 17 tells you about in your big book. That we have a solution. We have a way out upon a solution which we absolutely could agree upon with brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news. This book cares to those who suffer from alcoholism. That's what we're doing here now. Brotherly and harmonious action. What's brotherly and harmonious action? 
from this point on, I had to start doing this. I had to start looking at words now for what words really mean and what they are. So I couldn't know from this moment on. Now, there's a lot to say, but I'll say only a couple of words. Maybe you can get it that way. Is that brotherly and harmonious action? What's brotherly and harmonious action? You see, when I got in this place here, I had a brain that was really ratty. I had a brain that was hurt. I hated everything and everybody. And I couldn't do a damn thing about it because I didn't know what was wrong with me. I would sit at meetings like you're sitting at meetings right now. And I'd see somebody with a beard. And I don't like him at all. I'm looking at him and wondering what the hell's the matter with that guy. He's got a beard. I don't need a beard. Where I got that from, I haven't any idea. But I had it. My mind was telling me something. It, and it was controlling me and making my life unmanageable. I was restless, irritable, discontent because my mind was not satisfied. My mind was still the power. And I don't even know that that's the purpose of coming to Alcoholics Anonymous and that's the purpose why step two. Step two is put there in a second position after the disease is identified in step one, immediately go to the power because of what, the, what it says in step two. But see, to know this ahead of time, this is why with me, I had to find out a great deal about the ABC, what I call, not the ABCs out of your big book, but what I call the ABCs about alcoholism, ego, and self. Just exactly who I am. What's wrong with me? Why get into steps like I did? I went through 12 steps at one time with a sponsor. When I got through the 12 steps, it was the same as it was before because I was still trying to do the same thing I always did. I was still trying to apply steps because of what I thought they were. I thought it meant this because I remembered it. I remembered them all, every one of them. I'd go out in the day and I'd think in terms of step two, step five, step seven, this, that, and everything else. But I was the one that was trying to make the world the world that I wanted to make it to be through the steps. And I missed the point altogether about the power. The power of self. This here is information right now. Might not you might not need it, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I needed it. Because even leaving a meeting like this here, just not even getting out there and maybe on that hallway or something like that, and you see something or think of something and your mind is being hurt. You're going backwards in somebody else's behavior, something that happened to you. It's occupying your mind. It's, it's clouding your brain so you can't see something you should see in the moment you're in. Instead of that, you're living backwards or forwards. No, the guy did. That's all, that's all I ever did. I was a mechanic all my life, and I could, I could work on, I could go to work blind or come to, in a blackout. I'd come to work. At work, I'm working on an iron, and, I, and I'm, I'm in a blackout, and I come to. I'm doing my work. I don't even know I'm at work. But here I am sober now, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm not blind drunk. But my mind is 10 miles away, and I'm doing my job. How much of a job can I do that way? I can do it, but how good is it? Never, never dawned on me. None of this stuff. My brain was so occupied with me. The disease, my brain was occupied by me. That's in steps. And why would they put that in steps? Why would they put it in step two? It's the beginning of a program of recovery. That's a necessary thing to have, necessary to talk about. The steps are, I know darn well, when you talk about steps, they're so big, they're so encompassing, they're so, they cover so much of an area. Can you imagine? There's only this here, this here book here. The 12 steps starts, it's about 104 pages of the 12 steps. Now, 104 pages, you know, for any alcoholic man or woman on this earth, Treats their alcoholism. Taking me almost, like I said, 41 and a half years has taken me. How could 12 steps? But step one is only two pages. 
How could that how could that have any effect on your life that long? What is this all about? What is this program recovery about? What are we doing here all the time? Why keep coming to meetings after you've been sober years? Why keep coming? Did you ever stop and ask yourself them questions? Did you ever really look at that and see see that? Or at least I did. I had to do this. Exactly. What's taking place here? You know, what what are we doing here? Why would these your retreats and these meetings after a certain length of time? Why do you have to still go? The reason why I have to go is because of why I came here in the first place. There's a disease called alcoholism. It's a mind control disease. I have a brain, a mind, that was hurt a long time ago. It is still hurt today by the power itself. Because it's an ism. It's never a wasm. I can't erase it out of my mind. I can't treat it. It's gone. It's still there because the power that's there is me. I'm still living with the same power that did everything before. It'll do everything again the same way. Because it can do no different. It's already there. It's like a tattoo. If you don't think so, just think why in your day you're in. Why can't you stop doing something so you don't have to do that again? You ever find yourself doing something the day you're in? You did it before and you got bad results and here you are doing it again trying to get good results? Why? Only because you're doing the same thing. You're using the power that you used the last time. And it can do only so much and that's as far as it'll go. It can't do what it's needed to do because it's still full of all the defects and all the, the shortcomings, all of the other problems, see. So this here, these here steps, there's an awful lot in each one of them to look at, to talk about. So ahead of time, to talk about the disease of alcoholism, I believe is necessary. I know darn well when I started the first time, first time meetings was without the program recovery with a God. I had the program recovery as far as looking at it, reading it, and so on. The next time, though, I had to learn first what the disease is of alcoholism. Then the steps became something different. They became something I needed. They became an application. They became a character change. They became something that I needed, and it's still the same message today for alcoholism for any any of us, any, any one of us that has alcoholism. How much of this you want to have, I have no idea. I know that I recognized and I knew that there was a life to have here and I wanted every bit of it. I started go from broke. I started doing exactly what we'll talk about in the steps. But I started doing it the day I was in. I had to learn how to keep this alive in the moment I'm in, no matter what's going down. I had a wife that I loved her real dearly and I just started that I I just started hearing just started touching this stuff and everything else. She gets sick on a Thursday and dies on a Sunday morning. Four days she's dead. I'm looking at her She's laying there in a the casket, and I'm wondering, what's this alcoholic phenomenon business all about? Here I am. I come from a rough world, a tough world. I come from a world where you hurt people. She never hurt nobody. And she is dead, and I'm alive. Just exactly what this is all about. I couldn't figure it out. All my life here in Alcoholics Anonymous, I know for sure there's a message here. I know that this message, my God wants me to deliver this message. I'm a messenger. I'm not the message. This is all in print. Everything I'm going to say or do, I'll tell you. I'll show you exactly where it's at, why it's there, and what it's for. And this is important to know ahead of time. Ahead of time meeting the steps. Because each one of us, I have to have today the same thing you do. No matter how much time I have, I still have to keep going forward. The reason why, it's in the steps. If this is what we're talking about. This is spiritual life. I have to grow daily spiritual. This means now the only way I can do that is in an application of 12 steps, because that's the only way any and all of us can go there. You can pray your life away. You can get up and walk from the, any prayer and do your own thing. 
That's what I did for a long time. Just thinking in terms of being sober, and time will heal all things. He says, don't heal. It only heals in a day I'm in, because that's the day I, my disease needs to be treated, and that's the, that's the day that God is there for me. He gives me all the power that's necessary. I had something happen to me a long time ago, and it's all about this here message and program recovery through a power greater than me. It's about a God consciousness instead of self-consciousness. It's about a mind that I don't have to use. This mind that I used to use all the time, I could do no different. I wanted to, but I couldn't. I'd sit there like you're sitting right now, and I'd look at somebody like I'm talking to you, and I'd rip them apart. I think he's a Jesus freak. I think there's something wrong with him. And yet, though, inside of myself, I knew that there was something I needed, and I didn't know what it was. This is what I'm talking about. It's the message. I need to have the message because the message is all about alcoholism and a recovery program of the 12 steps. That's for the purpose of what we're here for now. I know this also. Now, you guys, some of you know me, or I know a couple of you know me real well. This. You might you might think like I used to think. Maybe you do think this way. You might think that I'm saying something, and I keep repeating these repetitive repetitions of vodka words and everything else like that. Well, believe me, this, I'm not, really, but I am, but I'm not. The program recovery treats alcoholism. Alcoholism has to be treated daily. Now, alcoholism, I know for sure that this alcoholism will tell me and stop me from doing many, many things. So you see, my disease is growing even when I'm here at this meeting. I don't know if you know this, but I know this. The disease of alcoholism is always growing, going all the time. The only difference is I don't touch it. You might not agree with this, but it's true. Because you see, the, the character that I am, that I brought here, has got a lot smarter. The disease that I used to use with the mind is more capable today to see people, to take advantage of situations, to learn how to lie and not get caught, how to take advantage of situations you can get more. That's the disease of alcoholism. It didn't stop. When I stopped in Alcoholics Anonymous, it started this year, Way of Life. It didn't stop. This is a mind that years ago, I didn't know that I built this mind out in the world I lived in. I built who I am. No bartenders, no mothers, fathers, or bosses, or anybody else built me. I built me. I found out in the world I lived in how to get things, how to obtain things, how to push and shove, steal and grab and take, how to use booze. And as I was using this booze, I was building a character. But I was building the character. Nobody else was. This is a this is a tough nut sometimes to swallow. For me, it was. I worked real hard, but I did a lot of damage. And I kept working hard, and I still did damage. And then when I get here, I think the only thing you have to do now is stay sober and go to meetings, don't get drunk, and things are going to be all right. No, they're not going to be all right. This is why Alcoholics Anonymous, for me, has to be, the message has to be delivered this way. The message, if, if it isn't delivered this way, I, I know for sure. I never seen it. I never heard it. I started looking elsewhere. My mind would take over. When my mind would take over, I want the easier, softer way. I don't want to hear this stuff. I think in terms that I know too damn much. I've been sober too long and everything else about it. And yet, though, I'll go out there and I'll find that there's so much of this world that I'll keep losing. There's so many people that I'll still hurt. Up to now, I guess that's about, about what I'll say on the alcoholism and the ABC. So... If these questions and answers, so you can use it. All right. Uh, question. And uh, Bob and I were, were discussing this um, uh, tonight. I, 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 you know, we, we should be able to answer all the questions. 
but tomorrow we're going to be really under under some time restraints to go through 12 steps. Okay, uh, and what you're going to see happen from what we're talking about in the back of the room is um, by tomorrow by about step two or three, most of us let our guards down. Because I don't know about you guys, but I like to look good, and I don't want to be the one asking the question. But by, by tomorrow, by about step three, everybody's going to realize that they were here to learn, and there's going to be a stack of questions, and we may not have time to go through them all as we get there. So what we'll do is save those questions, and those will all get answered Sunday morning. Or you can come up afterwards and answer. So anyway, first question. Uh, how do I get away from my power? Yeah. In, in step two, we'll talk about it tomorrow, is that uh, I never I never realized or never looked at myself as a power. I don't know if you do or not, but I, I do things because I think that things have to be done because I do them. It's my job or whatever it is. See, and, I, and I don't relate the word when they're used, the word power, for what the power really is and what they mean by the power. And in your big book on page 45, when it talks in there, lack of power, that was my dilemma. But how was I to find this power? That's what this book is about, to enable me to find a power that will solve my problems. See, Well, problems, uh, I, I, I don't, I look at life like everything's a problem. But I don't know what it means to look at life so that I can see better than I do or see or realize situations as they really are or uh, things to do that... Uh, uh, can be done without uh, without moaning and groaning, without looking at things like I shouldn't have to do this or that or anything else. See, and I don't realize what the the actual power, what power means for my life, the way the way I think, because I control my life. Uh, I have a mind when uh, it it, become, it becomes the authority for my life in any way I think or act or whatever I need or my pleasures or anything else like that, and. My mind got hurt a long time ago. It's aberrated. It's really it's, it's bent. Uh, in step one, you're 12 by 12, and it says, we're glass in hand. I warp my mind. Well, you know, I know what things are when they're warped. You know, you ever see a warped board or anything like that. But I don't classify my mind as being warped, you know. But then the more that the, it, this disease is exposed, as, like I was talking about before, about how I behave, well, see, my mind got hurt, injured, but I'm still using the same power, the power that tells me right from wrong or up and down or this way or that way or, or feelings or any other damn thing. And I don't, I just don't recognize this. See, so in the step, in step two, is why step two is so important, you know, to be talked about, exposed, looked at for all of what's there to do, because exactly what you're saying or I'm saying all the time about this power, you know, I don't know how to, I just don't know how to do anything different. The power, power, power. So step two is an application. Now this application, it has to be exposed or talked about. We'll do it tomorrow. So to answer that question, I'd have to answer the whole step two. The purpose of why step two is in the second position and why it has to be the way it is. So that this power now. So I don't have to be with me. So that my disease, when it's treated, the power of self is not in control, or it's not the main source of supply or the main man. I'm, in other words, self. But there's, there's to actually do this, though, it's an application, and it starts in two. And I know for sure, everyone, for myself and for the others that I've been close to, whenever trouble comes, 
Whenever trouble comes in the day that our men sober, you can bet your bottom dollar one thing for sure. The self is back in the power form. Self is at the control. So that's the reason why step two has to be in the second position to treat alcoholism. So the building of the character. Without two, you can't build the character. We'll go into that tomorrow. Did you think you were changing those first two and a half years, or did you know you were the same man? Positively, I knew I was the same man, only worse. The reason why is because it was very obvious to me that when I came here in Alcoholics Anonymous, I was one man that was that was in trouble and was uh, broke and uh, had lost everything and hit bottom and I had I was I was really uh, I was really well hurt in every way I could think. And so that was on the drunken part. So I come out when I come in the AA and then here I come as I'm living. I lived two and a half years and I bought a brand new GI house in Canoga Park down there. I bought a brand new car. I had two. I had a Mercury and a brand new Lincoln even. And uh, so the disease of alcoholism in my mind, my living got good. See, my living really got good. But my life went to hell. Got farther into the sewer. I lost more self-respect. My mind, I couldn't shut down. It wouldn't let me sleep. It just kept going and reliving all of yesterday's drunk and then all of today's sober. And I was getting worse and I knew it. I was sliding down a scale. Uh, you were explaining first things first and about material things, like what your sponsor did and everything. But could you explain first things first as far as living? Yeah, we'll talk about that too in steps. You know, <clears throat> what, what, here's what my sponsor met. Uh, meant when he when he was talking to me about this is that <clears throat> I I have found a way of living drunk and then I found a way sober and Alcoholics Anonymous so that I'll do certain things because they're easier to do or the things that I want to do and they're things that that sometimes are not even uh, there I shouldn't be doing them even because they're not necessary when other things are left aside so I'll go ahead and I I'll I'll look at certain things and I don't want to touch them because they're they bother me. Uh, I don't think I want to do them. I'd rather do something else. So the first things first <clears throat> was explained to me that for my life to become productive, so the day I'm in, I'm the man I should be for my life, the way whatever my life is, which way it's going. That I must have to. I must consider things that are stopping me from having or doing the day I'm in, like a job. Now, first things first. If I didn't have a job, was to find a job instead of going sitting down a club and suck coffee and tell everybody how broke I am or how bad it is. <clears throat> I should go ahead and I should do something about this. First things first would mean to put an effort out that day, an honest self-honesty effort, effort to do something about my employment. You know, by going out maybe to an employment agency, reading the newspapers, going asking for jobs or work or something like that. But see, first things first means everything that's in my life the day I'm in as a lifetime job. Now, not as a job to, to just get a job or something like that or to fix something, but for so that today, this day, today. <clears throat> Whatever is necessary for this day to day, there's got to be something that has to be attended to. Something is, that's going to hold priority over other things so that the important things that are needed so my life will stay manageable so that my life doesn't become unmanageable again. If I give priority to that and start that, I have a way of life then that as the days come and go, they're pretty damn good. They're, they're days that there's a lot accomplished. And I know this too because of the way my life is. I feel real good about myself. 
a lot of times because I've had a day that was a good productive day. Maybe I fixed the car and the car needed to be fixed and I had to work on it and I didn't want to work on it or something like that. But I did that, though, because I, I need that car. And that holds priority over something else where if I thought I went and done something else, cut the grass or something like that, then here comes nighttime and I can't go somewhere and the car won't run. I've got an unmanageable life again. I don't even know it. I don't know that my life is always like that. The unmanageable life is the life that I'm living in. It's a world I live in that I can't live in because I have too much trouble, too much uh, adversity, too much, too many headaches, or, or too many. Too, it's a disturbing life. So I don't see that the unmanageable life along this line has to be described because I don't know what an unmanageable life is. It, it is, it is exactly that. It's through my own stupidity, my own procrastination, my own laziness, my own way of shoving things aside because there, there's other things to do that I like to do and I don't like to do this. And then yet this is what's going to give me a, like a boomerang. It's going to hit me back again and cause me some trouble. So look at this like it really is. You really have to get down nitpicking to see in the day after, cause after you run for a while in AA, and you got your bills paid, and you got a few bucks, and maybe you got your gal back, or you got a, you got things going pretty pretty smooth. Uh, then it's time to start watching TV and reading newspapers and playing pool or whatever else you do. And then you know, the program recovery, still a program recovery. It's a productive day. It's a day that I'm. There's a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a place for everything. The day I'm in, I find that the things that are needed in my life today, I do them without any without any. Uh, protest or argument and I do them full steam I give it everything I got because this is the way it is this is where my happiness lies this is where my life is because my life is good and it gets stays and it gets better all the time so first things first and uh, living this day I think goes together like the 100% and all but it has you have to have your life has to become important to you I don't know if your life's important to you you see my living used to be important to me my life was not important to me my living was making money, buying things, and running here and being satisfied there, and all that's living. That's not life. Life is living up in here and here, uh, being in the day you're in, so that you're looking at a world you love. There's good people in this world. There's no rat races out there in the morning, and they're not up here either. This is all about self now. This is all about you. Don't know what mind goes on in my mind, but I sure do, and I don't want to live under the under the pressures that I used to have and under the life that I used to do all the time, going around kicking myself in the hind end, going around thinking badly of people, remembering their behaviors and everything else. I don't want none of that crap. That's what this is about right now that we're talking about. <coughs> yeah, you better wait. on uh, defiance and grandiosity in the T-Bolt papers and how the disease grows stronger? <coughs> well, Maybe define it. Okay. well uh, uh, Dr. Tebow, in, in 1957, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous Comes of Age came out, and I didn't know. I was, I was, I was just starting, really, of having a, a different life, a, a better life, a life of, of uh, application and all that. But I never knew about ego. I didn't know. I didn't know a thing about it. And nobody ever talked about it in them days either. And they had no reference to ego whatsoever, you know. And uh, so I got a hold of in the in the Alcoholics Anonymous comes of age in the back where it says medicine looks at Alcoholics Anonymous. Doctor Tebow has an article in there, and he and he talks in there just like he does in his in his pamphlets and that. And uh, see, I never knew 
I never knew nothing about ego. I never knew what was wrong with me. I never knew about I never knew about this grandiosity. I never knew about self, and I, but I never knew how distorted my mind is about certain things because of the ego factor that's in me. About maybe it's about my appearance, maybe it's about uh, my job, or uh, the the ego factor is like a value system, you know. And I never knew that. See, and so to to actually. Uh, Look at this. That's what. That's when I started looking at the ABCs. This is when I actually started to see alcoholism, because that's why I say in the ABCs is about alcoholism, ego, and self, meaning one person, me. See, not not just looking at me as maybe coming from a drunken world or anything else like that, but I got something wrong with me, and I don't know what it is. So it's a coupling up. See, I've got I've got a mind that's injured, hurt, and I know this now. And it's tell, it talks in there a great deal about it in your book. And step two is where it really tells me something. And so this here, alcoholism, ego, and self. The alcoholism and ego is my mind. It's my, it's my very being. It's a brain. I call it a brain. It's a mind. Uh, and it, and it, has, it has like a value system in there. It has judgment in there. It has, uh, uh, you've got something better than me. Or uh, uh, I, should have, I should have more than I have because I'm special. The ego, I think I'm a, treat me different now, see, because I'm a special person. I got a mind that tells me because I do certain things, you know, I should be recognized for that. It's like trying to pat me on the back for something. And that's not alcoholism thinking. Alcoholism thinking is the allergy that's there that came from a mental obsession. And so the life that I learned to live in the allergy, I'm still carrying it in the so being sober. So the mind function that's there now is a sober mind. And this ego that Tebow is talking about has to be recognized because of my mind, how distorted it gets, and then how ego, well, I use ego for self-satisfaction or for thinking I'm better than you, I got more education, or uh, whatever, whatever, is the, uh, whatever is the purpose of, of uh, whatever the purpose is of, uh, looking at something like maybe you've got a, a you got a prettier wife than I got. See, my brain takes off. Uh, maybe you say something to me, you know, you say something to me and you criticize me. I'm thin skinned. See, I don't want to, I, th I, I think I'm real good. I think I, uh, you, you ain't got the right to talk to me like See, you just got through punching, hurting my feelings, you know. And in turn, my mind gets real ratty because it's a ratty mind anyway. It hasn't got the power that's, that's, that's any good, see. And put the two together, man, I'm really in trouble now, see. And so so this here, it's like it's like even when you walk in a room, you know, like I used to walk in a room and I think right away, you know, you're looking at me. I did that, you know. If I was drunk, I didn't do that. See? But if I was sober or if I'm in AA and everything else, I think you're watching me. I think you're, you know, I, don't, I, want, I want you to think I'm really somebody special, see, so I... My ego has always got a hold of me. It's always making me think in terms. I have to do something. I have to prove myself. I have to get your approval. And that's ego. That's ego talking all the time. And I, and I don't even know it. You know, I don't know how to live in the day I'm in being one person. One person to the whole world. Whatever the world is. Man, I'll tell you, this is a wonderful feeling to be able to have a way of life. So I could be whoever I am. To you, to you, to you, to anybody. To not to not to have to be have to wear faces. Not to play favorites. Man, I'll tell you playing favorites is a is the name of the game for me. Man, I'm thinking all the time. I only like certain people, you know. 
I don't, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'll give you the right time of day. I like you. They're, they're, I won't even pay attention to him. But in fact, you know, I, I notice a lot of this too, even though maybe you can notice it. When you walk into a room, like I walk into some of these here rooms, you know, men, you know, the AA and big group, maybe up at Roxbury, you know, we got about 200 guys there, you know. And there's a guy standing over here, I don't know him, and there's a guy standing over here, I know him, I say hello to him, and I won't say hello to him over there, you know. I always, what, what, who's he? You know, he ain't gonna do me any good, you know. <laughs> there's a buddy over here, I can bullcrap with him, or I can just have jive with him, or something else like that, see, you know. This, this ego is really bad stuff, you know. And Dr. Tebow has, has good articles. I don't know if you guys got all of his pamphlets or not, but boy, I'll tell you, I have. And I studied Dr. Dr. Tebow and Carl Jung and all just to find out what the hell's the matter with me, not you, me. I'm always, I'm here for me. I'm not here for you. I'm still here for me, even today. And that's not, I'm not speaking against anybody. It's not a selfish thing. But it's a thing, my life is here. My life is here. From here, I can go keep going, keep going in a world that, you know, it just gets better and better. The uh, the life that, without the ego and the alcoholism, is so damn beautiful. You can't believe it. I can even admit I'm wrong when I'm right. Can you believe that? I can, I honestly, God mean this now, you know. I'll take the blame if it'll help you. I mean this now. I really mean it. Now, that's something, see... That isn't for your benefit. It might, but it's not for your benefit. It's for my benefit. Man, that's a hard nut to crack, you know, when you have to, especially when you come from where you push and shove all the time, you know. So this is, this is, uh, this stuff's good stuff, man. Believe me, it's real. It's good. Next question is right along the same line. What eliminates the ego to to alter the character I am? The whole the whole story of Alcoholics Anonymous, bottom line, for every one of us, any one of us, doesn't make any difference who you are, it's all about a power greater than self. It's a solution. It says that on page 17, what I said. Each and every one of us, every one of us, it has the same thing wrong with it. You've got a mind that's hurt. You've got a mind that's bent. Whether you accept that or not, I have no idea, but I had to. But there's only one thing that will ever do anything that's been added to my life to change me. And that's a power greater than me. That's God. That's the Lord of my life. Without that, ego's there, alcoholism there, and the old world's still there for any one of us. Does alcoholism produce other side effects or related disorders? <laughs> you know, that's, 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 that's the... That's exactly what I said in the beginning, you know, or, or middle of it maybe, where Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, it was put here on this earth by God. I know that, you know. And it was put here by God in the order form it's in, because Bill didn't know this. Bill Wilson didn't know that step one should be there because of the principle, and then step two and three. He wrote them all, he says, in less than, what, a half an hour. And they're in an order form that they belong in to treat alcoholism, because after you find out what steps are all about, and then you see your life as your life, as you live your life. You'll find out that each one of them steps treats alcoholism in building a new character. Each application of each step in the logical order form they're in, building a new character so that character now can be a new character with this alcoholism treated because of the life you live and what the purpose of these 12 steps are. 
You can't mix them up. In other words, you can't jump from here to there and skip one and go back to get the other or something like that. You can't build a character because the character has still do it does the same thing because what's there hasn't been treated. The new character hasn't been built there. You can't you can't do it. It's just impossible. It's the same thing as steps. There the numbers they're in. You take one and then you go into two. But when you go into two, you go into two with one. Two doesn't need one. But one's got to be with two because you're building a character. So each step has its own purpose, its own character change. Even today, I still think the same way. I'm kind of basic. I'm here for me. See, I used to be here for everybody else. See, and I don't mean coming here. I mean here. See, and uh, so this took it away from there and put it back where it belongs. I'm here for me today. Even though we're together and even everything is going on, I'm not here for you. I really am not. Uh, that is, don't misunderstand that. I'm not saying that I, as I tell you that I, I'm not interested in you. I don't give a damn about you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, that I must be here. My life must be here. I must do this. This is for me. And so this here puts it in where my life becomes important to me. So why should I not benefit? Or why shouldn't I use what we're here for? In other words, I go to meetings, you know, and I used to leave these meetings. And when I left the meeting, you know what? I left the meeting with less than I when I got there. Because while I was at the meeting, I was in a rat race. I was in a mind, you know, that just, I didn't benefit. Somebody could have said something really spectacular that I need to know, but I didn't hear him. I didn't pay any attention. And then later on, when I seen my life going to the pieces and, and sober and everything else, my life started to become important because I couldn't explain away my behavior. I couldn't explain away the things, how I was like a rattlesnake. I'd turn on you just like, bang, just like that. So this is even like in step one. So in step one where he says, I admitted I'm powerless over alcohol. Dash, my life's unmanageable. Now, in, your, in the uh, 12 by 12, uh, in the big book, in my way of reading, look, and there is no step one as far as application. There's step one in, in numbers. But in application, there isn't any because I have to read out of the solution, out of more about alcoholism, agnostic, to get step one. But I, and I can't do that. I just don't have that kind of an ability or capability in my mind to see directly what it is. How do, how do I admit I'm powerless over alcohol? What, what, is my, what is my life as far as being unmanageable? What's an unmanageable life? The purpose of this is that step one is building a character now. We're starting in a program of recovery. And step one is there for the first position, the first place, the start, the beginning. And it's there for a major reason. And the major reason is, is that it says, I admit it, I'm powerless over alcohol. It means that I'll never be able to take another drop of whiskey in my body again as long as I live. That's a principle. That's a principle that I have to use. That's a principle that this character is being built on now. The very first principle is the honesty of self to know that I never, never be able to take another drink. Because this is something I've got to realize that the, 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 my troubles, my very being, is going to be identified. Because it talks right away in there about what the disease is. And the disease is, is, a, is a twofold nature. It's a mental obsession with a physical allergy. Now, the mental obsession starts out like in Chapter 3, where it talks in there that maybe I might think I'll be able to enjoy and control my drinking. Um, the same way when I was when I was drinking, I used to think in terms that uh, I was I'd take it easy. I, I won't drink whiskey. I'm just going to drink beer. And I, and I just told myself a lot of things, but I was wound up drunk or drunker. And so the, the, the identity now, uh, I, couldn't, I just couldn't get it. But the mental obsession... Uh, for me as an alcoholic, I found out that this year, not only was it about drinking, but it was about everything else. It was a mental obsession. It was a mind. 
that was hurt. It was got it got injured. I talked a little bit about last night about how I lived in a world, and as I lived in this world, I had to make that world a world that I could live in because it was against me. It attacked me. It wasn't satisfying. It wasn't a happy world, and and so I learned how to take and I learned how to build a character. But I built this character by booze and my mind as a power, so that the things that I did were always things on my side. I became selfish, self-centered. I, I was a taker. I learned how to do many, many things for my pleasures, my satisfaction. And so the character I brought here now is a character that I that I am. I'm going to be like this forever. So in, in the recovery program, step one is the very, very beginning, the very beginning of building a new character by principles. Principles I had to learn are truths. They're truth. They're not principles in name because I don't know how to use a principle in living. I don't know how to go out in that world and be somebody all the time. I can't because I change. I vary. I, things that happen to me. One minute I'm all right. I'm an honest guy. Next minute I got to lie like hell. And I'm sober. See, and I don't know this character building is on principles, spiritual in their nature. See? And so this is why if step one isn't at least presented to an awareness of why they're there in the order form they're in, and why does step one say what it says, and then two say what it says, and right down the line. Well, that's because I never looked at this here for what it really is. I looked at it like success, going to meetings, getting a lot of time, having babies, uh, having fun, uh, whatever it is, you know. And I thought that that's the name of the game because you're sober. And as days come and go, they're going to get better because you're sober. Well, see, my days didn't get like that. Because as I lived my life in the A to beginning way, it got worse because I was doing more damage. So, well, see, step one, I never knew the purpose of it. I never knew exactly what step one is so that I could benefit from a character change, a character change, a new character. See, this here now means... I'm not, I'm not trying to get modified. I'm not trying to get little problems here and get rid of one thing over here, and then I'm going to be all right. got to have a brand new life. And page 63 up there in the top, when it says up there that I was reborn. Reborn is certainly a good explanation, because right after that, there's a, there's a third-step prayer, where I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. To be relieved of the bondage of self. The bondage of self. Man, I'll tell you, if you look at that word, bondage of self, I'm isolated. I'm, I'm injured. I gotta. I gotta. I'm not very capable of living in the world. I can't have. I can't love anybody and show them love. I can't have a, a decent marriage. I can't have a decent friend because I hurt him. I, I, I injure him. I, I look at him cockeyed all the time. And see, in step one, is is not just. This isn't just stop drinking. I admit I'm powerless over alcohol. And admitting I'm powerless over alcohol is, is looking at what I'm talking about now, about a disease of twofold nature, a mental obsession, a physical allergy, that either one, if I don't do something about the mental obsession, it'll kill me. If I don't do something about the allergy, it'll kill me also. I'm dead, man. I'm dead. Either way. And so to learn to accept this, and I had to accept it because I had to look at me because I had so many failures and I wasn't drunk. I had, to, I, I had a lot of time and I was mean, rotten inside. I was upset. I was bad. I was raising hell in my mind or out in the world I was in, someplace or another. And so that's why step one has to be introduced. To come to Alcoholics Anonymous is, is not just to stay sober. It's not just to think in terms of getting a monkey off your back and then from then on you can do your own damn thing or anything else like that. There must be more here to consider, to look at, to identify, so that I don't go through life from this moment on after getting here sober and keep running into these brick walls and these are bad people and these bad relationships and bad this and bad that. 
I want to be what it says. I want to be happy, joyous, and free. And happy, joyous, and free of what? Of bars, bottles, rods, or anything else? No way, man. I want to be happy, joyous, and free from my mind. The way it controls me. The way it looks at me. The life it treats people. It just stays in a continuous, like Dr. Tebow says, a ceaseless rat race. Because the rat race is in my mind. It's not in the world out there. And so here I am in Alcoholics Anonymous now, and then there's in, in step one. And now step one, you know, it's only have, it only has two pages, you know, on both sides, there's four pages. And this here means that I'm, I'm going to have to learn now a great deal about why that book is printed and why words are there and what it means because I'm here for me now. I'm really, I'm sincerely here for me. Before, I used to come here to Alcoholics Anonymous, and I always lived outside of myself. I was always looking at you, whoever you are. I was seeing you for... Maybe you had something that I didn't have. Or you had a girl and I didn't. Or you had a prettier wife than I had. Or a better car, better job, more money. You look better. You do things better. <laughs> All these things, see, is what it says in, in, in the uh, first step, the dash is there. That you're going to change the subject matter now completely, the context of what we've been talking about. And it says that my life is unmanageable. But then I had to realize, you know, that What's an unmanageable life? I never knew what an unmanageable life because I always thought in terms of the more money you get, the sooner you get the job, the paycheck, the girl, the, the fun. My life's not, my life's news. There's nothing wrong now. What the, what the, what's all excitement about? You know, everything's cool now. See, I'm buying cars, houses, and everything else. And my life's unmanageable. See, but my life, i got to realize just exactly what my life is. My life isn't out there buying cars, driving, dancing, or whatever you're doing as far as thinking that this is real fun, happiness, this is what life is all about. That's not what it is at all. It's about a mind. It's about a mind that I have that looks at the world and it looks at me. And it, I get become so dissatisfied. It's an unmanageable life, not because of one thing like I thought it was when I got here. I thought when I got here, I drank too much. That's what's wrong with me. I'm drunk all the time. I thought that's what's wrong with me. And then when I get here, and I, it, it didn't take me very long to realize that sober, not drunk, I was the same man sober as I was drunk. I didn't have the drunken behavior. So my life still was unmanageable. Then it started dawning on me, and I heard it, and I started to see more, could accept more even, is the fact that my life's unmanageable whether I'm drunk or sober. Doesn't make no difference. I don't need the alcohol in me. Man, I don't need the substance in me. I've got an obsession. I don't have an addiction. I've got an obsession. i got a mind that keeps going into the same damn world, same place, without the substance. In other words, without the booze. So I think, well, man, I, I think I'm getting a little bit more information about a disease called alcoholism. Because it is called alcoholism. And my life is unmanageable all the time. Whether I'm drunk or sober, it doesn't make any difference. That's a, that was a hard nut for me to swallow. Because I was always thinking in terms of success, meaning... Living got good, uh, your job, you know, you get, you get real recognized there, you're real capable there, and so on like that. But my mind was really injured. My mind was hurting. My mind was telling me all kinds of things, whether it was true or not true. It didn't make no difference. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to stop that. I didn't know what the hell was wrong. And as we get into steps a little farther, you know, it starts to bring that out more clear, that, that uh, the, the life that I live in the days that I am, there's no way, there's no way that I have any control over it to make it anything other than what it is. Everything I do by myself is always the same. I mean well, but I can't do well. But see, I'm starting to learn that the why, why I can't do well. Because I have a disease. It's a twofold nature. It's an ism, alcoholism. It's a mind and a body condition. 
The body condition, the book says that that's the only step I can practice or do 100%. Don't drink. Don't put the alcohol. Don't put the substance in me. But what am I going to do with the obsession now? Just exactly. What am I going to do with that? If I'm the same way drunk as I am sober, that's a death warrant. Because it means exactly what it says it means. Whatever I did before, I'll do again. All of, the, all of my yesterdays are going to be my tomorrows and today's if I don't change. So the character building. I didn't know that as I leave step one, in other words, I'm, going to, I'm in a program recovery. I'm in step one, and I'm working real hard. I'm, I'm, I'm listening, and I've got a sponsor, and I'm writing. I'm doing everything. I just do everything. And I didn't know that this here life is now, right now. This life of recovery, this life where the disease needs treating is now. Because it's explained to me what an unmanageable life is. An unmanageable life is living in a world that I live in, that I can't live in. There's so many things wrong. There's so much going on in life that had no reference to alcohol. Did not have any. It was not in the bottle anymore. It was in my mind, in my head, my brain. It's the way I act, the way I think. It's what I do. And here I am thinking in terms all I have to do is just mean well and I can do well. No way. This is something starting out now, too. It's like with Dr. Chivo and learning about the ego factor, learning about the conscious mind and then the subconscious or unconscious mind, learning a great deal now. Where the disease is, just exactly. For me, I'm talking about me now. This is something that I had to learn and I had to do it by trial and error. Trial and error meant that I didn't know where to go from here to there because there's no place to go. Nobody would say, here's what you do. But right now, we have a message here in Alcoholics Anonymous, and it just started. It's in the 12 steps. Without the 12 steps, there can't be a message. But there's got to be a message for each and every one of us, because why would any one of us come here and then have to suffer and do the same things you did before? Why can't you be happy to go to the free? Why can't you be someone on the day you're in as an alcoholic with alcoholism so that you can be different, have different, and be who God wants you to be today? This is the introduction now, and this is this, this is a part of knowing step one, when it says, I admit it, I'm powerless over alcohol, dash, my life's unmanageable. This serves a great purpose for the step one. Because before, you see, I just read step one, heard step one, thought step one was something up here. From now on, I could do something different. And it could be a damn thing different. Because I don't know what's wrong. I still don't know what's wrong. On page 45 in your big book, in the Agnostics, and talking there, it's talking there, it says, lack of power, that's my dilemma. But how was I to find this power? See, there's right now we're in the application. So from this moment on, from here, <clears throat> this is a building thing. This is a daily thing. This is this is learning now how to do <clears throat> do something different than I have done before. So the character that I am can be a new character, not a modified character, not a character that means well and tries to do well, but a new character, a new character, so that I have. Right now, I have something going for me now that I never had before, and that, that I never I never could separate this because when I said before, like in step, we get in step two, about a power. I never realized that we're all power for our life. Every one of us are. We're the one, really, that calls the shot. We're the captain of the ship, man. We're the one that's steering this thing. They might be down there firing it up, but I'm steering. So this is, had to me, I had to look at this now. For the real serious, this is a life and death proposition in my book. This is a port of last call. This is prime time because it can be no better than this because my life is at stake. The information I'm talking about is already in print. It's already established what to do, how to do it. 
and do it with who? So now my mind is still closed. It always has been closed. But the point of this is, is at least I'm aware of something. Before, I wouldn't, I, I, I was blind. I was blind as a bat. And I couldn't hear. And I didn't want to hear either. But see, I can't stop that. I, I don't know how to stop that. Because my macho, I, I think I'm macho. I think I'm strong. I think I'm a man. I think I can take care of this and that and everything else like that. I'm afraid to tell you, whoever you are. Man, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm sick. I'm sick in the stomach. I'm not sick. Sick in the other way around. I'm sick of, I'm sick of my behavior. I'm sick of my life. I'm sick of everything I think of. Sober. Because I'm walking around kicking myself all the time. And I don't know the disease of alcoholism. I don't know what the disease of alcoholism is. But now, it's coming more to the surface. It's, it's starting to at least, at least come here anyway and look at it. Just look at it anyway. Don't do anything about it. Just look at it. In turn, maybe it might save your life. You might be able to go a little farther. I know I had to do it that way. Because I looked at people all the time. And I look at you, whoever you are. Yet right away, I don't like you. And I don't know the disease of alcohol is as we get into the steps, it talks a little more, a little more, a little more. Well, this little more means a great deal to me because this is building a new character. And so I myself know for sure that I, as a, as a sponsor, as a sponsor, I can't just tell you, here's step one, let's read it, and now we go to step two. Man, that's that's that'd be signing your death warrant for you. Why not talk about this stuff that I'm talking about right now? Why not learn a great deal? about what it, why the 12 steps are there, why I have to have principles, why I have to admit something, why I have to do something. Why not talk about that? So, step one, we got, a, we got a short day, really. Now, you might get bored, you might get tired of hearing me and everything else like that, but we're going to try to cram most we can into this here so that at least we have a, a little bit more identity, a little more acceptance, a little more information that possibly you can probably put to use or maybe want to even, see? So uh, I'm, I'm running. I'm running out of time right now. I'm just step to questions. Have a very good question. I'd love to get them picked up here. Yes, okay. I've heard there, especially today, last night, talk about change of character. And uh, one thing I believe is that, uh, I mean, I'm wrong, is that I really haven't changed. That I'm the same person I was when I got here, but my life doesn't have a relationship with God. Expel the obsession to drink and enable the sufferer to become usefully and happily whole. 
means that I have to learn to accept this. Alcoholics Anonymous does not modify me. It doesn't give me something and I keep what I got, what I brought here. It doesn't do that. It can't do that. It's impossible. I came here because there's something wrong with this character that I am already. I already built this character. I'm the man that was out in a world and learned how to live in that world by adversity, by fighting, and by grabbing and taking and pushing and shoving. Well, I didn't know that I was building a character out there. That character is my mind that I use for my life because it's me. Now, this character isn't up here in my mind. Or that way, it's in my un unconscious and subconscious. I'm a character. I represent me for who I am and what I display, what I think, and what I am. Because I, that's who I am. The real man, the real man I am is here. And I can be nobody else. I can do nothing else except what I can do. And this is what I can't accept. Because my head, my, my conscious mind tells me that I can do something now and get away with it. My conscious mind tells me many, many things. And I think in terms that it's okay because it's, to me, it's, it sounds okay to me. And so I go ahead and do it. I don't know that I don't have the capacity I don't have the ability in my mind to do something that's needed to be done because I'm I'm always influenced by something other than what it is. I'm influenced by my success, my selfishness, my self-satisfaction. That's what page 60 and 63 is in your big book about, that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success because I'm always in conflict with something or somebody even though my motives are good. So to change a character, first I have to identify the old character. That's what steps one to six is all about. Steps one to six is always about the disease of alcoholism and about me, <clears throat> not about somebody else. And so this means then, if we're going to identify this, let's look at it for that reason. Let's look at whoever we are as alcoholics coming here to see what's wrong with us and exactly who we are. That's what that's what this is all about right now. Because when it says in there, I admit I'm powerless over alcohol, that my life's unmanageable, that's me. That ain't you. That's me. And this book was written for me. I'm the one that's hurting. I'm the one that's in trouble. I'm the one that does the damage. So let's put this on a basis of what it's for. I come here for a program recovery. And this is what I have to know. What are the principles that come out of step one? The main principle, there's many principles in all our lives because they're spiritual in their nature. But the main principle, step one, is I already said it. I'll never be able to take another drop of alcohol in my body again the rest of my life. That's the main principle. That's number one. That's the purpose of step one. When I admit I'm powerless over alcohol, that's the story of step one right there. I'll never be able to have success drinking again. This is something that's not talked about and identified. If you're working with a baby and he goes out and gets drunk, I'm going to tell you, he's got it drunk because he didn't have some information he needed. That was step one. He went and saw again that he could do something and get away with it. He didn't know any better. He or she didn't know any better. Their mind told them that this here, this, this, I can handle this now. I know what to do now. Now that I went to AA, I, I'm okay. I know what the trouble is. I know where it's at. But you see, they never did. They didn't do what was necessary. The character building had to start somewhere. Where would the character building start? This is a program recovery. Step one. What's step one say? It says, I admit I'm powerless over alcohol. I don't know that, man. You have to show me that. You'll have to tell me. Help me see that. If you don't, I'll think, I, I'll think that. You remember when it talks in a big book there? don't even have sufficient memory of looking backwards maybe a week ago, a month ago, of what the hell the last drunk did to you, how bad you went ahead and acted and hurt people. You can't even recall it. And so you, what do you do? You think, well, it'll be okay this time. I won't do that. See, 
That's the same as as picking up the picking up the bottle and drinking. Same thing. Man, I didn't know what I didn't know what alcoholism is. You know, I don't. I myself don't believe. I believe that it doesn't take what it takes. And Alcoholics Anonymous, it does not take what it takes to get where you should be. In other words, to hang around here and think in five years you're going to get the program recovery, to hang around here and think that tomorrow is going to be better, because you have to suffer before you can have this, or you had to go through that before you can have this. That's not right. It can't be right. What kind of God would that be? Would that be a God that they're talking about in Alcoholics Anonymous, that he can do for me what I can't do for myself? No way. This is something now, this is serious business. This is life and death. I mean this. I've had babies that took their own lives just because this information wasn't presented to them. I can't give it to you. I can't give it to me. But at least we can recognize, identify, look at it, and see if it's something. To see if this is something that each and every one of us now, when it's on an individual basis, individual, if you're satisfied with the way your life is, if you're satisfied with hurting people, turning on people, if you're satisfied with being upset, angry, mean, mad, and you get a charge out of that, like I, I'm talking about me now, I'm not talking about you, and when you go through like I used to go through, and I'd be talking to myself, and I just got through showing somebody how tough I was and what I could really do. And I felt so damn good about it, but I didn't know my life was going to hell. I didn't know my alcoholism was getting worse. I didn't know now when I'm walking around, I'm worse off now than I was when I was drunk. Because my mind isn't fogged up. See, Alcoholics Anonymous is more than what you think it is as you build this new character. And so this is why step one has to be identified and why it has to be in principle for the new character. Uh, you mentioned point of awareness to what? Well, awareness, you see, I said something last night about this. Awareness is a better word for me to use in my vocabulary because I speak from where I am. I speak from my mind. I speak from what I know. And when I say words, that certain words, I don't know what they really are and what they really mean, is that I say, I understand. I understand what I just said now. I understand I can't drink again. Something like that. No, I don't understand it see? because my mind will shut down. It'll overpower, or it'll say to me, my understanding is so good that I don't have to hear anymore. I know exactly what you're saying. I know what's going on. I'm going to be all right now. No, I'm not going to be all right, because I don't know. The understanding is only a head opinion up here in my head. It's strictly an opinion. That's all it is. It's no more than that. It'll, it'll turn right around and go the other way as quick as a bunny. But see, to be aware of something is more of what's necessary for me so that I can identify and see something as it really is, not as I think it is, to be aware of a behavior and then see myself in that behavior. That's not an understanding. That's an awareness that I'm alert. I see that if this is going to happen because of this, before my head would tell me, I understand. I understand everything. I know a great deal. I've been around a long time. Turn right around and do the same damn thing I've always done because my head told me, you're smart. You're all right. Understanding is a bad word in my vocabulary. I just I try not to use it. I bite my tongue whenever I say it. Because I remember too well that the awareness was something I never knew. I just didn't know. I just I me can't see me. No way. No way. Man, I act like a fool and I can't see me. Act like a fool. And I'm doing the same damn thing I always done. If you don't think so, look at your track record. How many times do you get in an argument a beef with somebody for over something at all that didn't have anything to do with your life really? And yet you had to prove a point. You think you understand now the disease of alcohol? You think you understand that, 
that you're wrong or anything else. No way, man. But if I'm aware of a situation that's happening, man, I'm going to learn how to back down. And I can, too. Because backing down means saving my life. Even if you think less of me, I don't care. But at least my life is better now, and I don't have to ruin my mind and my life and my friendship. This is important, what you're talking about. All these things. That's why Alcoholics Anonymous is an endless, never-ending story in application. Because it's a life you live daily. How many times a day do you do you <clears throat> how many times a day do you present the first step to yourself and how? The first step again is built by principles. The, the major the major function now of a character, so the building of the character, you see principles have to be discussed of what principles are and why they're called principles. And I and believe me, I you know I'm I'm no damn dummy, but uh, I I don't know what principles are. I don't know that to live by principles. Just exactly what the heck does that mean? See, principles to me was a word that I didn't know, and I thought I knew. See, I know what principle means in respect to a principle of a I'm a mechanic, a welder, and an electrician, and everything else as far as cars and trucks and propane and, and all these things. See, well everything runs on principles, but I don't know that though. So. I just think in terms of smartness, intelligence, or something like that. So principles, I, my character has to live by principles, spiritual in nature. So I had to change the word principle to truth. So when I talk about truth, I'm really speaking principles. And then I look it up in the dictionary. The dictionary says that a principle is an essential truth where all truths are based from. So that means that the character now is step one. I start to acquire principles. The major principle is that I'll never be able to drink again. That's a, that's the truth. So this character here does not drink. This character represents being sober, not drinking. That's a principle. The principle is in me because I do that. I own that principle. I own that truth. It's me. It's who I'm talking to you now. I have not taken a drink in over 41 and a half years. That's the truth. This character didn't take a drink for over 41 and a half years. I can stand on that, look in the eye and tell you, please. That's a principle, see? but it's a truth. So the truth meant that I can now start accepting more of a life today, starting from step one, which are many, because my life's unmanageable. So there's got to be a lot of principles there, but I don't know what they are yet, because we've got to go into the steps now to find these, to build a character, build on principles from the steps. That's why they're in its order form, and that's why there's 12 of them, because you can't get your whole program recovery out of step one. You can't just walk happy, joyous, and free with step one. The new character has to be built by principles all the way through. It takes 12 of them. Uh, you said alcoholics, uh, you mentioned the alcoholic upset, obsession, and it's not an addiction. Is this why we have nothing to offer it to the addict? It isn't, it, it isn't so much, that's, in a sense, that's true. Uh, I'm not quarreling now. Don't get this wrong. I'm not quarreling with anybody else, regardless of who they are, for whatever's wrong with them. I have no opinion there at all. But I do know the difference between obsession to addiction. I do know that I never understood the disease of alcoholism. So why I was sober for some years is that why do I keep doing the same thing I did when I was like I was drunk? And I can't get that through my brain. And then I didn't understand at the time that I never once took into consideration that I'm not drinking. But I'm still in the ism. I'm still in the trouble. I'm still in the mind. I'm still in everything else. And I'm not even thinking drink consciously. I'm not. I don't know. But anyway. And yet, though, I act crazy. I act, and I get worse. As I'm not drinking, I get worse in my disease of the obsession. I don't have the drunken behavior. 
So there's got to be some kind of a distinction there, some kind of recognition that there's something in the disease that's in me. Because why can't it be a wasn't? See, because if I'm not drinking, why can't I get away from that? Why do I have to keep taking it with me all the time? Why can't I get rid of my mind or whatever my mind produces? I can't. It's impossible with a track record if you don't think so. So this here to me, the addiction part, is that if I had to drink to get like this, that would be something that then I would have to say, I, I know what's better with me. I drink too much. But I don't. And as far as anybody else is concerned, I don't know anybody else's problem as far as the addiction, but I do know the substance has has to be in them and not me. I'm like this, period. They get like that when they take the addiction, when they actually get the substance in them. Then the behavior is modified. The craziness increases. The destruction is quicker, faster, more damaging. The, the, I never popped pills and I never took no drugs of any kind. I never smoked marijuana or anything else. But I've been around a long time and there was a lot of, a lot of alcoholics that have both. And that to me is really a handicap to have both. Because one's bad enough, and I know the other could be worse. And I can't speak from that position. I'm not against anything. Don't get me wrong. If you say you're an alcoholic and you're an addict, that's fine with me. There's no problem. It's just like if you belong here like I belong here. Now, whether or not you can find anything in the program recovery if you're an addict or if you're just a, an average person, I wouldn't know. But it's here, and it says that in your 12 by 12. And this is acceptable to me. The only thing is, the difference is in, when we're closed, like a, like a meeting like this right now, this is an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Anything voiced here and anything you ever talked about here comes from the disease of alcoholism for that purpose. And that's the only, that's the only statement that, that I'll go by. Last question. Um, in an application form of step one, I am accepting the old character, or am I trying to be a new character? And then there's a second part to this. How could I do this if I haven't got to step two in the daily application? That's, you know, that's that's a real valid question. The last part of that's really valid. The first part of it is uh, it's understood that, that Alcoholics Anonymous, when I come here, it isn't a question of having a need to get to, say, 12 steps, and then my disease is treated. That's wrong. That's all wrong. It would never work. You would never make it. And I would never make it either. The program recovery is is logically in a, in a order form of the way they're numbered, and especially step one, two, two, and so on. So, building a new character starts not when you come to Alcoholics Anonymous, but when you start a recovery program. You start an application, daily living life, with the 12 steps. If it was a question of now needing to be through so many steps before you could have your disease treated, we wouldn't make it. None of us, some of us probably could, but, but most of us wouldn't. Because you can't go out in that world out there and live any success at all with the obsession not being at least identified, recognized. You can't do it. I've seen too many of them, and I know too many too. But the life is the life that when I when alcoholics come to Alcoholics Anonymous, they stay sober for some time in the beginning, and they say, "I'm sober, but I don't know why." And I've heard this so many times. I've never questioned myself about this because I never had an argument against Step One in any sense at all, because I knew exactly what happened to me and where I wound up and what I was, and I knew it was alcohol, and I knew damn well. There's no way. I tried too many days and too many ways to not drink and to and I, before A and I couldn't do it. So, But the second part of the question in, in uh, well, there's no way. I tried too many days and too many ways to not drink and to and I, before A and I couldn't do it. So, 
But the second part of the question, in in uh, in that the way it's planned, Steve, I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to have an open mind. Now I don't know if you know what an open mind is, but I never knew what an open mind was because I don't. I just don't get the drift there at all about an open mind because I'm so strong and I have such power in me that my mind tells me so many things and I think it's okay, so I don't need to even look at that. The power they're talking about in there is the power that I'm in in the day I'm in. Regardless of what I do, say, think, feel, am, is that I'm still with me. I'm still talking to me. I have to identify if there is a power. What the power is? Is it greater than me, or why is it greater than me? And what does it mean that I have to believe or come to believe in power greater than me? And see, now I had great problems here because I don't know. I don't know the definition of God. I don't talk to God. I don't pray to God. I don't even want to. I don't even want you to tell me about it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be around it. And that's the way I was, and that's who the character I am when I got here. And so, to believe in something, I had to be taught. There was another, there was a man, which will be step three when we talk about it. There was another alcoholic. And he told me about what he did and what he had. And he told me about me trying it, and I did. But what I did was at work. And I was starting to learn to identify something other than me because I talked to it. I started to, to actually think in terms of talking to something else rather than me. See, to come to believe in something, I can't just say I believe in it. I have to be taught what it is you do so that you can do something different and do what it says to do, believe. So this was what I had to do. Now that sounds, you know, everything happens so fast. You know, my world and my action and reaction is instantly, you know. I haven't got time to think, do I need to do that? I pray here, I pray there. What is it I should do? Because it's over with, it's done. It's a done deal all the time. So I didn't know that the character has to change. I have to change so that I can do something different without any reference to the way I did. So this means exactly that old character, had to, I had to learn, I can't use the old character. I have to be reborn. I can't be an alcoholic anonymous thinking in terms of alcoholism, thinking, and then thinking in terms of recovery. I can't do it. Because when I'm with alcoholism, I think like an alcoholic with alcoholism. And so this here is real hard to get across. But the building of the characters by principles, and it started in one by the principles of staying sober, meaning I can't drink again, and my life's unmanageable regardless, it's always unmanageable, drunk or sober. And here I am in two now, trying to do something now to see something that I need to do. So what I need to do is believe in something other than me so I can talk or be with something other than me. How can I have or believe in a power greater than me if I stay with me? I can't do it, it's impossible. So I had to learn that this here, this power, that in step two I accepted it because there's no higher power there and there's no God there. There isn't a step application later, but in the step itself, it says, came to believe in a power that's greater than me, not a higher power, not a God. So I'll listen to you. I won't block it. I'll, I'll at least be presented with it. To believe in that, I have to associate my life to something like we're doing right now. That there is something maybe other than me. And the word sanity is soundness and wholeness of mind. And that's one thing is I knew exactly what they meant because my life wasn't a mess. It was a turmoil. I was sober. I was fighting mad. I was upset. I drove my car 100 miles an hour. I, 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 I do everything so fast and furious and so mean and mad. My life is. It, it's crazy. It's nuts. But it's not insanity. It's I don't have soundness or wholeness of mind. I have a mind that's injured. I have a mind that's scattered. So to, to want to have something different, I want to be something different. I'm going to have to do something different. I started talking to a power that was greater than me. It belonged to another man. 
I started identifying that I needed help. And listen, I wasn't, I wasn't no, no way was I on my knees. I started on my knees in step three. But I wasn't praying from a position of knowing who God is or trying to know who he is. I was praying and asking something to help me about my hostility and anger, hoping that it would happen. But I don't want it, I don't want it to do any farther. I don't want to do any more than that. And I was against everything. I was against God. I was against your God. I was against your talk, your belief, your everything. To come to believe in a power greater than me means I'm going to have to do something. An open mind was a requirement that I didn't see, didn't know. But an open mind is. Then it says also that I had to put the debating society with some first chicken or the egg. This is a good subject to talk about because this is an on, this is an ism. This is an ongoing thing. This, this, can, this can attack you at any time. I don't give a damn how long you're sober. In time, it doesn't make any difference. A closed mind, I had to find out what a closed mind is. I have a closed mind. And when they say I had to have an open mind, they're describing something new. And I didn't know a closed mind and an open mind, the difference between the two. But the difference is, the fact is that a closed mind is occupied by self and only self. An open mind means that self isn't there. And it's not a mind that's stupid, dumb, or anything else like that, uneducated, or anything else like that. It's a mind that's open. An open mind means it doesn't have preconceived ideas, it doesn't have the information there that I'm going to rely upon, whether it's wrong or right. An open mind means exactly what it says. I'm receptive. It's open. I can put something in there. I can have something different than what I have. But you see, I have to also realize and learn what an open mind is about all of my affairs. Not just at meetings, not just when I'm in trouble, not just when I'm mad or looking at one thing only, but I must have an open mind for everything. Everything. And this here is real, real difficult for me because it means I have to start backing down. I have to bite my tongue. I have to turn around and walk away from something I'm so mean and mad at and I'll destroy it. But I'm going to have to learn how not to destroy it. And so this is a start. This is what set me free, by the way, so that I could have exactly the purpose of AA's 12 step because step three, I would never be able to have step three in my life if this wasn't brought out. It brought out good enough and clean and clear enough so that I could do it. I can actually do it today, this day. If you don't think so, what I'm talking about, about an open mind, maybe you think, maybe you do know what it is, but I didn't know. But an open mind, right now, today, this day, right here, can you have an open mind right now? Is your mind really open? Are you listening and agreeing with, or at least looking at it, or at least letting it be like it is? Maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. Could you do that about everything you do see or do in the day you're in? Could you look at the other person, whoever these other persons are, and whatever they say, could you leave it like it is, it said, and not want to change it, not want to tell them they're wrong, not want to say, man, that's crazy, that, that would never work. Believe me, this is something right now to consider, because you're going to, if you're an alcoholic with alcoholism, you're going to have to do this the day you die. Because if your mind slams shut, you know what you slam shut with? You slam shut with self and all the past that you ever had. You're going to have to relive it and redo it again. You're going to have to hurt people. This is part of what happens up in four and five. This is this is real important to know what an open mind is now. Not an open mind against whiskey, bars, drugs, or anything else like that. An open mind is for life. So that there could be something else there. Because in the next step, there's a requirement in there to do something. You can't do it unless you do have an open mind. And the debating society, which comes the chicken of an egg, goes with this now. This is part of it also. And it's not a debating society against the chicken and an egg. I don't even know what that is. 
But it's a debating society against life, against situations, people, happening. The debating society is an argument. It's an argument for or against. It's an argument that should be this way, not that way. Well, you shouldn't do this, I should do this. Or I should have this, you should have that. Or do it this way, do it that way. An argument is a quarrel against life. People in life, living situations. This is another thing, man, I'll tell you, my mind is, it goes on and off. Years ago, it was flip-flopping so damn bad all the time. One minute, man, I was arguing against everything. Next minute, man, I was agreeable as hell. I was mellow as a meatball, I used to say. It's a, I don't know how to do anything different. You see, in Alcoholics Anonymous, this is proven. So they're building a, this is a program recovery, it's an application of steps by principle truth, that this is changing a character that I am. A change. I'm becoming a new character. I'm backed up by principles with no reference to yesterday's life as the character. No reference. I have to clear away the reference of the past, but the character doesn't need to remember how this person acted or what I did then. This is today. This is a brand new life. Page 85, when I talk to that, it says I'm not cured of alcoholism. What I really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. We're starting right now to get into a spiritual condition. This is true now. See, each and every one of us. The open mind is a thing that must be there all the time. Today, right now. And the argument against anything has to stop. The quarrel has to stop. The, 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 the living in the world with a dissatisfied mind has to stop. It's got to stop. Because I'm sober and I'm trying to see and do and have a new life, a new character. Doing the will of God is the next step. Is why step three makes it possible to qualify to go to three, step three. Without two, without one. You see, in step one, I started a new character by principle. When I went to two, two didn't need one, but two needs step one by principle, character change. So one has to need two and three and so end up the line. Because without it, how could you build this new character? Could you build it by one step and then forget that step, forget that application, forget that truth to do? You can't do it. This is this is serious stuff now, see? And this isn't a choice, like in other words, that you have a choice when you do something not to do it. There's no such thing as that, because self would be in the picture if that was true. This is all about now how to think and act for good purpose. To be able to live in the day you're in without the quarrel and also without the closed mind. An open mind, believe me, is really important to think about because I know I've been programmed all my life to think one way, do one way, because that's the only way you do it, and that's the only way I know to do it, and I believe that's the only way it should be done, too. An open mind really is going to set me free, and I don't even know it. I need to have an open mind to have a relationship with another human being. This here is important. Step two. <clears throat> when it ends, step two is talking there about that I'm admit I'm a problem thinker, but in fact I won't admit I'm mentally ill. In step one, when I was in step one, it said glass in hand, I warped my mind. I've got to keep looking at these things to realize that this is what it's talking about is the disease of alcoholism. Without it, I do have a warped mind. I am mentally ill. And so this is starting now to begin a new life, a new character, with no reference to the old character. No reference to it. Not at all. So, step two. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else got questions? You can do this. Pick them up. Pick them up. Hold them up. Michael, go around and pick them up. Okay. Uh, I should have brought my glasses. Uh, 
what do you do when you believe you're the power? Uh, and then you don't do it. <laughs> if you don't do it, it won't get done right. Your way or for the highway, I guess. And that's one half at a time. What do you do when you don't when you when you believe you're the power? How do you get to the other power? Again, it's that application to build, to make mistakes or to do something and not know what to do or how to do or how to correct it or anything else. That's the purpose of this year, what we're doing right now, is to learn about a mind, learn about a power that's greater than me, to learn how not to do me. Because to believe in self will always do self. To believe in a power greater than self is like I stand a chance on. This is about a relationship now. And the relationship is believing, not praying, believing in a power greater than me. Now, to do that is to back down, is to discipline, or to recognize that I'm up to my old tricks. Many, many times I have said, I've talked to God, prayed to God, and said, I'm sorry, God, I'm up my old tricks. Forgive me. I'm at it again. That's step three. But you see, this means that there is a way for each and every one of us that we can stop. And as we go through this now, this will get stronger in application because it's another step also. Because we've got to be covered by character, by principle, by application, so that as we live our life in the day we're in, we've got to have courage in all of our affairs, whether it was from yesterday's affairs or tomorrow's affairs or today's affairs, as far as the character building, so that I don't have to get strong against something and then pay a price for it. And that means today, just today. So the power, that when I'm using my power, is because very, you know what I call these, the ominous signs, that when I show resentment, when I show fear, anger, hostility, when, when I look at the world in question or I start picking on something, I start identifying something as wrong, that's the power of self. That's the identity of me and the alcoholism. If you don't do it, it won't get done. Is it your way or no way at all? Well, again, it's, it's, it's the same thing again. It's trying to, trying to play God. You know, I, uh, I guess three would be, or seven would be a better step to talk about that in. And that's a, that's a step, uh, remember when I, some of you guys remember when I do a picture of the chairs, you know, and so, is that when self comes into the power form, or self is in the picture where I'm restless, irritable, discontented, or when self wants to show self, or the ego factors, or when I get strong, want to prove a point, and all this, these are all signs that I, myself, am back to self that I can't do things like this anymore. But if you get a kick out of that, or you get a charge out of it, or you want to continue that, then you're going to have to be like that. So this is a program. If you want what we have, and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. If you really want to be the man that you should be in the day you're in, then this year business now is going to get less and less, like the power of self, of the application of your disease. The disease must be treated. Because it's treated by today's life, living life. It's not treated from yesterday's life. And it's not going to be treated tomorrow. That's impossible. So when is it treated? This is something to be looking at right now. Because it is a now factor. Right now. Are you receptive right now to want to have a good life? To want to do things that you know damn well should be done? See, the program of recovery is always in the present moment. Now, whether you believe that or not, Maybe you can hear it. I'll keep saying it. The reason I say it is because this is the way it is, and this is the way it is for me now, too. Because I could forget it myself. I could not read. I could not apply stuff. I could go ahead in the day and then thinking that there's nothing wrong, man. What's wrong? There ain't nothing wrong. I don't have to do anything. You see, 
I need God in my life. I need the power greater than me in my life. Whether it's good or bad, it makes no difference because I've got another power that takes over. And that's the power of self. That's the aberrated mind. That's the mind that stands forth. That's the mind that is going to do again the same thing. And how to stop this, I can't stop it, but the power greater than me can. Because it tells me that. It says, I came to believe in a power greater than me who restored me to sanity. If I could restore me to sanity, I wouldn't even have to do this. I wouldn't have to come here. And it's, it is proven, this is proven by my track record, whether I'm drunk or sober. I still can't do it. I must have this, what all of us need. I need a power greater than me to do for me what I can't do for myself. Please repeat the definition of an open mind and a closed mind. An open mind is something I never could see. At first, I wouldn't buy that. I wouldn't buy it at all because I didn't think it had any reference to anything other than just words. But an open mind is a mind where self isn't occupied, where self isn't loaded with self, where self isn't in my mind telling me and showing me and having me act and do the things. An open mind is something I have to look at and learn what it is in my daily life, not just about one thing, but about everything. Because, you see, my mind cannot close to nothing. I don't care what it is. I don't care. And all, I, all I'm talking about now is talking about arguing against something, wanting, not accepting something, looking at something and finding fault, looking at the world out there and wanting to change it, not accept it because it's wrong. Maybe it's too hot, too cold. Maybe the freeway is too full or whatever the heck it is. That's an argumentative mind. The mind is closed because it's talking to me and it's giving me information that upsets me. This is what they call restless, irritable, discontented, what Dr. Schultz was talking in the big book about this. That my life is restless, irritable, discontented. Because I'm arguing, I'm fighting, I'm looking at the world, moaning and groaning and not knowing. The mind is closed. I've got a mind that's closed. I won't accept nothing else. This is important to know. A mind that's not self isn't occupied is an open mind. It's got to be. Because what else is there? Speaking of the open and closed mind, what do you do to reopen your mind when it slams shut? I'll tell you what, we're ready for step three. That's just. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot of questions done, too. Oh, you do? Oh, oh, okay, all right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. What. Well, listen. Okay, fine, okay. Step three is where it's, it's... Remember, you know, when we get into three, I'll talk about this to remind me, though, so I don't forget it, though, is what, what about a mind slamming shut. What's that three? Yeah. Okay, we'll call it the slamming. Yeah. Uh, what is a good example of alcoholic insanity? Oh, man, alcoholic insanity, you know... That you know that that is so you could talk forever on this. Alcoholic insanity is what is exactly what I was talking about before. It's about I look at everything like alcoholic rhythm, you know, where I can add up a whole string of numbers and get such a ridiculous figure you couldn't believe it. See, in other words, is that I think I can get away with something and do something, you know, and I and I know damn well I can't, but I'm going to try to make it right. I'm going to try to make it fit. I'm going to continue on going the same way. Insanity, insanity is not insanity in reference to what we're talking about. We might do insane things in reference to something that's normal or average, and then the way we do it, we go such to it in such extreme that we can call it insanity. But it's not that. It's talking about sanity, soundness of mind. Because this was the thing that stopped me in step two. 
I didn't think I was insane, and I knew I wasn't. And so I thought the word meant insanity. But soundness of mind, though, is exactly the same thing we're doing right now. Soundness of mind is wholeness of mind, wellness of mind. To be at least receptive, open-minded, to see if there's something here. Even when you're feeling uncomfortable, you're bored, or whatever you think you should be somewhere else, and you stay here. Then that's soundness of mind. That's discipline. And this is something you have to do about everything in your life as an alcoholic with alcoholism. But you're learning this, though. You're learning it right now, but you'll learn it by application, not by words. But when you're talking in here, like we've been talking right now, about the open mind, the open mind will give me sanity, soundness of mind, wholeness of mind, wellness of mind, because there's something else that's going to be there occupying it instead of me. This is the program recovery. This is the power greater than me. It can do what I can't do. It's not even named yet, but it'll be named in the next step. Soundness and wholeness of mind, the sanity, there's something I can't supply by myself. I'm influenced. I'm, I'm, I see things one way, and I think it's that way, and it's the wrong way. Uh, how much, if any, responsibility or credit do you take for the recovery of someone you sponsor? Uh, you know, this year, this year used to be a long time ago. This was a problem. It had to be a problem to be able to see me for who I really am. And I, I'll tell you, I went through this a lot of years ago, and I went through it because I didn't know how not to do this. And so since that time, I do know, but it's true what you're saying there, because I used to think I was responsible for your life. I did think that I could make you sober, make you do things and have the program recovery, and not on my terms, but I thought I could cram it down your throat hard enough and long enough, and then you'd have it, you'd be it, and so on. As far as taking credit for it, sure I did. I used to put guys in the hotels and pay their bills and, and pay them stay there for a week, and I'd go around and I'd talk all about it. This is going to come out in the steps farther on exactly what this step means or what you're talking about now. And uh, so I'll go into this deeper and a lot stronger exactly about what you're saying because it does have to be talked about. It does have to be identified in there because there isn't one of us can do anything in a day we're in without the grace of God on us. There isn't one of us. So is step two simply having an open mind? No way. No, an open mind is a requirement. In other words, if you're sitting here right now with a closed mind, this meeting here, and this retreat here, you might as well go out and swim in the pool out there and do something else. The past, truth. The last paragraph in step two in the 12 and 12 reads, True humility in an open mind can lead us to faith. Page 58 defines humility as knowing who and what I am, followed by a sincere attempt to be what I can be. Step 7 defines humility as a desire to seek and do God's will. In an application of step 2, how do you do find humility? Humility is not uh, in step 2. Humility isn't in step 2. It doesn't matter what they're talking about there. You're building a character. You're an alcoholic anonymous. You're building it by application of steps. They're starting in step one, going up. The requirements or the, the method to live to, by principle has to be started already in one, two, and so on. Humility and humbleness is not a, a, a principle or a quality that's needed yet as far as the identification and everything else like that because you can't jam the whole program into you. It has to come into you by application, by principle. That's why they're in the order, the logical order form they're in. It's identified. You see, like in step two, 
Step two is there because of what two represents so that I could do three. And three is where the patients or the foundation of the program recovery starts. And this is all about God. When we get to seven, seven is possible only because of the other steps preceding it so that you can have humility and, and humbleness. So that this is, is something now that you're qualified to have. In other words, you can't come to A at step one and, and just apply it to step one the day you're in and think the whole package now, the whole character and everything else, you can just walk free and then and go to meetings and sit there and be happy, joyous, and free and all that. There's no way. You have to build the character. And as you're building it, though, your life is growing spiritually by principles and application. And so this here means exactly what it means. Is that I can't be one person because I haven't built that person yet. And building means an application with God by the program recovery. This is the building of the new character. And that's why step seven is so important also. Because, you know, I said, like I said last night, steps are there for the order formula in for a reason. Now you take steps one to six, you'll see that steps one to six is always about the disease. It's always about the character. It's an explanation what's wrong, what's needed, what I have to do. And this goes all the way through one to six. But when we go to seven to twelve, there's going to be something different now. But we're taking the character from one to six. And then when we go into seven, it's possible now to have the humility and humbleness, to be able to look outwardly, to help outwardly, and not look inwardly all the time to what I'm going to get out of it, what's in it for me, and so on down the line. Humility and humbleness is explained on page 70 of your 12 by 12. But it talks in there that we must have much more of this precious quality that's needed just to stay sober. Because when adversity comes, what are you going to do now? If you don't have it, you've got to have much more than just the fact of being sober. Uh, many times you mentioned the alcoholic with alcoholism. In your opinion, is there such a thing as an alcoholic without alcoholism? Sure, there is. You bet there is. And Dr. Tebow is the one that straightened that out in my brain. And that's the same thing as what I've been talking about right now. Is to come to Alcoholics Anonymous and just be who I am forever and stay sober. To treat the alcoholic because he's a drunk and not change the rest of his life. Not do anything else but attend meetings to stay sober. You bet there's a big difference. There's a hell of a difference. Because alcoholism is a mind function. It's a disease. The alcoholic could be the drunk that don't give a damn, that doesn't care about his life. He just wants to be sober. He can be sober and be the miserable person in the world. That's his business. That's not my business. But when you say an alcoholic with alcoholism, you're defining, I'm defining somebody that crossed over a line. He crossed over a line now. He's in a world now that he can never be anything different, do anything different by himself. Alcoholism is a, is a disease, so that the disease is in each one of us as recognized as a disease. That's at the bottom of the last page on step, on step one, when it talks in there. How much time we got? Maybe we could uh, start a time. Okay. Uh, so, sure, there's a big difference from an alcoholic. A heavy drinker, hard drinker, a drinker that doesn't give a damn about his life, his life is not important. <clears throat> but when he has alcoholism, believe me, it's a life and death proposition. Okay. Uh, last question, and then we're going to have a five minute break. Five minutes of starting again. Okay. Uh, please explain. I'm here. I'm here for me and how it relates to carrying the message to others, to being present to help others. When I first come to Alcoholics Anonymous, I thought the name of the game was staying sober and picking up babies, taking them loose. 
which I did many. I couldn't even get them in my car. There were so many because there wasn't very, there was not much going on there. There wasn't many meetings or anything else. Hell, there was only five meetings in the whole San Fernando Valley. There was the Lucida, San Fernando, North Hollywood, Burbank, and uh, Glendale. That's all. No other else. If you wanted to go to any other meeting, you had to go over to L.A. someplace. So to, to think in terms of being sober, then I'm going to teach you and tell you, and I'm going to be your sponsor, because this is the name of the game. Be one helping another. Well, I, if you were around me, you sure wouldn't want to be helped by me when my disease wasn't treated out to you. Because I'd just show you how to get meaner, madder, how to look at guys and gals and just tear them apart worse than you could do it even. To, 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 to be somebody I should be, I'll have to be that character first. Because it's an attraction. It's a, this here is not promotion, it's attraction. The attraction I seen in my sponsors was a man that was quiet. A man that was helping people, giving of his life. Not just one thing, but everything. He was giving money, time, opportunities, and everything else like that. He was sincerely the man he said he was. But to be that man, though, he had to do something. And to be that man, he was that man to help someone else. That's like he helped me. Now, I certainly didn't. I'd go to meetings, you know, this was something real, real pronounced in my life. I'd be at meetings, which a long time ago, and many, many meetings. Then I'd hear guys over here, and guys over here, and guys over here. Then I'm looking and listening to them. You know, and maybe you do this today, you can see it. Here's somebody over here, and all he talks about is crap. All he talks about is harm. All he talks about is bone and growing in yesterday's life. Here's a guy over here talking about a good life. He's talking about happiness. He's talking about having success in his mind and his life today. Vacation, fishing, paying his bills, and having, having things that belong to him that he recognized in the day he was in, they talked about it. Me, I'm talking about yesterday. That guy's talking about yesterday. He's talking about the freeway. I'm talking about the freeway. I don't want to be like him. I want to be like him. This is what it's all about. Man, how can you help somebody if you can't help yourself? Page 764, when they read the vision for you, you obviously so you can't transmit something you don't have, and that's the truth. This is hard. This is a hard nut to swallow. It really is. Man, I don't want to fight the world anymore. I don't want to walk in a room and look at people and hate them, look at them and judge them and criticize them and wonder what the hell's the matter with them. That's baloney. Three says, I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to care of God as I understood him. Uh, I, like I said before, it is the steps now building a new character. To go into three without steps one and two in principle or in, in the purpose of there, therefore, I would never be able to make a decision to turn my will and life over to care of God as I understood him because I would take it back. I would just, I would do it now and then, or I would do it with no reference to uh, when to do it and how to do it. In other words, I couldn't be the, the, the one person, the one character, the new character, the building of the new character is still in progress all the time. And to make a decision, a decision is something to do. You either make a decision to do something or you make a decision not to do something. But it's different here. Now, it says in there, I made a decision to turn my will and life over to care of God, because I understood him. That means I'm going to do something. To do something, then, I have to figure out now just exactly this step, is that I made a decision to turn my will and my life. i got to figure out, and i got to talk about, and i got to recognize exactly why they say my will and my life. What is my will and what is my life? So I have to learn myself exactly. My will is my very being. My will is my mind. My will is the way I am. 
consciously and subconsciously, I am this character, the true character that I am. I am that character, and I'm going to have to do something with it now. Then two taught me in there how to build a relationship. In other words, I have to do something now different. So in three, it's going to be defined as something else now. Is that I'm going to make a decision to turn my will and my life over the care of God. And I'm starting to talk now about a God. As I understood him. Understood him is not understand him. Understood him is understood from in the program recovery about a power that can do something I can't do. Step two defines that. They said I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna come to believe in a power greater than me that's gonna restore me to sanity. Now they're naming it. They're start the two powers in two start to be named in three. Because I made a decision now not to go to me, not to go to the power of me, but to go to the power that's greater than me, which is God. It says so in three. As I understood him. So God as I God as I understood him is not an understanding of God. Now that had to be clarified. I had to hear this more than once. I had to realize this more than once. And I have to keep keep it alive. Keep it. Everything I'm talking about now, I said before, is least to be presented with it. Leave it in the open. Don't file it away in a file cabinet like I used to do everything else. Is to use this as a daily application by character principles. The principle is is that I must be with a power greater than self. That's the truth. We started to build a character down in one by principles, truths that change me so I can live with me now only by the grace of God, by the, by the principle of God. And this is what it's talking about now. See, to do steps and think of terms, just to learn steps of what they say, what they mean, is worthless. It's absolutely worthless because you'll just file it away and then you'll do your own thing. Your own thing is what your what the power of self says. I didn't know that I can actually be somebody different now, because step three is the foundation for each and every one of us, because of what you have to do. What you have to do, you have to do is I have to turn my will and my life. My life is my performance. My life is what I am in the day I'm in to what I do. Whether it's here, this is my life here. When I'm out there, it's out there. And wherever I'm at, that's where my life is. But my will is my intelligence, my memory, my file cabinet, my yesterdays, my anything. To put it in his care means exactly that. Because in step two, when it talks in there about soundness of mind, wholeness of mind, wellness of mind, with an open mind, and quit arguing, now I can do something. I can do so. I can make a decision to want to have or to do something different before. I don't have to keep modifying, changing it. I, I can do it. It's an actual, it's a performance. And this performance is understood that this power, which is called God, can do something I can't do. There's two powers now. I know there's two powers. There's one world, but there's two concepts of this world. My power and God's power. This is what I'm going to have to look at now. My world is the world I brought here from a drunken world, and it's the same world when I'm sober. No different. No different. And that's proven. Now there's another world, God's world. This is the world I want to live in. This is the world that their promises in here. When we were talking, we were talking here uh, before, I said, remember, I can say it or something like that. Is in step three, in your 12 by 12. And it says in here, to every worldly and practically practical-minded beginner, this step looks hard, even impossible. No matter how much one wishes to try exactly, how can he turn his own will and his own life over to the care of whatever God he thinks there is? 
Fortunately, we who have tried it with equal misgivings can testify that anyone, anyone at all, can begin to do it. We can further add that a beginning, even the smallest, is all that's needed. Once we have placed a key of willingness in the lock and had the door ever so slightly open, we find that we can always open it some more. Though self-will may slam it shut. Remember the slam it shut business? <laughs> Though self-will may slam it shut again, as it frequently does, it will always respond the moment we again pick up the key of willingness. See? Now, willingness, I said this before about how I had to learn there's a language here in Alcoholics Anonymous. There's words here that fit my vocabulary, my mind, because they're action words. They're words that I associate my life to. These words, I never heard these words. I don't know what they are. And one of them is that this got through talking about is willingness. Now, the other one, what I had to learn was the open minded, the open mind. This is willingness. See? Now, these words are important. To me, they are. They're important because this is a language that keeps using the damn end so that. I can keep an open mind today because it's fresh. I know what an open mind is. I know I need an open mind. So the word now is not a word. The word is my life is governed by this. Willingness is the same thing. Willingness isn't just to pray to God or have God in your life. Willingness is building a character with willingness so that this character, as an alcoholic, he doesn't argue, he doesn't fight, he doesn't have opinions, he doesn't have a file cabinet, he draws things out of it, uses that instead of what he should use. So the willingness now is character building, principle. That's a principle. Willingness is a principle. Now, willingness is willingness for everything, everything. Because soundness of mind will mean that you yourself, as an alcoholic with alcoholism, will not get a distorted view, will not get a view of something <clears throat> which you think should be there. When soundness of mind says no, and the willingness says, man, i got to go for something good this time. I'm not going to do that again. Willingness is wanting needing to have all of these words are important. To me, they are. Because this is a vocabulary. This is the language of the heart. What we're talking about now. Words like this here. Now, we're going to find many, many more words like this, too. In Al I do, anyway. In Alcoholics Anonymous, that play a big role in my life. They, they play a hell of a... They, words like surrender, acceptance. All of these words. This is, a, this is part of my life. This is what's in my brain, my mind. That I must have this stuff. This stuff I'm talking about is already in print, but it's a guarantee. You see, it's a guarantee because of the character. It's, these principles, are they have an origin where they're proven. They have a beginning where they continually go and do the same thing. It's like a mathematical principle. Two plus two is four. You can't change that. And it's like everything else is that way. Look at intelligent about the scientists have principle. Search and research, always with an open mind. That's a principle they use. See, principles, you can't have a principle by just hearing it, looking at it, reading it. You can't. The only way you can have a principle is to apply it, use it, be it. The character is backed up by the principle that character represents. That's why I can do things today and have for years backed up by principles that give me constant, consistent. The life that I have is good. It gets better. I don't turn all of a sudden go another direction. I don't all of a sudden say, man, I better lie. This, I'm getting in trouble. Now I'm a liar again. I don't do that. Man, I learned how to face things because of the dependency of what they're trying to teach me now. And the basis of my life is a power greater than me, which is God. Now, this allows me to face life. I can stand on my own two feet. I can look you in the eye and tell you something. I don't have to remember it tomorrow how to tell it again because I lied before. The principle 
the principle is the character that I am. And see, you got you. I have listen. I, I I'm talking about me. I'm not preaching. Believe me, I'm not. But I'm telling you something I had to do and had to learn to do and keep doing. But only by the grace of God and the 12 steps of the program of recovery, which is a way of life for each and every one of us to treat alcoholism. And this is why I came here. This is why I keep coming to meetings. I didn't know that, though. Because it would got to be a big joke. It got to be a popularity contest. You know, you, you get up there and you get recognized, pats on the back and everything else like that. No, it's not like that. This is my life. Without this, I will die. I will have to get drunk or go insane or do something. See? So step three is the foundation for each one of us, every one of us. As an alcoholic with alcohol, it's an application to do something. Now, what do you do? You turn your will and your life over to God's care as it's understood. It's understood now from two that we're all doing the same thing. This is the solution right now that they talked about. This is what we have where we can absolutely agree upon with brotherly and harmonious action. Is exactly what I'm talking about now. You need what I need if you're an alcoholic with alcoholism. We don't have to do anything else as far as tearing each other apart, add stuff in there, take stuff out. You can't add anything or take anything away from the 12 steps and make it any better, quicker, stronger. They're in their entirety all the way. It's a closed circuit. You stay in the 12 steps, man, it'll give you the life that you've always wanted and your disease will be treated. The uh, Step three, there's a lot to talk about step three. I'm worried about the time factor. See, so you know the, the worst thing about this is is that there's so much information. You know, there's so much to say. There's so much to cover that each you know you get on a certain step. See, and I do anyway. I get on a certain step. And I think that step is more important than any other step, see, when I'm on it. See? Then when I get to the other step, I think that was more important, and I stay on that one. The next thing you know, I'm out of time. See? So, <laughs> so, so it's, a, it's a fact, you know. You know and, and let, me, let me read this part of it here. It says, then it, then it is explained that the other steps of the AA program can be practiced with success only when step three is given a determined and persistent trial. This statement may surprise newcomers who have experienced nothing but constant deflation and a growing conviction that human will is of no value whatever. You see, now, when I read here, I'm going to have to read right for what the purpose is here. And it says in here, it says, this statement may surprise newcomers. See, I always thought a newcomer was somebody that just came in AA the first time off the street, drunk, or just got sober or something like that, never heard of AA, or just first introduction or something like that. You see, all through this here program recovery, for what it's for, a newcomer, see, would be me in the day I'm in, when I'm lost, when I don't know what to do, when I've been here years and I'm still up to my old tricks. See, a newcomer is always in the day I'm in that when I classify this as newcomer, I'm not thinking in terms that it's only you because you're still drunk or just got here or anything like that. Newcomer is the is spiritual life as you grow spiritually. Now, this will be proven more stronger and clearer in step 11 when we get there. But right now, so to take, the, like with me, I, I argued against this here, see, for so long because I didn't know how not to argue because I thought it said newcomer meaning you, whoever you are, see. Not me, I know this stuff, I've done this stuff, I've been around and all that. So I have to t start reading this so that I can get this down into my, my subconscious or unconscious mind so that this here I won't reject it, won't skip over it, won't pay no attention to it. And this is serious right here what they're talking about now. 
It says they have become persuaded, and rightly so, that many problems besides alcohol will not yield to a headlong assault powered by the individual alone. But now it appears there are certain things which only the individual can do. All by himself, in the light of his own circumstances, he needs to develop the quality of willingness. When he acquires willingness, he is the only one who can make the decision to exert himself. Trying to do this is an act of his own will. All of the 12 steps require sustained and personal exertion to conform to their principles, so, so we trust in God's will. Is your will the way you think with God? Uh, is your will the way you think with self? Is God's will the way you think with God? And how can you know the difference? This is, in, this is the same thing in step three, and this is about... This is about your will and God's will. There's no such thing as two wills. Now, you know, that used to be a big beef, a big argument on my side, and then others later, is that how do I know the difference between my will and God's will? There is no such thing as that. When the disease is not treated, there is such a thing as your will. But that's what brought you here. That's where your life is. That's where you're damaged. That's where you're harmed. And that's where everything is. It talks in here, the correct use of my will is in alignment with God's will. And that's what the steps are about. That's what spiritual principles are. And that's what application is. To have my will in the picture, no way. It means exactly that I'd have to be the power again and have to redo and relive and remake this world like it's been before. And I don't want to do that. All through the book, it talks about God's will. How do you get the willingness in the day you're in? The willingness, again, comes from in the beginning. In the, remember yesterday when I was talking about my sponsor said, when I wake up in the morning in my own home, wherever I'm at, that means that if I don't start the Alcoholics Anonymous program and I haven't gotten now, the willingness is a word that must be, like I said before, the willingness isn't a word to do certain things and only certain things. The willingness is a character-building principle that I must live by. The willingness. Now, the willingness, it's, it's, it's understood that I'm not willing to just stay in my misery and pain. That isn't a type of willingness. The willingness is to go farther, to do more, even when you think you're failing, even when you think there isn't nothing going on. The willingness is to trust God. That's how your faith is built. That's how you do your life is because of the fact that it pays off. The willingness. You, you can't. It's just like willing to have God take care of you and he's going to feed you. Get in the closet and, and see how many hot dogs he'll stuff through the keyhole. You know, the, it don't happen. The, it just don't happen. So willingness, like I said before, willingness is a good, you know, it's a word that it's a vocabulary word. It's a word in my language. It's a word in my life. There's many words now that we're gonna we could talk about like this too. Please explain God as I understood Him versus God as I understand Him. Well, that's why the wording is in step three and eleven the same way. In step eleven, it says the same thing, underlined the same way. And it's not a, it's it's two says I'm gonna to have to have an open mind and I'm gonna to have to quit debating or arguing with life and things and I'm gonna to have to believe in something other than me and then I can have sanity and soundness of mind. So when three says in there, I'm going to make a decision and turn my will and life over to care of God as I understood him. Understood is not understand. Understood, it's understood that there's something here and here. Which one? It's, if it's understood that this is going to hurt you and this is going to help you, it's understood. You better, you better be over here. Understand is not trying to understand God in the sense of trying to see why and where and how and things like that. Of who it is or who the power is or what it is or anything else like that. This is a trust and a belief that I couldn't get past in the beginning until I myself started to have self-evident things happening that didn't happen before. That just didn't happen before. But the moment I called upon God as a God, I was helped. 
immediate. And so to understand this, it's not a question to understand it. It's understood that I better do this. It's understood that every time I do this, I have good results. Understood is not understand. And this here is important to me. I'm not trying to understand the power of God or where it's at or how it is. I'm not trying to analyze and, uh, and look at things and tear them apart. I know for sure that if I offer God a prayer, if I ask for help and I'm helped, I'd be a fool not to ask for help. It's understood that God can do what I can't do. Talking to God sincerely and asking God for help enough to keep your God consciousness. No, the, that's what I said before. What I used to do, I used to think that way. I used to get on my knees and pray to God and get up on my knees. I'd leave God in a prayer in the bedroom. And I'd go to work and act like a damn fool all the way down there, you know. So, no, it couldn't be that. It wouldn't be that at all. It's, it's uh, in the, the belief that Alcoholics Anonymous doesn't tell you or doesn't ask you, do you think that you could do step three? Or do you think you want to do step three? They don't say that. They say, make a decision. Turn your will and life over to care of God as, as, as I understood it. And so you've got to realize that this isn't a pick-and-choose thing. It isn't a thing that runs hot and cold. It isn't because maybe you want to do it and you don't want to do it. There's no such thing as that, man. You better have self-discipline as an alcoholic with alcohol. You better pay attention. You know, this here might mean, it might mean that your life will be saved. And I know that this is true because I have babies that blew their brains out, took the gas, drank themselves to death deliberately, knowingly do it. Bob, you got about 10 more questions until 11 o'clock. No, you got 10. Yeah. Tell you what you can do. You know these questions are good. We'll, we'll save them for Sunday. Okay, yeah, you can do that. He wants to get to step six by 12 o'clock. Yeah, we got to do that because this afternoon we got we got uh, six more steps. we got to get them done by about quarter to six. So uh, even if we gave a half an hour to each step, you know, that's six hours, you know. So that's a long time. Okay. Okay, we'll go. We'll, we'll go. Uh, we'll go to uh, four. Uh, and believe me, on, on three, we could go farther on three, and we should go farther on two because it is it is a step that's very vital. So the foundation is laid, so that you don't have to second guess or get or think in terms, you know, of uh, later on. Why not have it now? Why not use this here, this this retreat for for the very best quality, prime time? Why not? That's what I'm here for, anyway. So. Step four, where I made a searching and fearless moral inventory. Now, you know, this step, though, at one time, a long time ago, I thought this step, like everybody thinks this step, is really a hard step. There they and I don't think so, and I haven't for years, because of what step the application means and what it is you do. And so this here, for me now, I believe you know, I don't have to go into it to where it's hours or anything else like that. To make a searching and fearless moral inventory, so what I had to find out about defects of character. Now, defects of character, I never knew exactly what defects of character are, but I'll define it first. As defects of character are always things I do that I should never do. Now, you got to really look at that for what it is, see. So there are things I do that I shouldn't do. So keep that you know back in your mind there. And so defects of character, I had to find out first that defects of character are what's need treating today, this day. Defects of character is the way my mind functions today. Defects of character is the character that I am that does the life that I do the way I do it. Now, these defects of character, if it's in my mind today, write it down. See, put it down. Now, defects of character, even though they come from yesterday, put them down. 
But don't go searching for something and try to think in terms that I'm like I am today because something happened a long time ago. That don't work. That just won't work. In other words, don't think in terms that maybe your mother locked you in the closet when you're three years old and you're pissed off at her today. Don't think in terms that it means something like that because it doesn't. What trouble I get in today as an alcoholic with alcoholism is what's in my mind today, even if it did come from when she locked me in the closet. So try to see if this here purpose of, the, of taking a searching and fearless moral inventory for the purposes, therefore, is to see who I am in character today, how I think and how I act and how I look at the world and people. And the way I had to start this, I had to start it with people. And I had to start it with close people like my mother, father, brothers, sisters, so on, and go down the line. And then I could identify my behavior in, re in relationship to them, to the way I treated them, what I did, what I said, how I looked at them. These were the things that I had to write down because these were the things that were still in me today and I was still using them today in my life today. Now, that, that's, that's the purpose of an inventory is to take stock of what I have now, not what I thought was there years ago, and then blame people. Or anything. We're not looking for that. We're looking for something that makes us in the day we're in do the things we do that I shouldn't do. And this here, you has to be defined a little more about... about Defects of character, what they are. So, and I, and, and I also had to find out there's a fearless. You must go with each, each defect of character because a fearless is, is a qualifying thing so that when the defect of character is gone, the fear goes with it. So that the fear doesn't stay in me and control me when the defect of character is gone. The thinking process isn't there, but the fear is there. And when I come here, there was, there was fears in me there were always, a, I would have fears, but they were ungrounded, unfounded fears. I was saying something or doing something that when I was drunk even, like I wouldn't sit with my back to the door, you know, uh, at a bar or something like that, because I don't want to be sneaking up on me or something like that. That's a fear, but it's ungrounded fear because nobody was after me. See, you know, I could, you know, I could, I could think it ahead of time and thought something and be afraid of it. And man, it isn't in my life, but I still, ungrounded, unfounded fears is alcoholism, it's fantasy land, it's memory land. And so the, to get this here point across about an inventory, an inventory is always about what's in my mind today. Exactly. What, is, what am I thinking about? How am I acting? Who am I? And this i got to find out because otherwise I'll still continue doing the same thing I've always done because I'm still using the same defect of character. The character thinks and acts a certain way. This is where I got my anger, my hostility, my jealousy, my envy. These are all defects that made me in the day I'm in get upset, attack people, suspicion. I got a suspicious mind. I got a mind that's really suspicious. I'm looking at all the angles of whatever you say, whatever you do. I won't trust you. I think in terms of, I wonder what he's up to. This is a character now that walks around in a world I'm in and I'm upset. I can't live in this world. Now, the principles on this, what I'm talking about now, would be that the character that I am, I don't have to live by things that are there in me because they're in me. There is something to do. And this is the purpose of four, five, and six, as far as the step goes. See, in, in inventory to me, I don't think inventory is a tough thing to do. I really don't. I think five is much more severe than four is because of what you have to do in five. Four is no more than just a mind trip. There's no more than just writing. There's no more than looking at yourself for who you really are. And you don't have to accept that even. But you still can write about it, though. You can identify it, look at it. And that's what four is all about. 
And, it, it, and the, the important thing, again, now, if it did happen yesteryears, put it down, because you're still thinking it, using it, put it down. But if you're looking for something to blame on, if you're looking for something to excuse your life on because of some reason, and you're trying to fish for that reason, that's not an inventory of a defect. That's trying to get off the hook. That's trying to do what some of these other guys are telling you to do about an inventory. Inventory isn't, you don't have to go back to scratch. You do have to go back there. If it's in you today, certainly you do. But you don't have to build a case against yourself because of diff cups or anything else like that. I believe that uh, the, the, between the defects of character and the defects, that uh, the fears from them defects, uh, I've had babies that didn't take a fear list. They took an inventory. They had maybe 18 months. One guy in particular, he was ready to blow his brains out. And the moment that he went into a fear list, identified him from the old defect, before I had him even, you know, he, did this, he did his inventory. The moment he did a fearless man, he stepped right into a brand new world. You know, he just he just had a, he had great success in his days from doing that. Uh, inventory. I'm trying to think of what what else would be uh, along that line that's needed. The, well, the principle, uh, again, the, the building of the character by principle is that you and I, as we lived our life, we always did this defects of character because it was a thing we had to do. It's the way you're made up. It's the, it's the character you represent. Is that, that you learn how to live. Like I, I learned in, in, uh, in drinking and running that I had to learn to lie. I had to be a liar, a pathological liar. Because I was always having to lie to get out of something or get into something or to do something. And so this character that I was, like, to save my job, I had to learn how to tell a lie so great that I didn't believe it, and then I'd tell the boss, you know. <laughs> or I had to go to my wife and tell her things that I did, and I had to lie, learn to lie. So you cover it up some way. But I had to do many other things that way, too. Because I couldn't, I couldn't operate the day I'm in from what I was. I had to make a character into what I thought was right, and I became that character. And that was because of the same thing as, as we're doing here in AA now, to be have principles, so we're guided by principles, see? And the principles are the same way now, like I said before, to build a character, first you can't build them from the old, you have to build them from the new, because it's a new character. And that means exactly that. As soon as these, are, as soon as these defects of character are identified, because they're, they have to be written down, so that it comes from my mind. I'm the one that wrote them down. I'm the one that says this is the way it was and this is what I do. But see, a lot of times that I do things like that, the reason they have step five. Step five is for the major reason. That's why I believe it's harder to do because of what it is you do. And four, I could do, I could look backwards and, and I could look and see things, behavior and everything else like that. And I could always reason it or get off the hook some way or another or something like that. So it was never something really, the only thing I had to do is identify who the hell I really am the day I'm in. Why am I like I am? Are you jealous? Are you angry? Are you get blow your lid or something? Are, do you learn to, to do certain things a certain way for advantage of yourself and so on like that? That's what this is all about now. It's made a searching and fearless moral inventory. It's a moral inventory. It's a right from wrong thing. It's, it's I should do this and not this. This, what I should not do is a defect of character. And this I had to look at it for what it really is, because when we get up into step eight and nine, some of this will come out in eight and nine, and eight especially. And this is a, this is about harming, you know, harming people and all that. 
it's the same thing down in Ford about looking at my life or what I really am, how I really think, why I act the way I act and why I do the way I do. I'm loaded with me. Now, me means exactly that. Almost all defects of character. You might have a list a mile long or you might have a short list. I've seen them both. And it doesn't make no difference. It's the character that uses them, whatever that is, does the damage so that this year, this life that I live in, I hurt people. I do the same thing all over because I can't do anything different. I'm always the same character. Now I got to, like you're talking about in principles, I got to learn what principles mean so that I can do the opposite of the defect. Instead of being somebody that lies, I got to learn to tell the truth. Somebody that's jealous, I got to learn the jealousy. Why I'm jealous. Why I turn in jealousy on someone. Man, I was really a jealous guy. I almost killed a man one time in his own bed with his wife and two kids because I thought he was screwing around my wife. And whether or not he was, I have no idea, but I thought so. And this year was always about the same thing. My mind was a defective character and thinking the way I think and hurting and harming everything around me because of that thought process. I'm loaded with things that are wrong. They're abstract. They're aberrated. They're distorted. Everything about my thinking, about my life, and defective character are to the extremes, too. I never do anything just a little bit. I do everything. I go the whole way. And, when I, and, and, and this is defective character that I'm talking about, too. That I don't know about you, but did you ever start something, and when you're causing damage, you can't quit. You have to finish it. You have to go so far that you wish you hadn't been born, that you wish you hadn't done that. This is all about the character now. That the character can do no more than that because the character is built on defects. But to learn these defects, you must write about them. You must put them down. Now, defects of character, maybe if you want to question what defects of character are, or in your own self, or anything like that, because I believe all of us know what defects of character are. When you do one thing, you should do the other. Instead of doing good, you do bad or wrong. That's what a defect of character is. Any other questions? Hold them up. You can pick them up. Okay. Explain the difference between a moral inventory out of step four and a personal inventory instead of step ten. Well, that again has to be explained in steps. Um, when we come here in inventory, we come here from what we were like and what it's like now as far as the character we are. Step ten is in a test position for another reason. It's an inventory, but it's a personal inventory the day you live in. The other, the other inventory we're talking about now is the character I brought with. It's already here. The other inventory is being so that I don't have to build another character from new defects of character or old defects of character in the day I'm in. I'm already built in four. And ten stops me from building another character like four. So this means, and it's explained that way too in, in the step ten. The personal inventory is what I do in the moment I'm in, in the day I'm in, at any time I'm in too. Where the other one is already there. The, the fourth, the defective character. I'm already that. That's already established. This isn't something I have to look at and not do. I already do this. That's the only way I operate. I live like this. That fourth step is like in the fifth step. It talks about that in the fifth step. It's what I have to do. Why I have to do the fifth step after the fourth step in principle. Um, how do you work step four in the day you're in? The purpose of Alcoholics Anonymous, the purpose of coming here, the purpose of doing a retreat, to see a life or to know a life that I don't have, it's very difficult 
I can't, I can't do that. I can't even, I don't even know what it is to do. That's why I didn't know what the hell I'm doing in Alcoholics Anonymous. I come here and I think in terms that all we have to do is attend meetings and stay sober, you see. And I don't know the purpose of coming here. The application of step four and the application of any step is a way of life today. It's a method of living by character change, by power, which is God, that makes it possible to live like this. This isn't a pie-in-the-sky thing where you, you might get there someday or something like that. This is a now thing, right now. To come to Alcoholics Anonymous, to find this way of life, which will treat alcoholism. When I treat alcoholism, you know my whole life is treated. But the primary thing that has to stay primary is alcoholism because of what alcoholism is as a disease. And it talks in there. We discussed, I discussed through reading about problems other than alcoholism. Well, alcoholism has to be considered first so the problems that follow won't be there. They're, they're, it's not necessary to be there. So living today in principle would mean exactly that, that they're in an order form, a logical order form, one, two, three, four, all the way up to 12, to build a character by principle because of application of what the application is. In other words, I've already done one, two, three. Here I am in four. I have to make a searching and fearless moral inventory of my whole being of my mind because the character I am is what I'm going to write about. Not something that I thought happened, something that might have happened, but something that is there. Me, the way I think and act. The only way I can identify this, to see me for who I really am, is all I have to do is start looking at relationships. This is the beginning. And I always get them to start on their mother, father, brothers, sisters, somebody close so that they can see something without too much searching or too much injury of themselves. Because when you treat your family rotten, when you were drunk, misbehaving, and everything else, let's see what that is like. Let's put it down. Let's see exactly what the hell you're like as far as the alcoholic with alcoholism. What made you do and think the way you thought? Why did you distrust somebody? Or why did you get angry at them? Why did you get envious of them or jealous of them or anything else like that? is like so that in the day I'm in doing the thing that I do in the day I'm in even if it came from yesterday why can't I have why can't I have the things that I need to have in my life today so I don't do the things I do this means exactly that that this inventory why should I be here today and be around you today and hold some thoughts in my mind today about you, whoever you are, because I don't like you. Maybe you're black. I don't like you. Why should I have a thought like that? And I can keep a thought like that from yesterday's life. This is an inventory of me, what's disturbing to me, what bothers me. I can't live like that. I don't know what it does to you, but I sure know what it does to me. And I'm not going to do that because I can't do that no more. Because I go to hell. I, I, I live in a day that's so upside down that I can't see straight. I can't think straight. Some lousy thought that doesn't mean a damn thing, and it's not true probably anyway. This is about inventory to see me, to identify me the way I think and act from the day I'm in. An inventory of my brain, the character that I am. To be honest, self-honesty to self. That's a difficult thing. It was difficult. My sponsor hit me hard as hell. Right when I was brand new in AA, Cleveland, Ohio. And I had to know what self-honesty is. He made sure. Don't you ever tell me a lie. He get his finger in my nose. Don't you ever tell me a lie. Let's get off on the right foot here right now. He said, I'm the expert, not you. Don't you think one minute that you can lie to me. 
That was the principle he was driving home so that we could have a relationship, to start a relationship in recovery, that I could tell him the truth regardless. And this started me off on a different kind of a world. I wouldn't dream of telling him a lie. I was scared to tell him a lie. I didn't know what he would do. Even. <laughs> but this is important, what we're talking about, because your life is like my life. It's governed a lot of times by phony crap, by believing in something and thinking something, being so used to treating somebody a certain way because they are a certain person. No way, man. You can't do that. Not as an alcoholic with alcoholism. We can't. Maybe somebody else can do it, but I know I can't do it. It kills me, it hurts me, it stops me, it harms me. It makes my world a ratty world. It makes my world a place I don't want to be. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. I just think it's something else. I think it's everywhere else. But it's not. It's in me. The character that I am. I can't trust me because of my defects. I said before, I'm like a rattlesnake. One minute if I'm feeling good, I'm fine. But if I'm feeling bad, stay away from me. Why? What kind of character is that? Why should I be governed like that? Why should I all of a sudden be happy and then I'm sad? Why all of a sudden could I accept you and I can't accept you? Defects of character are coming right to the surface again. I just got through telling myself the same thing I used to tell myself, and I believe it. Uh, how can we work amends if it is not necessary to look at our past, our, our past and our past behaviors? You stated we don't have to go back to the past. No, we, uh, we'll get into that in, in step nine, eight and nine, but uh, I didn't say it that way. I said clear away the wreckage of the past. In other words, once the wreckage of the past has been cleared away, I don't have to relive and re-experience and redo things that are there that have been there. My, the door of my past can remain open. Open. So I'm not afraid of something back there that's going to hurt me today. I'm not afraid of you finding out I did something yesterday and this year I shouldn't have done because I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. See? This year... This here, what I'm talking about now, is why the 8th and ninth step are together, too. The same reason. Uh, anybody got any other questions on step 4? Otherwise, this is the last one on 4. Uh, explain defects of character versus sin. Are they the same? Well, that, that would be the same thing. It's, uh, uh, it's, what, it's what you name it. It's how you name it. Uh, that's, in your, that's in your book here, too. Uh, Religiously, I guess uh, it would mean the same thing if you're thinking in terms from the Bible or from the teaching of Jesus or anything like that. They classify wrongs as sin, uh, sins against whatever religion says. But the defects of character, I know for sure the explanation of defects of character, whatever you call them, they're still defects of character, whether you do call them sins or otherwise, because it means exactly that. The, the character... The word character, I had to learn, like I told you before, to accept that word for what it really is, because a true character, I had to look this up and I had to find it to prove to me that this is necessary and needed. And it came from Carl Jung, Carl Gustav Jung, the psychiatrist, I don't know. And he, and he don't talk about alcoholics, and it's not about alcoholism at all. But he talks about the true character that I am. And I never knew who the true character I am. The true character that I am lives and lies in the unconscious, he calls unconscious mind. Uh, it's the subconscious mind, the unconscious mind. The true person, the true character that I am, lives only in the unconscious mind, not the conscious mind. And so this meant exactly that, that whoever I am, I'm already that man. And I can do no more than be that man, because that's who I am. 
and this is sometimes a real hard nut to, to swallow or, or to look at when you think uh, your your uh, your goods offset your bad, or maybe you're so you've done so much over here that you could do so much over there because that'll offset that, and that's not true. To recognize and realize exactly who I am is pretty hard because self won't show self self. It just won't do it. I got too many excuses. I got too many other things that says I had to do that because of this. Now look what you made me do, and all that kind of crap. So defects of character, I think, as well, it's, it's good that you can do this because the moment you start it, the moment you realize what you're looking at, it's pretty. it becomes very evident, at least to me, that these are the things that I need to know about myself. This is the true self, the, the true motives, the true ideas, the true man lies here, but I can't look at it. I'm afraid to. But the inventory will at least present what's necessary that's there to throng so we can do something about it. In, in step, step five, where it says, I admit, I admit to God, to myself, another human being, the exact nature of my wrong, the major thing that I had to find in step five was the fact that all my life I can admit anything for reasons. I can, I can admit to the boss that I, I'm drunk. I can, do, I can admit things to my wife. But the things that I admit are not things that I believe, not things that I accept. To admit to God, to another human being, the exact nature of my wrongs, it got real easy, you know, to admit to, to God, because the God that I know then was a praying God. It was a God of ritual, a God of need, a God of, of petitions and everything else like that. But to admit to myself was something that I could not accept. It took me a long, long time to realize that this here world that I live in is the world of my world. I'm the one that regulates this world. I'm the one that runs hot and cold. I'm the one that does things, but I don't believe it's because I blame it on you. I blame it on because of this, because of that. And this here behavior that I had to justify that behavior, that I'm allowed to do the things I'm doing because that's the way they should be done because of you, whoever you are. And to another human being was the fact that there was some things that I did in my life I said I'd admit that no man. There was two things, in fact, that I kept kept inside of me for a long period of time. And these two things was all about the defects of character. It was all about my behavior. It was all about me. But I would not tell anybody about it. I just wouldn't do it. And so they kept me all the time, worried all the time, of being found out, worried about why I did that. What the hell is the matter with me? Man, you should have never have done nothing like that. But that was the same mind that I used to drink over all the time because even when I was drunk drinking, I had a mind that did the same thing. It relived and it experienced happenings, events that went down and they were still dragging me, it was still hurting and harming me and I could be days and weeks and months away from it and even miles away from it for whatever it was and it still was tearing me apart. It was still making me think in terms of of sickness of inside, my losing my stomach over it and all that. I had a great, I had a hell of a time with my inventory because I thought it was so rotten. I thought it was so dirty, and it was in the sense of what I did to people. And this is why, at step five, I think it's much harder to do than four. In four, it was no more than just writing, no more than looking in my mind for the real me, to see me, <clears throat> where we were five, to admit that to God, to another human being. It was easy to admit, but I would not accept it. I just wouldn't accept it. I said no inside of myself. I couldn't look for who I really was. And that stopped me in the day I'm in from going any farther. It stopped me from having a life that was there for me all the time. I couldn't touch it. I just couldn't do it. 
because I'm still carrying around, I'm still looking at me from that angle, from that perspective of these things that I have done. The step five would set me free of me, but I wouldn't do it. And I, that's why I think five is a much harder step than four. Because, you know, at first then four, you know how inventories are. You know, you'll tell there's many guys, I don't know if there's any here, but I've run across many of them that will write their inventory and then lock in the trunk of their car for months. And that isn't because they wrote the inventory. That's because of step five. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to admit it and accept it. Did you ever, have any of you guys ever done any of that? Have you ever taken your inventory and, and wrote it and then hid it? Did you ever lock it in the trunk of your car or anything like that? Not look at it. Maybe that. Have you any ever done that? Have you wrote your inventory and then say, here it is? Or did you wait? Afraid? Did you really? I know I did. I know damn well others do it too. But that isn't because of four. That's because of five. Because what you have to do in five, admit to yourself another human being and God, not only admit it, but man, you have to say, that's me. I wrote about me. I do that. I live like that. I think like that. That's me. That's me I wrote about. And then to accept that, to actually accept, accept it. To tell you this is this is really important. <clears throat> the, all of the steps are so important in building the character by principle. So that as you build the character, you're not you're not doing something and skipping something. You're not doing something so something boomerangs back on you later on. So to be happy and joyous and free means exactly that. You're free of your past. You're free of all of the, the, the rotten life, the, the thinking, the acting, the doing. To have this there, there's a process we go through. Write an inventory. You can write a million inventories. Ron here, I know, he, he used to write them all the time. We used to go through them. I, don't, I didn't fall asleep on them then, though. I don't even know if he'll take another one with me. <laughs> but, it's, but it's something that's necessary, it's needed, you know, and, and to, to become happy, joyous, and free, you know. Like, but it's something that's necessary, it's needed. You know, and, and to to become happy, joyous, and free, you know, like, you know, I was so worried, and I was so sick, and I was in such a memory of yesterdays, and I was still carrying around my alcoholism, thinking and acting for so long. There's no way that I could laugh. I'd go at meetings them days, and man, they're laughing at you last year, and I would be there wondering what the hell are you laughing at, you know, because there was nothing funny. I don't care if you told a joke and it was funny, it wasn't funny. This is the process. This is the method of living. This is building a new character. This is something that's important. I don't know if you want to be happy, joyous, and free. I don't know if you want to smile and be smiled at. Man, I tell you, I love it. I really do. I go in these markets and I go in these, let's see, where was I the other day? Uh, and this little gal, boy, she come up to me and said hello, you know, and she wanted to know if she could, and she, she was cleaning up, too. I don't remember where I was at right now. But I think, you know, hey, why the heck are they smiling at me? Why are they talking to me? You know, I know why they're doing it now, but back then, like, you know, they wouldn't do that back then. Because you're looking so mean and angry, your eyes are on the floor, and you're, you got your arms folded, and you're looking for trouble and everything else like that. Nobody wants to touch you. You transmit something. What you transmit is a mean character. You transmit alcoholism. You transmit a mind that's selfish, self-centered. You transmit something that everybody can identify. As they look at you, they see you for who you really are. These steps, believe me, is a character building. This is all about something now that is needed for my life as an alcoholic with alcoholism. If you need it, you're an alcoholic with alcoholism, believe me, this stuff here that I'm talking about is very, very important because no matter how small it might seem in your mind right now, when it's in the world out there, it's no more small because everything compounds. Everything is there, man. 
And then you find out, I wish I hadn't done that, I wish I hadn't said that. And this is why the character building has to be explained as far as in the steps of what we're doing here, why we're doing it, by principle. Questions just holding up, Michael Grimm. Uh, can we take step five with, with a clergy or a psychiatrist, or should it be with an AA member? Well, you know, that's in the book, and then step two and step five. It, it, it even says it with the, with the, uh, with the sponsor that he already knows a great deal about you and so on. But it's a, that's a preference thing, you know. So whatever makes you feel better would allow you to do more in the application. If you are scared, like I was scared, you know, to, to bring out two things and later on I had to do it, uh, it's up to you and whatever preference you think you would be, you would, would, would make you feel better. Uh, I know for sure that once I realized what this is all about, I would rather take it with a sponsor. I'd rather take it with somebody that, like any of you guys at all, any of you, uh, as far as I'm concerned, because I know what the heck it's all about. But it's not about being a moral leper or anything else like that. It's about I've, I've got something to do. And the purpose of it is to save my life. And then why couldn't I go to somebody with that mind? What am I going to try to hide? What am I going to try to do? Try to make me look good in your eyes? Baloney, man. I want to unload. I don't want to load. Um, how do you take step five in the day you're in? What's the principle behind it? Step five, when you admit to yourself, to God, to yourself and another human being, the exact, exact nature of your wrong, in principle, this is building a character. Remember we talked about the word character. To be one character, to be one character today, wouldn't that be nice to be one character today so that you wouldn't have to play roles and wear faces? please one person and hate another person, to walk each and every day as one man, one man, to do, to do the things in the day you're in, 100% of what you got, your best ability today, whether you fail or not, doesn't make any difference. To do this and consistently live like this, without looking backwards, without looking and wondering why I said something, why I did something, wouldn't that be a way to live that would be beautiful, to enjoy and be one man today without thinking in terms of faces, wearing faces for, for other people, for certain situations. Why couldn't I do this with everybody? Why can't I show you one character today? No matter what it is, just to be that character today. That's what the principles are in step five. To allow me to live in this world now. I want to live in this world. It's a good world. This world doesn't isn't affected by changes of money, about jobs, about favors for you because you're special. You got maybe you could Give me something somebody else can't give me, or, or something like that. That's what this is about by principle. To live this way. And this year, <clears throat> this year is explained to me, and it took me a long time. It, there's a lot to this now because I'm only covering a short few minutes, minutes. And so this means exactly how would you like to live today, in this day today, so that this day today is all about today, so that anything that happened yesterday, maybe somebody treated you badly yesterday. And you're still remembering it today, and then you treat them according to that. How would you like to live so that would be gone? So this this day, this presentation would be only for today, with no memory of how bad yesterday was, or how bad somebody acted yesterday, and then blame them, or accuse them, or hold it against them today. To be free of a mind that's governed by yesterday's life, yesterday's performance, yesterday's people. Not to be able to be today who I should be today. The program recovery, this is what it's all about. This is what step five is all about, too, by the way. 
so that I could do this, that I could be like this. This is character building. Now, character building isn't because of step one, I mean five, only by itself, but it's a character building process from one all the way up to 12. But we're in five. And so this life that I'm talking about all the time, it's possible to have this life today because it is today and because it isn't maybe I have all 12 steps now and I'm okay. No, it isn't. It's because of what's happening to me. It's the life that's happening to me today that guarantees me today by principle that today is fine. Today's all right. My Heavenly Father's taking care of me. No harm will come to me. That is an assurance all the time in my life, in my brain, only because of the application of these steps. Step five is really hard to do. It's really hard, a lot harder than four. It would never think of being. And then six is going to be hard again. Last question in step five. Uh, on a daily basis, would you call somebody in AA and tell them what you said or did? Would that be part of a daily step five? <clears throat> no, I don't think so. You know, uh, no, I'm not going to quarrel with that and say it's wrong because I wouldn't know that. But I do know that there's a process and there's a method that's provided for each one of us in the program recovery and application to do what it's supposed to do. And, it, and to say that that would be wrong or right or something like that, I couldn't say that. But there is a way to go, though. And the way to go is that this is about total dependency now. Total dependency, we're going to come up and farther up in the end of steps. And this means dependency on a power greater than me, which you learn to build a relationship with. And it means exactly that. That I could call you, whoever you are, in the day I'm in, sure it could. But I must have something far greater than you. And I must have a way of living so that I don't have to think in terms that that call would make it right for my life and take care of a race or make a fixed problem or anything else like that. I must not I must not think along that line. I have gotta have the fellowship and the relationship and everything else. But I gotta have, I'm gonna to have to have total dependency on something that isn't human power. And this means exactly that. So that in the steps, you know, like we'll get to step ten. So there's something in ten that needs to be done along this line, there's something in eleven that needs to be done done along this line, and also in twelve. But what it means exactly is that as the day I'm in, everything that's needed will be supplied. Regardless of what it is, provided I'm with this power greater than me in a program recovery, because this is a God consciousness of where the principles come from and where the life comes from. It doesn't come out of my brain on a scale. It doesn't come out of my brain thinking I better do this, I better do that. I respond to life and I live life according to the God consciousness that's in my mind of the character that I am. And that's exactly what this person needs back there. Now, the things that I do, I could do this, but it says there, I could call you up, whatever it is. And I do that, too, and so does others, you know, and stuff like that. And it's perfect, all right? There's nothing wrong with that. But to depend on that call to fix something, to change something character-wise, God-wise, or principle-wise, no, it's never good. It just won't do. It's needed, but not in that manner. This has to be considered now, what I'm saying. So don't take it wrong. Don't think I'm saying something different, because I'm not. I'm saying that this program recovery, the bottom line is God. The bottom line is God, all the time. But there has to be an application there so that this your power, this God, will do for me what I can't do for myself. You see, I had to learn that God will never do nothing for me that I won't let him. Now, hear what I said, because it's important. God will never do anything for me that I won't let him. So that means the power itself, way down in two, was identified. Except I'm being a power greater than so. When I go to me, I'm going to have to accept exactly whatever me can produce. There is no God there because I won't let him there. I won't allow him there. I use my will instead of God's will. The character that I am now is the character I want to be. 
and I'm going to get hurt again. I'm going to get harmed. I'm going to hurt the world. I'm going to hurt people in. I'm going to hurt myself too. So God can't come into my life if I won't let him. That's the purpose of the steps. That's why step two says what it says so I can qualify to go to three, to make a decision and turn my will and my life over the care of God as I understood it. This is important now. This is principles. These are these are application things. This means that right now, today, now, right now, any one of us, right now, can have the power of God in our life right now. The will of God in our life right now. Because that's what is needed right now. So that your thought process, your action process, the character you are, is represented by a power greater than you, which is God. When the heck would you do it otherwise? Would you wait till you get in trouble? Would you wait till you hurt the girl, your guy, or whoever it is? Would you wait till you're so full of anger and hostility? Then you're going to pray to God to come and help you? What kind of a God would that be? That's a praying God. That's a God of ritual. That's a God of favors. Why not have a living God? The God consciousness that you, you and I, as alcoholics and alcoholics, in right now, to take care of us right now. This is what the program's about. This is what the message is. This isn't about going to meetings and blowing your mind there or whatever. Sure, you've got to have the meetings. Absolutely, they're essential. But the meetings don't change the character you are. You can go to meetings and they won't, you'll never change. I know. I went for too long. I know. Why not change? The only way you can do it. The application of 12 steps. When? Now. When's now? Now is now. <laughs> Uh, that's it for stuff. You got about 20 minutes. You want to do six or you want to well, ask questions? Well, give me a couple of questions, then we'll, we'll open six up anyway. We'll start it. Okay. Um, okay, these are the questions that were left over from Gray. Uh, I have a problem recognizing when I'm doing God's will versus my own will. Uh, in our daily lives, how can I recognize a difference? How can I go through each day with peace, serenity, and having knowledge that I am, in fact, doing God's will? <clears throat> you know, these questions, they're really valid, see, because you know why? <clears throat> the message that I'm talking about is hard to hear. It's very difficult to hear. It's, and I know that, and I realize that, and I know it for me, and I know it for you, too, whoever you are. I went for so long a time, see, without this message. I went for so long a time struggling, 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 studying, studying, studying. And, it's, and it, was a, it was not offered. It wasn't presented. It just wasn't there. Because what needed to be there wasn't there. Instead of that, what was there was ego, was alcoholism, was talking about yesterday, about yesterday's troubles, tragedies, drunkenness, talking about other people, talking about your neighbor. Never once was a message say, here's the message for your life today so that you can have what you should have today. God will give you this. He'll give you the power. You can be the man you want to be through the power of God. And so this is real. The message is so so difficult. And it talks in here, you know, all through here about God's will. And it talks in, remember in three, it says when, <clears throat> it is when we try to make our will conform with God's that we begin to use it rightly. To all of us, this was the most wonderful revelation. Our whole trouble had been the misuse of willpower. We had tried to bombard our problems with it instead of attempting to bring it into agreement with God's intention for us. To make this increasingly possible, the purpose of A's 12 steps, and step 3 opens the door. And see, not these things are only words. I know that. I said them. I read them. Maybe you heard me say it right now and all that. But they're still only words. They don't mean nothing. They don't mean a damn thing. They're just like opening a dictionary up. I used to tell my sponsor even. I say, this book is just like the dictionary. 
It's got the same damn words in it, and they're just as mixed up in the dictionary as they are in here. I can't do it. He used to get mad at Ellie. I'd tell him, I'd say, that's the truth. I could read it. But they're only words. They don't mean nothing. But there is something here in Alcoholics Anonymous. There's an application. There's a performance that I could do. The reason why is because there's a power introduced in step two. This power is a power greater than me, which is God. This power that's greater than me allows me to have and do and be somebody that I can't be by myself. It's got to be understood what I'm talking about. I'm not preaching. I'm trying to drive home a point. The point that without the power greater than me, I can do no different. I can be no different. To go out in that world out there with knowledge that I'm saying right now, and then to refuse it, to deny it, to say, no, no, I want to do my own. That's like throwing that book away. It's like telling God to get out of my life. I didn't come here to struggle. I didn't come here to find more trouble. I didn't come here to relive all my dirty life. I come here because it's a program of recovery. It's a program I have to have. I'm not going to quarrel with you. I'm not going to look at you and think about your troubles and your your way of living. And Man, I'm here for me. I said that in the beginning. And that's not a selfish thing. This is something to save my life. Maybe it might save yours. But I know today, this day, today, I have to keep going forward. You know how I go forward? I go through forward through you, whoever you are. Doesn't make no difference. This is all about steps. This is about step 11, what I'm talking about right now. It's the only step that I can grow spiritually. How do I go spiritually? By myself? You think this is a self-help program? No way. This is a God-help program. I'm not going to accept life on life's terms. That's too hard. It's too severe. I'm going to accept it on God's terms. This is true. This is all about this is all about Alcoholics Anonymous. This is all about why we're here, the retreat. This is the way life God says here. I'll give you everything you need. Stay close. You be with me. You do my will. What's my will? I don't know what his will is. Yes, I do know what his will is. To do the things of day I'm in by principles. Principles will guide me, direct me, show me everything I need to know to do, to be, to act. This is this is important. These are principles. This isn't step application by numbers. You don't go out in that world out there and think I have to do 10 here, 6 here, 5 here, and all that. You don't have to remember what it says on the pages. There's no reason to remember that. You don't need to remember that. But you do need to live by principles, spirits of their nature. That's what this is talking about here. I can go through any door right now, that door there, or any door, and never have to get prepared for what's on the other side. Never. I don't have to think ahead of time how to act, think, to be, or what to say. This is this is good news, Ben. This sets me in a world that I never knew this world before. I never knew I could go through them doors and act right, think right, be right to the world, to contribute to the world, to be somebody in the world that I'm not tearing apart, not stealing, taking, grabbing from it, hurting people, and not giving a damn about them. No way, man, I can't live like that. This is all about why we're here right now. This is serious stuff. This is, now believe me, this, can you imagine, this, I, it blows me away all the time. It really does, and I have to keep saying it. Maybe, maybe you can hear it. I need to hear it. There's only 12 steps. There's about 104 pages in that book, 12 steps and 12 pages, about 104 pages. How could 104 pages take me through a life, a beautiful life? I've been over 41 and a half years. This December 13th, I'll be 42 years in Alcoholics Anonymous. Can you imagine how could 104 pages take you through a life where I have been, through all kinds of happiness, all kinds of success, all kinds of adversity, all kinds of health problems, all kinds of marriage problems, all kinds of everything. How could it do that? 
How could a lousy 12 steps, 104 pages, take each one of us from all walks of life and do the same thing? Give us a method of living, a way of life, something that's guaranteed, something that's always there, never fails. It's amazing. It blows me away. It still does today. This is all but for the grace of God. This is all the same for each one of us. That's just a request. Some of the guys are trying to follow along when you're quoting things out of the book, and somebody wrote down, please call out the page number in the book. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're good. Control is what I'm paid for at work. It's the reason I was hired. And others let me know what let me know I am frequently demanding. How can I perform my function on God's terms rather than on self-propulsion? It's the same question all the time. It really is. If they're valid, though, I'm not I'm not picking on the question. Because it's a message, like I said, it's hard to hear. It's very, very hard to hear. The reason it's hard to hear, it goes against everything that I represent. It goes against what I was taught in school and what I was taught out in the street and every place else like that. But it was always talk. I always had to win, you know, and I always had to get on top of things. I ought to have, I had to prove myself. I had to show you how right I was or how tough I was or whatever it was. And I didn't know that this character that I am, that's all I can ever do. But I have to be that character all the time. I didn't know that I could be a kind, loving, considerate person and still be a boss. I didn't know that I could have a wife and I could tell her things and show her things. I could buy her flowers today and tell her how much I appreciate her. And that doesn't make me less a man. It doesn't mean make me less a man to tell somebody in the right tone of voice with the right look how to do something. Man, I tell you, I was a service manager at Lincoln Mercury dealer. And when I got to be service manager, I come off the line as a line mechanic, and I'm tough and I'm smart, and I can do certain things well, real well. And so one of the mechanics would ask me, would I help him on a job? You know what I'd tell him? Listen. You don't fix that damn thing, I'll fire you. See, I'll fire you, man, just like that. Now, you know damn well. In Alcoholics Anonymous, I couldn't act like that today. How would I act like that today? I'd have to get drunk eventually, living in that misery and that pain and that kind of life. Why couldn't I today be kind, considered? I have been. I know I have. Why couldn't I be the same man like I talked about for whoever it is? Why couldn't I? I can. I certainly can. That's what this year is about right now. Is learning this year by talking about application, by talking about the disease when it's not treated, like we're doing right now, to recognize and identify a thought process that controls you, that makes you act and behave a certain way, which harms people, harms yourself. To identify this and recognize this, that's the purpose of the application of the steps and the purpose of a retreat like this, too. Because where would you hear this? Would you hear this at a meeting? Would somebody be up there at the podium talking about what I'm talking about now? Would they do that? I don't think so. I never heard it. But yet I need to hear it. I need to have it. And sometimes it's so it's so strange, it's so hard to think in terms that this life that I'm talking about is a life you can have indeed. It's so hard because it goes against whatever you believe. It goes against what you think you should do or need to do. This is something to talk about because, you know, I'll tell you another thing. The more information that's offered to me, not not crammed down my throat, but offered to me, at least look at it, at least identify it, really gives me a chance. It does give me a chance now. Because as I learn the steps, and as I'm applying steps, as the principles become a way of life, I'm starting now to back down from self. I'm starting to open my mind up. I'm starting to quit quarreling. I'm starting to have principles that allow me to go farther in the day I'm in. And this is, in turn, is why I came to Alcoholics Anonymous and why we're coming to a retreat and why these steps are like they are, too, by the way. 
that's good news. This isn't something I'm not going to tell you here. Here's 12 steps. Go figure them out yourself. See if you can make them work. Work the steps, whatever that means. See if that'll help you. You know, work the steps. I don't know what work the steps mean yet today. You know, I know what applying them is. I know what performing is, but I don't know what work. You know, when I read these, that's a lot of work. So, you know, that's the same thing. Questions along that line. Does the ego have a stake in keeping the old character? What would people think if I changed my character? Good thing. It's a good thing that. When when Bill was writing these steps and God you know God was right there making them write them too you know that he put them in the order form they're in and he put all of what's necessary in, in there so no matter who we are as alcoholics with alcoholism there's no loopholes there's no wiggling out there's no excuses there's no way even the word in chapter five when they use that first word in there you know they said rarely man you know if they'd have put any other word there but that you know alcoholics anonymous wouldn't work. You know, if they'd have put never in there, you know what an Alfie would have done? He'd say, that's a lie, man. This program don't work. I got drunk. Never have we seen a person fail who clearly followed our path. You know? So they put rarely. So that if there is a person around, an alcoholic around, that wants to read that, any way he wants to read it, he can't read it by saying it's wrong because it says rarely. Now, if you want to be like, you know, we were talking about that the other day about the, the, the in uh, chapter five. This is a long time ago for me, and it says in there that it says, Rarely have we seen a person fail who thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. I was a will not. I wasn't a cannot. See? So if you have trouble, just look at yourself and see if you're a cannot or a will not. See? Because I was a will not. I said, I will not do that. I will not do this. I will not do that. And I could do it. I wasn't a cannot. See? I didn't have any kind of handicap of all, anything, even a mind handicap, you know. That will not. So whenever you get in trouble, ask yourself that. You know, are you willing? Are you a will not, or are you a cannot? Six where we left off before lunch. It's been five. You know, uh, uh, we'll try this afternoon and try to cover as much ground as we can uh, in, in the application of these steps. There's a couple of these steps in there that takes maybe probably take a little longer. Maybe. I don't know. They generally do. And uh, we probably should try to get going on them. And step six is, it says, we're in, I'm entirely ready to have God remove all of my defects of character. And the first thing I have to do and I have to realize is that my principles now, by character building, the purpose of being here, coming through five steps, so I'm entirely ready now to do something about something. And it's already been established now what it is. And that's to remove all these defects of character. It says all these defects of character, not some of them. And in step six, in the last two pages, I used to give me a fit because I thought it gave me 
a cop-out, a way of taking my good old time and everything else, because I read it for what I thought was there, and it's not there, and that's just the way it is. So to, get, to, to be entirely ready means that how can I be entirely ready to do something? To have God remove all these defects of character must mean that something has happened to me, something's going on. Something is there that's possible to do now because he wouldn't put it there if it wasn't possible because it's in a it's in a sixth order form of building a character because I told you before step one to six is all about the disease of alcoholism, all about what's missing, what it is, where it is, and how it is, and what's needed, and what do you do, and all that. So to be entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character is is AA's way of stating exactly something that can be done. And <clears throat> For all of these defects, uh, you see, at one time, I didn't really know the, 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 the principle or the truth or the concept of what this is we're doing. I, I could never see beyond the words, you know. I just couldn't do it. And uh, and so here I am, and I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm thinking in terms of reading, meetings, listening, sponsorship, and all this kind of stuff like that. And then go ahead, see, in my life. Go to other steps. Go to through days, into days, into weeks, and months, and years, and never knowing, and never realizing, never looking at the that this character change is the new character now, based on principles that I live with in a day I'm in with no reference to yesterday, alcoholism, self, nothing, nothing at all. Now that's a that's a concept that's real, real strange to think of or to buy, but yet it's true. Because it's going to be like this for the rest of my life, and I don't know that. And see, and even in step six, and what's, what it says in step six, <clears throat> it says, so step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character, is AA's way of stating the best possible attitude. Remember, an attitude. What's an attitude? See, an attitude is something that's already there. It's fixed. It's permanent. It's the way it is. An attitude is already established. So it's the best possible attitude one can take in order to make a beginning on this lifetime job. Lifetime job. So what's a lifetime job? Now, you know, in, in, uh, you see back in four, in step four, in, uh, it says in four, It says in 4, it says here, uh, got it on the wrong page. So I'm talking here about what it says here, that, uh, this is the best possible attitude one can take in order to make a beginning of his lifetime job. That's step 6, and step 4 says, since step 4 is but a beginning of a lifetime practice, it is can be suggested that you first have a look at those personal flaws which have been acutely troublesome and fairly obviously, obvious. Now, see, I never looked at this, what we're doing, as something in character building, as something I'm going to use and be and do and have all the time. And yet, he says here, this is a beginning of a lifetime practice. Now, the reason I say that, though, is that step six, where it says, <clears throat> I had to get off on the right foot here. And it says in step six that I'm entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character forever. But the word forever isn't there, but it means that because it's a lifetime practice. And it means that this day, today, and after no any amount of years or no years, it means that I'm entirely ready right now by the new character to have God remove the defects of character that possibly will be there today after many years. Now, this is a guarantee, now, that makes this way of life so that I can be the character that I am, that I should be, 
And so no matter what happens, I still have I still have the power that's necessary, even when I make a mistake or fail. Because I don't walk in water, I never did, never will. But this makes sure, it gives me something now to recognize that today, this day, say I, say I, uh, say I show you some anger. That's an old defect of character. That's something I know a great deal about. That's something that's liable to boomerang back at any time of the day, at any time of whatever years I'm around. But I'm still entirely ready right now that if and when it, if it does, there is a principle in me that allows me to go ahead and have that corrected because I'm entirely ready to have God remove it today, even after it's many years later. Now, these are important things that I'm saying because I'm backed up in Alcoholics Anonymous in a method of living by a power that's created in me, which is God, so that I can keep going ahead in my life, meaning spiritually, with principles behind me so that I don't have to flip-flop around. I don't have to go and, and wind up giving up or wind up thinking, what the hell's the use? I'll never make it. Things like this. Now, these, these are important things I'm talking about because sometimes I can't see very good. And so this here makes me disturbed, bothers me, and I'm liable to react to that. I'm liable, I'm liable to get fearful, running scared. I'm liable to protect myself or overprotect myself and think I've got the right because you did something once too, too many times. And this is the old defect of character, not the new. The new is up in 10. We haven't got there yet. But we have to learn, though, as alcoholics with alcoholism, what it is you do so that you can get to 10 or wherever you're going. It doesn't make any difference. So this is part, like, step six now. Now, it, in step six, there's a couple of things uh, that are said there that are real important. It's that, like on top of page 64. Now, on top of 64, it defines in there that I came to Alcoholics Anonymous in step one, and I want God to take care of my drinking. That's all I that's all I really want. That's all I really know. And then in step three, it talks in there about how I'm dependent on a lot of things. But I don't know that in the word of the term of, of dependency or anything like that. But I still want God to take care of my alcohol. And that's step three, page thirty six. And then page thirty seven, the next page, it talks in there. It says in there, haven't been like step three, but the moment my emotional or mental independence is in question, how differently I behave, how I decide all by myself, how I shall think or act. I want God to be over here taking care of my alcohol, but leave me alone over here because I'm going to handle my life over here. This has got to be brought out and presented because the purpose of the steps now, and you go up to step six, when it says I'm entirely ready to have God remove all my defects of character forever. 64 in step six says, having been granted a perfect release from my alcoholism, why then couldn't I by the same means be granted a perfect release for many other difficulty or defect I have. That's the riddle of my existence. Perhaps the full answer lies only in the mind of God. In other words, the riddle is I want God to help me stay sober and keep me sober, but I don't want God to show me a way of life and then follow that way of life. I don't want him to interfere with my pleasures or my wants or anything else like that, but I still want him there to do what I think he's necessary to do, and that's to keep sober. And so this here it's like right now, where, I, where, I'm talk, where I'm talking about in step six. <clears throat> in step six, it talks in here, it says, but most of our other difficulties don't fall under such a category at all. Every normal person wants, for example, to eat, reproduce, and be somebody in the society of his fellows. And he wishes to be reasonably safe and secure as he tries to attain these things. Indeed, God made him that way. He did not man, design man to destroy himself by alcohol, but he did give man instincts to help him stay alive. Now, see, what that what I read out of that, and what I know to be true about this, what it says, it says, but most of our other difficulties don't fall under such a category at all. What kind of category? Well, 
They were talking here about about God in keeping me sober and in, in, in releasing me from the alcoholism and all that. And it says in here, so so in a, in a complete, very complete and literal way, all the A's have become read, entirely ready to have God remove the mania for alcohol and have their lives from their lives. And God has proceeded to do exactly that. And then it goes into that perfect release. You know? Why then couldn't He do other things? See, well He can, but I don't want Him to. The reason I don't want to because I want my will to be there and I want my pleasures and my days and my everything there. But then again, it says down below that, it says that other difficulties don't fall under such a category. In other words, my other difficulties is living. But I don't want God messing with that stuff. See, I don't want to screw around with that. Take care of my drinking, that's all. But yet it says in there, it says, every normal person wants to example to eat, reproduce, and be somebody in a society. What's eat mean? See, eat means... How about, how about asking God to help me not eat so much so I get so big as big as a hug I'm getting right now my belly. How about reproduce? What's that mean? And sex maybe, or what does it mean? See, and to be to be somebody in the in the, in, in society of his fellows. That's to be the big shot. That's to be the main man. That's to be ahead of you. That's to be recognition. So this here is what they're talking about now. It says it here. Since most of us are born with the abundance of natural desires, isn't it strange we often let these far exceed their intended purpose? When they drive us blindly, or we willfully demand that they supply us with more satisfaction or pleasures than are possible or do us, that is the point at which we depart from the degree of perfection that God wishes for here for us here on earth. That is the measure of our character defects, or if you wish, of our sins. Remember that question we asked just a little while ago, how are you going to define it? It could be either way, all depends how you want to look at it. But the most important part about this is to look at this, is that how, how come I demand more than what's necessary? How come I go to the extremes? And when I do this when I was drunk, and I do it when I was sober. How come I have to have the assurance of more of everything? I, I go out in the store and I buy toilet paper. I won't buy one roll. I'll buy ten. How come I have to buy ten? Why can't I buy one and be satisfied with that? How come I can't buy... I store up soap. I store up everything. I used to, when I smoked years ago, I used to have to buy two or three cartons and stick them in the drawer. You have to pray to run them out. So i got to have a backup there, you know, to make sure... I'm going to be okay, you know. And my whole life is like that, drunk, and then it's like that sober. Because of what's going on in my life, you know. I'm not entirely ready to have God in my life for everything. I'm entirely ready to have him in here for what I know is trouble, what I know is for for uh, adversities of any kind. To have this, though, how can I have this here, what they're talking about here? Because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beginning of a lifetime job. And what's the beginning of a lifetime job? Trying to live in the day I'm in without the rat race. Trying to live in the day I'm in so that these things that are bothering me before, like defects of character, they're not there. They're just not there. But how are they not there? See, this is something now. If I'm entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character, what does that mean? And how would he remove them from me if I keep using them? How would he move, remove them from me if that's what makes my life go in the day I'm in? Defects of character from down and four, four, five, and six now. And so six has got to be, uh, it's got to be something to look at to consider as a happening today, this day right now, because this is a character building by principle. If this principle or this here step application is left out, then I'll have to again keep facing the same things all the time. I'll do a performance and then I'll do another performance just like it again, 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 all the time. This is the only way I know how to act, the only way I know how to live and how to do. And yet, though, it's talking in here, it tells you, now, step six is a big, big step. It has to be a big, big step, because what follows step six is something I can do, but I can't do it unless step six is presented, because the next step won't allow me to do what it's supposed to do to have that step. 
So this is a qualifying thing. Just like, remember I said two, qualified me to get into three. Without two, I couldn't get I couldn't get into three. Because I still have the same thing with me all the time. I still believe in me. And step three said, no, don't believe in me. Believe in this, your God. Now we're up here in six. And six is is, uh, is strictly uh, the same reason, same way, character building, by principles. The six in here talks in here about we must... What we must recognize now is that we exult in some of our defects. We really love them. Who, for example, doesn't like to feel just a little superior to the next fella, or even quite a lot superior? Isn't it true that we like to let greed masquerade as ambition? To think of liking lust seems impossible, but how many men and women speak love with their lips and believe what they say so they can hide lust in the dark corners of their mind? And even while staying within conventional bounds, many people have to admit that they their imaginary sex excursions are apt to be all dressed up as dreams of romance. Self-righteous anger can also be very enjoyable. In a perverse way, we can actually take satisfaction from the fact that many people know us, for it brings a comfortable feeling of superiority. Gossip barbed with our anger, a plight form of murder by character assassination, has a satisfaction for us, too. Here we are not trying to help those we criticize, we are trying to pro proclaim our own righteousness. Now, you know, I talked uh, up at the other uh, San Lorenzo, I talked this, about this, uh, about how alcoholics mean what they say. Now, I don't know if you know this or even think of it or, or would you even consider it. But, you know, everything an alcoholic says, including me, there's a basis now. There's a backing behind that. And I mean what I say. So if I jokingly say something to you about your behavior, maybe your nationality, maybe the color of your skin or something like that, believe me. There's something behind that, or I really mean that. I don't kid. Alcoholics do not kid. They don't tell jokes. They might come up and slap you on the back and call you a dumb Polak or something, but believe me, right behind that, there's something behind that. And that's the character that I have to expose. And that's the character that I am. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about how I'm going to fit in this world so that I can live in a world that's a good world. And it's a world in there that I'm not hurting people. I'm not taking advantage of situations of of your of your presence or anything else. The same thing is right now. I am responsible right now for my actions, my thinking, my life, to you, whoever you are, wherever I am. And this has to be important now. Because you know I walk around with a brain that's loaded, it's full of anger, it's full of hate, fears, it's full of yesterdays. And this is step six now. To be entirely ready to have God do something for me, I'm gonna to have to have it so that he can do it. And this means exactly that. That why should I go ahead and just think in terms that this step means nothing no more than just a reading, just a memory thing or anything else like that? Why can't I genuinely, really, really, honestly, genuinely have these defects of character that are keeping me in a world that I don't want to be in? Why can't I have that removed? I can't. I really can't. I know I can. I know how to do it. I know what it is. But it's not. It's never in the future. And it certainly can't come from the past. So what is it? It's an application. Of doing things today with here, but just backing me up to what to do, what to say, how to say it. To actually do something today so I can be somebody other than who I am because I can never do no more than what I can produce. And I finally accepted that. I'm up in step six. I'm way up in six now. Way down in two and three. I learned a great deal about who I am and what I need. And this is why I can go now in step six because the performance that I do in step six right now isn't coming from this old file cabinet of mine where it tells me all these things I have other things to do and say and be. To ask God to do something for me that I can't do for myself. How would I do that? Would I go ahead and I pray to God and then turn around and treat you like dirt? Would I do that? Is that what it means that I'm allowed to go ahead in the day I'm in 
to do as I damn please because it affects me or you affect me or whatever it is that we're talking about at the time. There must be something here that each one of us has to look at. We have to we have to become aware of it. You have to present it to yourself. You have to see it so you don't walk out in that world out there and think in terms like I used to think. I used to think out there that everything I did was okay because I was sober. Everything I did, I'm, I'm sober, I'm working, I'm doing everything right, but you're wrong. And yet though the same defects of character that I used to make me drink are the same defects of character that I'm using today and it hasn't got a damn thing to do with drinking. Except six. There's so much in six now because the qualification in six is there's something to do in a character building and it has to be exposed because I cannot go farther from this. If there's still defects of character in me that I have not or do not want to let God correct or take or, or be with God for that reason even, I'll have to stand still where I'm at because I wouldn't dare go ahead any farther. Because from there on, I'd have to operate alone again, just like I did before. I would have to be the power again. I would have to be the man that I always have been. And then if I am, I'm going to bring the whole package with me. Because, you know, I used to think in terms that me as an alcoholic, I thought that just because I had trouble over here, over here I'm an angel. Everything's fine over here. But over there, I just it's, it's, a, it's a problem, see? And I think I can act over here with this vengeance or this vicious mind or whatever it is I do. And then I think I can live over here happy, joyous, and free. That's not, that's impossible. The reason it's impossible is because the disease of alcoholism is a complete disease. It's a total disease. It's a mind-controlling disease. It's a method of living. It doesn't come in inches. It doesn't come just slow, subtle, or anything else like that. Bam, just like that, it's on. Just like that. Full, a full blast of alcoholism comes from a full blast because... One thing, one thought will trigger it. One thought, and self takes over. But self don't just take over one place. Self becomes self again. Here comes the aberrated mind. Here comes all of my past. Here comes everything I represent, me. And only one thing triggered it. And before, I used to think that I could get away from this by one area of my life is wrong because it's wrong. No, it isn't. My whole life is wrong. When one part of me is wrong, it's all wrong. This is more pronounced. This will be more evident in the next step. But this here is important to talk about now because I was under me, I, me, only me. I was under the impression that the, the length of time, the meetings, the reading, the 12 steps, everything were qualifying things that made my alcoholism get better. But you see, the character doesn't change. And so this here has to be shown why it don't change. And why it don't change is because of the same thing that brought me here, a disease of the mind called alcoholism. It's still present. It's never a wasn't. You don't treat it, no way can you treat it, and it's gone. It doesn't go. It's not the kind of thing that does go. If you, if you and I could lock up our disease in a safe somewhere and keep it there, and then we could walk free, man, wouldn't that be something? That would be just like getting a head transplant or something, you know. But it's, but it's nothing like that. It just isn't like that at all. It's alive. It's called an ism. It means now. And this ism, it never changes, but it grows and it gets worse. It gets more damaging. It gets more powerful. The only reason why is because so does my mind. My mind grows. My mind sees better. The only thing different again, now you remember what the main thing we're talking about all the time is why, what the purpose of Alcoholics Anonymous is here on this earth. It's to treat alcoholism. And alcoholism is described already as a mind. It's a mind. It's a mind that's hurt. It's a disease of the mind, not the body. And so this here disease of the mind is who I am. 
These, all of these defects of character. Anything about me. There's not a damn thing I can do about it except build a new character. They'll have to build a new character through the program recovery, which is God in the steps. It's always talking about being a new character, about doing something now that I can do that I couldn't do before. And that's why the steps are in the order form they're in. So that this is not a, this is not, uh, a way of life that, uh, that would fit only certain ones at certain times for certain reasons or anything like that. This is a total character building with soundness of mind, sanity of mind, wholeness of mind. It started a long time ago in two, and now it's still up in whatever step you're in because the character building started way back then and we're carrying it through. So what I used to run scared of or the way I used to think, I don't think that way now. I don't run scared now. It's there. All I have to do is call upon it, and then self is in the picture again, and here comes the whole package again. All of my past is my future. I'm doing it again. That's a, you know, this is a concept that's hard to buy. It really is hard to hear. Because all the time I'm thinking in terms, what's the problem? What's the problem? We're sitting here, we're having a ball. We're a mile from the home and everything's cool. No, it ain't cool. The only reason it's cool right now is because we got the grace of God on us right now. Because your mind isn't in the sewer right now. Mind goes in the sewer all the time by itself. And I don't want it there. And I don't need to have it there. But I can't keep it out of there. By myself, it's impossible. But this program of recovery is a program of recovery to do exactly what these these questions are talking about. That this life that I have now, there's a guarantee here for each and every one of us. And the guarantee is always the same. My Heavenly Father will take care of me. No harm will come to me. This is all about AA. This is about living in the world I'm in now, and I want to live in it. This is a good world. This is a world that doesn't attack me, doesn't hurt me, doesn't harm me. But see, to believe this, to know this, I can't just say that. It's not just words. Words don't mean nothing. But what's going on inside of me is what counts. And I know for sure right now that this year life that I have is genuine, it's real, it's going on. It's not something that starts and stops. It's not something that all of a sudden I lose it. I have to go to another building and find it or something like that. This is true, what I'm talking about now. This is a way of life that's continuous because the character is a continuous character with God. Character. Is a character an action or a person or the word character? Well, as I told you before, the word character, I didn't like it one time because it was a word that I associated with nothing but pain and misery and harms and hurts and everything else. But it was only a name. I really was that character. I really lived that life I said I lived. And it wasn't something I just said. It was something I did. I lived it. I had it by the same token. Put that in reverse about Alcoholics Anonymous. Do you think for one minute I could go to bed tonight or I could live tonight or I could look at you right now with the old character and think good thoughts? Do you think that I could do that? I could never do that before. The minute I got with self, the whole world turned upside down. The whole world was just sucked. The whole world was the same world I used to know at one time. And, and it didn't make a difference if I had money or didn't. If I had a car, I didn't. A girl, if I didn't. I had a home, if I didn't. A motorhome, motorcycles, dune buggies, everything. And I still was the same man as I was drunk. And I thought all these things were qualifying things. They're not. Because I'm the same man inside I've always been. If you took these things away from her, you gave it. It made no difference. The character remained the same. How do I distinguish character defects and character assets? Well, you know, when I first come here, I'll tell you what, I used to, I used to hear this. And I don't, not, for me only not. 
I don't believe this though, you know. They were always talking about telling me, well, put down your good assets. You know, not just not just your bad asset, your bad defect. Put down your your good stuff, the stuff that, you know, you, you credit with. Well, let me tell you, I learned a long time ago in the world I lived in, it wasn't the good things that would hurt me. It was the bad things. It wasn't the goodness of me that kept me drunk. It was the badness of me. I didn't have that goodness in me. I couldn't produce nothing of genuineness, nothing that was real. Everything I produced was strictly coming from an injured mind, a sick mind, a mind that's hurt, aberrated, distorted, a mind that's in the sewer, the mind that keeps going to self itself. What good would everything come out of that? What asset would come out of that mind? It couldn't be. Not my life, it couldn't. My goodness never got me drunk, but my badness did. I'll tell you that. My badness kept me in the world of hurt and harm of people, places, things. To gain an open mind is one thing, but how do you keep it forever? Say it again. I wouldn't want to have to answer it. <laughs> to gain an open mind is one thing, but how do you keep it forever? Well, forever is only today. That's that's for sure. And Alcoholics Anonymous, that's pretty well understood. We have a daily reprieve here. We don't have a lifetime reprieve. That's for damn sure. And so that's pretty obvious to have. The life that I can have is only in the day I'm in because that's the only day I live in. If I had the power to take this into any area of my life or something like that, I wouldn't need to come here in the first place. This has got to be established right away. That's why step two is in the second position so you can qualify to have three, which is a God in your life. There's no, there's no way that you can look at this like it's a future thing or it's a thing that is permanent, that's going to always be there or anything like that because I don't live forever and I wouldn't even know what the hell to do tomorrow because tomorrow isn't here yet. But I sure know what to do today and today is the day that I get drunk in. Today is the day I do harm in. Not tomorrow. The assurance, I, I always have to have the assurance that I have today's life today for what it is. Last question on six. So trust God and clean house does not mean trust God and take an inventory? Sure, it means exactly that. But trust God and clean house means what it says it means. My house is my mind. Before, I used to think in terms that, that my house means the cleanliness I have in my home or anything else like that. Where I don't keep anything there and I keep it all read up and everything else. And trust in God with no more than believing in God, no more than that. And from that, that's the best understanding or the best awareness of the best situation I could look at as far as what it is. I don't think it means that. Trusting God and clean house means exactly what it says. I've got a mind that needs needs to be straightened out. I have a mind that's a power. It's where I live. I live in my mind. I don't live in a building. I live in my mind. My whole world is in my mind. I don't know if yours is. Mine is. Because that's where everything is. That's where disaster, trouble. That's where happiness, success, that's where women are. That's where everything is, is in my mind. I used to call it my brain because I couldn't quite get to it. And it's not a brain, it's a mind. I can weigh my mind, it's that, that thing up in my head, but my, my, I mean my brain, my mind is my feelings, my attitude. This is down here, what they're talking about, the true man lies here in his mind. His mind is his heart and soul, and that's not the beating heart. So to have this, what I'm talking about, I don't need to know all this stuff in the matter. You have to describe it. I know it only because it's there to look at. The mind, the mind is not the brain, but it is the power itself. It is everything I represent. It's all it's where everything is stored. That's where, that's where my computer lies, is in my mind. The file cabinet, full of me. Step seven. Step seven. Step seven.
Step seven, humbly ask God to remove my shortcomings. It's a misleading the way it says, because I never knew in the beginning what that meant. Because it says remove my shortcomings, I thought there was something there that I had to have taken out of me because it was something that was in there, like a defect, but it's not. So this here is step seven, where it says, humbly ask God to remove my shortcomings, is that there's shortcomings I had to find out first enough just exactly why the word shortcoming is being used and why it's printed the way it's printed for the whole for the whole step. And shortcomings I had to learn are things I fall short of, things that I lack, things that are not there, things that should be there that are not there. there to remove it means only to remove whatever it is stopping me from doing something, not to remove a shortcoming, because a shortcoming is something to do. See, I had a guy, an alcoholic, talk to me about this, and this was a long time ago, but the way he approached it is, and he talked to me about it, because I was having a lot of time in AA and a lot of work and everything else like that, as service work or as Paul Stepping and everything else, is he told me that he thought there was something missing in my life that should be there. He said, I think so. He said, why don't you hear me out? He said, don't quarrel with this. Just to see if there's anything there that you can benefit from. He said, I'm going to tell you something, he said, about the difference between defects of character and shortcomings. And he said that defects of character were always something that I did that I shouldn't do, and shortcomings were always something I should do that I'm not doing. So then he went on to explain this from there. He started to tell me about a toothpick. He said, if there's a toothpick on the floor, especially in your own home, pick it up. And I asked him, why should I pick the toothpick up? He said, well, if you don't pick it up, somebody else will have to. But what he was doing, he was starting to show me that in the world I live in, <clears throat> there's a performance that I have to do. Now, this performance I have to do is going to be different than what I normally are or what I, the way I think to do. Because before this now, you see, I'm, I've always been a taker. I've always been looking out to me. I've always been taking things, and whether not just material things, but even friendship or anything else. I've been a, I've been a taker selfishly. And I got selfish and self-centered years ago, and here I am in step seven, and I've already went through six steps, and I'm still that same character as a selfish character. I'm still looking at me first. You take care of me, and we'll be friends. You be my friend, then I'll be your friend. I'm, I look at situations in life. I'm always from the wrong. I'm perverse. I'm at this end of the stick instead of this end. I'm always trying to make something happen differently so that I benefit, so that I, that I get something out of it. This business of picking a toothpick up isn't really about a toothpick. It could be, but it's not really. But what it's about is about doing something that I should do. The reason I should do it is I recognize it. Not only do I recognize it, but it's something that's going to help me in my life and the character that I am. And this goes into other areas and other places now. And so this was a hard nut to swallow at first, but then later on it got a little bit more because as I lived my life knowing these things, things got different because of what I was doing. Shortcomings, I had to start out with simple things first. And simple things then is recognizing something to do and then do it. And do it because I want to do it. Now, I'm not going to do it under protest, but I want to do it. But I don't know what to do, so help me see what to do. It's like holding the door open for somebody. Now, I held many doors open for people before, but I did it, and I did it because I was supposed to do it. I didn't know there's a responsibility on me for a lot of things to do that I'm supposed to do by the character that I am with God. That this is important now, what I'm talking about. And what the way I had to see, start seeing this now is the fact that it's like a street guy when he hits you for money. Now, a long time ago, this is way before street, street people around. I used to, every now and then, I'd run into somebody, even when I was drunk, 
going down to the Cleveland Arena down there for hockey games or six day fight or whatever it was. Somebody would hit me for some money. They'd be out there and he'd bum me some money and man, I'd bite their head off. I'd just rip them apart. Thinking in turns, why don't you go to work and all this kind of stuff. Then when I get sober, I still got that same attitude again about people, life, situations. Certain places I'm okay, other places I'm not okay. And so this got to be important to me because this was starting now about a fact of living in a world that man this God's world and giving itself, not necessarily money now, but giving itself, contributing to the world because there's a lot to do in this world for others, but I don't know how to do that. And so this here is a new venture for me, a new open mind for me about the step seven is all about. And so here it is, I'm, I'm, I'm in a day today and I've got many, many things. I can't count my blessings because I don't know what they are. I don't recognize them as blessings. They're things I bought because I got some money and stuff like that. But I'm not even aware that God's given me a world where I can live in it and I can make money and I can have things and I can appreciate these things, but I also know where they come from. And they certainly don't come from my work just because I'm a smart guy or work long hours or anything else like that. There's opportunity here in Alcoholics Anonymous for me to grow spiritually. To grow spiritually, I'm going to have to make a beginning someplace. And this is where it starts. This is going to man and God. Now, you know, in step, in step seven, it talks in the, in the beginning of seven. I think I said it last night. And it says here, since this step specifically concerns itself with humility, we should pause here to consider what humility is and what the practice can mean to us. Indeed, the attainment of greater humility is the foundation principle of each of these 12 steps. For without some degree of humility, no alcoholic can stay sober at all. Nearly all ages have found, too, that unless they develop much more of this precious quality that may be required just for sobriety, they still haven't much chance of becoming truly happy. Without it, they cannot live to much useful purpose or in adversity be able to summon the faith that can meet any emergency. Now, this is real. Now, this is true. This is what I was talking about before, about where I where I have been and what I have done with the assurance that my Heavenly Father will take care of me. No harm will come to me. And this is only because of the relationship of thanking God, praising God, thanking God, acknowledging God's presence, acknowledging where I'm at today only be much for the grace of God, just like here today for all of us and any of us. This is important to know about because humility and humbleness is something that I always did. I, at one time, I wanted credit. I wanted acknowledgement. I wanted the pat on the back. No matter what I did, for who, it didn't make a difference. Why, anybody, it doesn't make no difference. Never once could I do anything because of the, the kindness or the goodness of my heart to help somebody and to add something to their life by giving them me or whatever it is so they benefit. No way, man. I never thought that way. I always thought in terms, man, if I give you five bucks, I'm five bucks short. You know? This is a this is a different world, man. This is an entirely different world. It started with a lousy toothpick on the floor. And I said, what's a toothpick got to do with it? It's got a lot to do with a lot of things. Because you see, my attitude towards life is stingy. So, my attitude towards life is, that's your job. I did my job, now you do your job. My attitude is, I, I'm supposed to do this and only this and I ain't going to do any more. You see, this is a hell of a life to live like that. Because this is part of what they said before in step one, that my life's unmanageable. Here I am, I'm sober and I'm going into some years of my life still unmanageable. It's unmanageable because I don't know how to live so that it stays the way it should under the grace of God. I step out of the picture and then next thing you know, here I am in trouble again. I'm pushing and shoving. I'm saying this, saying that. There's so much to say about this right now where I'm at now about things that I don't know about you, but I know for me, there's things about me in the day I'm in that I believe 
that I don't need to even consider it. Don't even look at it. I can walk past it. I don't have to pay attention to it. And yet my mind says there's something there to do. God will keep giving me intuitive thoughts, ideas. And I'll say, no, I don't want to do that. He'll put a guy, like a street person, hit me in for some money. And I'll say, no, I ain't going to give him no money to hell with him. You know, let him go out and get a job of his own. Here it is. In the day I'm in, I'm in a car. It's mine. I got the title to the damn thing. I got some money in my pocket. Here's a guy that says, have you got an extra buck? And I say, no, I ain't going to give you an extra buck. My God says, here, I'm going to show you something that's going to make a better man of you today. Listen and watch and see what to do. If I would have gave him a buck, you know what that would have done for me? That would have gave my mind some peace. That would have gave my mind some gratitude. That would have gave my mind It makes my mind more easier, more mellow, more soft. I don't have to go around now wishing I'd have gave him something later on down the line, like I generally did. <laughs> Kick myself in a hind end because I didn't do something God told me to do it, and I said, no, I ain't going to do that. This is a great life. This is a beautiful life. But it's a performance by a character that God says I can be. Step seven, believe me now, step seven. Man, you can stay in step seven. We can stay in step seven for another day or so and never even begin to finish it. Because step seven has so many things in here that have to be recognized. On page 71, when it talks in here, it says, In already striving, so many of them well-intentioned, are crippling handicapped. This is in step 771. Our crippling handicap has been our lack of humility. We had lacked the perspective to see that character building and spiritual values had to come first, and that material satisfactions were not the purpose of living. Quite characteristically, we had gone all out, confusing the ends with the means. Instead of regarding the satisfaction of our material desires, but as the means by which we could live and function as human beings, we had taken our satisfaction to be the final end and name of life. Well, that's what I did, too, because, you see, I wound up going right away to work and saving money and buying, I bought a brand new Mercury, and then a brand new Lincoln, a brand new house, brand new $200 suits back in 54. $200 suits was really a nice suit. And I had all these things going for me, you know. Then I had a motorhome, and I had a bike, motorcycle. Then I had dune buggy. I used to race on the desert all the time. I used to water ski. Man, I was a jumper and I was a swallow guy. I was really living high on a hog, you know. But you see, the rest of me was no good, though. My mind was no good. I was angry. I was impatient. I was intolerant. I put my boat down and broke down a ramp. Get the hell out of my way and let me get my boat down there, you know. And I was pushing and shoving, you know. And everybody going by me, don't go by so fast. Don't make the water rough. I don't like rough water. You know, all my mind, see, the character that I am, I'm the same character. And I'm living in a beautiful world, man. I got a world that's beautiful. I'm going places. I'm seeing people, not alcohol, I'm seeing people, any people. And they're nice people. They're not nice to me, man. Get out of my way. There's other things to go on. There's other things to do. This is true now. This is true what I'm talking about. But it's the purpose of coming here. It's the purpose of AA. It's the purpose of set. So that I don't have to go out in the world and live like that. Live like a drunken, just like a drunken behavior was so there. All of these things that I'm talking about, I've experienced them. This isn't something I read. This isn't out of any of the babies I worked with, my sponsor or anybody. This is my life I'm talking about. So why not have the advantage yourself, personally? It says so in your book. It says so on page 59 in the fourth step that I had to have human help. Human help. God's help and human help. So what's that mean? That means exactly what we're here for. Why not? Like my sponsor said. He told me, I'm going to take the bumps out of the road for you. This is not a trial and error program. This is a sure-fired hit every time. 
He said, you listen carefully. I'm going to give you everything I got to help you in your life so that you can go farther with what you have. And that's, that's exactly what this program recovery. This is exactly brotherly and harmonious action. To find a way of life so you don't have to go through a period of a trial and error or a period of maybe five years or whatever years you spend and then wake up to the fact that you could have done something different. You could have done something different. You did have a good wife. You did have a good girl, a good job or whatever it was. Why lose it all and have to struggle and then try to find it again? Why not find it the first time? Why not find it now? Why not, why not use the program of recovery instead of just saying, no, oh, hell, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. That was an attitude I had all the time. I thought that everything made me less a man. I thought for sure that everything I did made me less a man and just the opposite. It made me a better man, a better man to me, not to you. It made the world I lived in a good world. And this is now step seven. Now, step seven, I'll tell you, there's a hell of a lot to talk about in step seven. Step seven says this. It says this. <clears throat> I never thought of making honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God the daily basis of living. This lack of anchorage, any permanent value, this blindness to the true purpose of my life produced another bad result. For just as long as I was convinced that I could live exclusively by my own individual strength and intelligence, for just that long was a working faith and a higher power impossible. This was true even when I believed that God existed. I could actually have earnest religious beliefs which remained barren because I was still trying to play God myself. As long as I placed self-reliance first, a genuine reliance upon a higher power was out of the question. That basic ingredient of all humility, a desire to seek and do God's will, was missing. Oh, man, I'll tell you, this is going to be something special. This is going to give me a chance now, with an open mind, so that I could look at something now to see what's really here, what it's really saying. Just exactly, what does this mean? This is this is true. It talks in here, it says, for the for, for me, the process of gaining new perspective, perspective was unbelievably painful. It was only by repeated humiliation that I was forced to learn something about humility. It was only at the end of a long road marked by successive defeats and humiliation in the final crushing of my self-sufficiency that I begin to feel humility as something more than a condition of groveling despair. It's that every newcomer in Alcoholics Anonymous is told and soon realized for himself that his humble Admission of powerless over alcohol is the first step towards liberation for his paralyzing grip. This is where the steps here. I had to learn now. I'm looking inwardly now. I have been for a while about the character I am. I had to learn now that this humility and humbleness is all about me doing something because I need to do it. I have to do it. It means of giving itself. It means now that this life that I'm in, I'm not first. You're first. I have to consider you. This would be something now to look at like I looked at it before. I used to live in an empty world, a world of my own. I could do as I damn please because I'd never seen you and never considered you. It was like I was a hermit living in a cave somewhere with just me as in there. Then I could just I do as I damn please in there because there's nobody else around. Well, here I am now. I'm in another world. I'm in a world where there's other people. I, and I am responsible for my behavior, for my actions, for what I do because these other people, in regards to who they are now, they don't have to be people in the house just people in the world, that I am responsible of how I act, what I say, what I do. And this is not for them, but it's for me. It's not for them. I'm not doing it to please you. But I am doing it because this is the thing that's going to make me, in the day I am, be somebody by the power of God. 
I want to be this man. The guy says, I'll show you how to do it. But first you must do as I say, not as you say. This is what step seven is about. Because humility and humbleness just means less of self. self I don't have self-recognition. This is where I can learn. Step seven is where I can learn now. You thank me and I'll thank my Lord. You tell me something and I'll tell God I'm thankful to have you in my life. I give God credit for everything there is. No time, no ever. A long time ago, we started, I was talking about in the beginning, how I used to put guys and I'd spend money and I'd and do things, but I was blowing my horn there. I'd go back to the meeting and I'd tell the guys at the meeting all about my good work, all about how much I'm helping this guy, that guy, how much money I'm spending, what I'm doing. And they'd tell me, Anderson, you better go out and do it again. Because you didn't get no credit for that. The horn you blew just then is the only recognition you'll ever get. Why don't you keep your mouth shut? He said, you know, this is what they used to talk to me, you know. They'd say, why don't you keep your mouth shut and go out and do that now? Don't tell anybody. Maybe God will help you. So this is exactly what this step is all about here. Step seven. It talks in here. It says, uh, no, it's the next page. It says here, but when we, when I or we have taken a square look at some of these defects, have discussed them with another, and have become willing to have them removed, our thinking about humility commences to have a wider meaning. By this time, in all probability, we have, or I have gained some measure of release from our more devastating handicap. I or me enjoy moments in which there is something like real peace of mind. To those of us who have hitherto known only excitement, depression, or anxiety, in other words, to all of us, this newfound peace is a priceless gift. Something new indeed had been added, where humility has formerly stood for a force feeding on humble pie, it now begins to mean the nourishing greeting which he gives serenity. And you see what they're saying here, so see, step seven, remember in building the character, and remember this, that there were things that I was doing in building the character from the step application, so the character that I am can change. And they're talking in here, it says, but when we have taken a square look at these defects, what does that mean? What step does that mean? When we have taken a square look at some of these defects, See, that's step four. It says, have discussed them with another. See, that's five. And it says then, and have become willing to have them removed. That's step six. Our thinking about humility commences to have a wider meaning. You see what they're saying there is that the method in the program recovery, the way of life, something's happening. But this is application. This isn't reading. This isn't something now you close the book and it's gone. You don't have to pay any attention to it. The building of the characters is a building of the characters that I am today according to the will of God and the application of the steps so I can have today exactly what it says here and what the intent of this is for. The program of recovery. It is a program of recovery. But it's never a program of recovery of yesterday. It's not a program of recovery of tomorrow. It's a program of recovery of a character building that I am the character today that does the things that are needed to be done today so I can stay in today with the power of God and the method. Not the alcoholism, not the yesterdays. See, there's no qualification in the disease of alcoholism other than the disease of alcoholism. So no matter who you are as an alcoholic, man or woman, big or small, doesn't make no difference whether you're dumb, smart, rich, poor, doesn't make no difference you're black, you're white, whatever you are. doesn't mean them are not qualifying things. The qualifying things is the disease of alcoholism. So that you and I, regardless of who you and I are, we can have something now that we never could have before. And that's this way of life today, this day. This is the world that God says, I'm going to give you this world, but first you're going to have to do something now to stay here and to be here. That's what this is about now. In step seven, 
It says, during this process of learning more about humility, the most profound result of all was a change in our attitude, my attitude toward God. And this was true whether I had been a believer or unbeliever. I began to get over the idea of the higher power was sort of a bushwick sentence to be called upon only in emergencies. The notion that I would still live my own life, God helping a little now and then, began to evaporate. Many of us, me, had the thought of myself, religious woke to the limitations of this, this attitude. Refusing to place God first, I had deprived myself of his help. But now the words I myself and nothing the Father do the works begin to carry a bright pop promise and meaning. What they're describing here, they're telling me something here that I can have. They're telling me something here that's needed for me today, this day. This isn't a reading process to see, boy, I agree with that, now let's go on, see, and then forget this, see, that's nothing like that. This is a textbook. This is a learning thing. This is an application way of living that I came here for, for me, not for you. I came here to learn how to do this so I can be like this. So this is important to realize. I had to get over the idea that the higher power was sort of a pushling pinch-hitter to be called upon only in emergencies. The notion I would still live my own life, God helping a little now and then, began to evaporate. You see, God was never in my life when I was drinking. And then I learned to have a God in my life here in Alcoholics Anonymous. And after I found this God, I still kept saying, oh, I need your help here and you there. And the reason the way I did that, I kept associating my life to God only when I was in trouble, only when I thought it was needed. Here it says, no, this is different now, entirely different. We've come a long way in Alcoholics Anonymous in the program of recovery because this is now... Coming all the way down, when I was looking for my defects, imagine, without to look for these defects by myself. You see, I did something in three. I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to care of God as I understood him. And my will and my life is from that moment on. So that means that he has his power in my life according to his will so that I could do step four. But you see, I built a character that I'm taking with me. I didn't do step four and then walk away from it. I didn't do step four and then leave God back in four, and leave four back where it was, thinking that that's the end of it, and now I'll do five and six and so on. I'm taking something with me because I need to take this power and this method as a new character. I have to draw from it. I have to use it. It has to be with me. This has this is a concept that I couldn't get for a long time because I kept losing it. I kept getting down the line somewhere, and just the mere one thought, mere one anger, the one, one thought of anything at all, put me right back in the disease 100%. Full, I'm on full here. And so this is showing me now that I don't have to do this. I can have something, like it says here. God helping it a little now and then began to evaporate. See, all of a sudden now here is something I can start walking and talking. This is where that God consciousness that I was talking about starts to be in my mind. The God consciousness is in my mind. Now you see, at one time, a long time ago, I thought they were refer- this here refers like religion, like dogma, ritual, uh, building places, kneeling, praying, and all that. It isn't nothing like that. This isn't even about praying. This is living in the world of today with a power behind me. It's not me. Man, I'll tell you, that's awful difficult to realize. And I, and I have a lot of friends here, and I love you guys. I really I met some new people. And, you know, I have people in this room that, that I feel really good around and, and uh, that I can really say I love them. You know, I really love them, and, and I know that they care uh, a lot about me. So, thank you very much. Alex? 
My name is John. I'm an alcoholic. I'm really happy to be here, and I thank Bob for being able to come up and be here with us again and facilitate this group. Uh, it means a lot to me, and I got a lot out of it last year, and I'm getting more out of it this year because I have more of a receptive mind to what you've been talking about. And I didn't have a real receptive mind in the game of here last year. I was searching. I still didn't have a clarity in my mind of, of what this ism part was all about. I've been around here a long time, let me tell you, and it's not been good, you know, a lot of it. You know, I was around here for that two and a half years you're talking about. I did that for seven and a half years, you know, and I stayed stark raving sober around here for seven and a half years. And I did exactly what I had. Building, places, kneeling, praying, you know, it isn't nothing like that. This isn't even about praying. This is living in the world of today. With a power behind me, it's not me. Man, I'll tell you, that's awful difficult to realize. That's hard to get through my brain. Because I'm always thinking in terms of me in there, figuring out life, me doing this, me doing that. Why can't I act the way I should act without me? Well, I can. I do. So this is what this is about. The message here isn't a message that you're going to turn God on and off. You're not going to go ahead and say, God, help me here. And then walk away from that and leave God back there. And then when you get in trouble, say, help me again. Why can't God help you all the time with a God consciousness? Why do you have to get in trouble? And then call. Man, can't you walk with a good, clean brain? I can. This is true. Now what I'm talking about, I ain't preaching to you. I'm telling you something I did. Whether or not you do it, I'd never know it. I don't even know if you need it. I don't even know if you want to do it. But it's a message. It's a message for me, just like it is for you. I can't live on yesterday's sobriety, yesterday's happiness, yesterday's prayers. You, whoever you are, and I'll call it anonymous, keep me going forward all the time. Whether you know it or not, you do. Because you see, my life is banking now on association to everyone in my life today so that I can be somebody today who I should be through the power of God. This, again, is not a health self-help program. This, again, is strictly God help program. Now, this time, right now. Step seven is where I had a breakthrough. I really had a breakthrough. I really found a way of life in step seven through another alcoholic. And it was all about a toothpick on the floor. This could go in farther and farther all the time. It's the same thing as walking in your own house and doing something in your own house that you normally, it isn't your job to do, like I used to come home. Then I looked at life. Then I looked at life as, as I did things. I did it because... They were supposed to do them. That's my job. Whatever that is, it could be cutting grass. So I'll go out and cut the grass. I won't do the dishes. The hell with the dishes. That's her job. <laughs> See, I mean this now, you know. And so, yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know what? If I would have done those dishes, because you know why? All of a sudden, I recognized the dishes needing to be done. And then I did them. I didn't do them to get an acknowledgement, pat on the back, a favor, another favor from a favor, or something like that. I have a mind that talks to me, but it's a different kind of talk. These are things now that I recognize, that I can add something to life. I can go a little farther than I normally go. Before, I used to do only so much. The rest of it I wouldn't do. And now I can go a little farther. But you know, when I go farther like this, it helps me. And I know this real well, because I do it all the time. And I do it because I want to do it. It makes me feel better. I don't know what the other person, I don't want no recognition, I don't want no pat on the back, but I want to do things because I feel good after I do them. Now, I don't know about you, but this means anything and everything. We talked about this up at San Lorenzo with some of the guys about picking a piece of paper up on the floor 
you know, and they make them feel better. And so they go around picking paper up all the time off the floor. And these are these are not just a piece of paper, but it's a recognition of there's something to do that you're aware of. It's like holding a door open now. You hold the door open because you see somebody coming. You can even wait instead of slipping through and pretend you didn't see him. <laughs> this is this is this is about but it's true, I do it too. <laughs> this this these these are important things, you know. These you know, believe me, these make my life beautiful. I'm out in the world. I'm around different people all the time, girls and guys, you know, and everything. And there's so much to do. There's so much to add to my life by doing something that they appreciate and they acknowledge that makes them feel good. But they don't know that it makes me feel better than they'll ever feel. Because the character that I am, I represent two characters. When I'm with self, man, I'm the opposite. When I'm with God in the program recovery, I got a good life, man. And I know it. And it shows, too. Because they want to be around you. They want to, they want to show, they want to be with your life because you go somewhere and you feel good about it. And this is what step seven is all about. Humility and humbleness. To recognize a life out there that's full of things to do that I can contribute to this life. I can add to this world an awful lot of, of, of me, whatever me is at the time. It don't mean money. I'm not talking about money. It could be, but I'm not. I'm talking about a lot of things. This here is important to know. Little tiny things that at one time I would skip over is not important. They're important now because it involves somebody else or it involves somebody else's maybe a little bit of pleasure or maybe it takes a load off them or maybe it helps them some way. In turn, it helps me a great deal. So it started, it started with just a toothpick on the floor with me. And then it turned into a lot of things. And I talked about these before. We won't go into them now, but there are things that have a lot to do with things that I did or I do that I don't think there are things that I should because it's not my job. Just like that story about buying the milk. You know, my wife called and buying milk. Things like that. These are true things that happened to me a long time ago. But you see, I found a great, a great, a, a great day, a great way of living, a great way of seeing life that continually grows. It, it just gets better and better. It blows me away all the time. You know, when God does things for me, and, and I think, I think there could be no better. I don't think anything could be any more pleasurable or any more happiness or anything like that. I think that that day was a so special day that couldn't be a day, another day like it. Next day comes, God outdoes that day too. It's a growing life. It's a spiritual life. It's a growing spiritual life. It's a spiritual life where I grow spiritually. So wherever I'm at, I'm in a new place. I'm growing and I'm going in the day I'm in. Not from yesterday, but from today's application. I'm the man today again. That God says I'll be today, and only because it is today. This step seven, you know, uh, I read I, I read you on, on, on step six, where it said in six on sixty four, it said have been granted a perfect release from my alcoholism. Why then couldn't I, by the same means, be granted a perfect release many other difficulty and defect? That's the riddle of my existence. In step seven, when it closes, step seven, it closes with the same principles in the same way, in different words. And it says the seventh step is where we make a change in our attitude which permits us with humility as our guide to move out of ourselves towards others and towards God. The whole emphasis on step six, is, step seven is on humility. It is really saying to us that we now ought to be willing to try humility in seeking the removal of our other shortcomings just as we did as when we admitted we were powerless over alcohol 
and came to believe that a power greater than itself could restore us to sanity. If that degree of humility could enable us to find the grace with which such deadly obsession could be banished, then there must be hope of the same result respecting any other problem we possibly could have. It's the same thing here on page 76 as it was on 64. That this, this life here, that it's a growing life, a continuous life, a growing, continuous, good life of having things now. Here, at one time, my alcoholism, I couldn't get rid of it. It was killing me. And then all of a sudden, God took that right out of my life, just like that. And the, and the only thing I did, the only thing I did, I come to Alcoholics Anonymous. And when I came to Alcoholics Anonymous, I did no more than that. I did not pray. I did not do that. But he still says, I'm still going to take care of you because I did not get drunk. And I went all along the line right up till now. I still haven't gotten drunk. So he did do something for me. And it said that. He's proceeded to do exactly that. And he did exactly that. Here in step seven, it said that if God can do this, why can't he do that? He can do anything. But first I must learn the character has to have the principles in my life. Humility and humbleness is the principle we live by. And this means exactly that. That all of us, every one of us, have to go through the method, a way of life, 12 steps, a message, the application, today, this day. Not for tomorrow, but for today, this day. This is hard to keep alive, but believe me, this is it. This is exactly it. Seven is where I myself found a peace of mind. I found so many wonderful things in my life because of step seven. Step seven makes me a giver, not a taker. Not a taker at all. Step seven is I have to be a giver. A giver all the time. Never a taker. Uh, anybody's got any questions, write them down, hold them up, might go pick them up. Uh, I sometimes think that the, the principles and performance that come out of step seven sum up the man I should be in sobriety. Is there any truth to this statement? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that's positively what it says. Uh, here in, in step seven, it says, true, most of us thought good character was desirable, but obviously good character was something one needed to get on with the business of self, of being self-satisfied. Without, With a proper display of honesty and morality, we stand a better chance of getting what we really wanted. But whenever we had to choose between character and comfort, the character building was lost in the dust of our chase after what we thought was happiness. Seldom did we look at character building as something desirable in itself something we would like to strive for, whether our instinctual needs were met or not. We never thought of making honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God the daily basis of living. See, that character building is all through the steps. The character building in step seven is positively guaranteed that this here, what we're talking about, it says that when I read before, it said this was true even when I believed God existed. I could actually have earnest religious beliefs which remained barren. What they're talking about here in the 12, uh, in the 12 steps or 12 by 12, on every page here, they're telling me as an alcoholic with alcoholism, here's what you do. Here's what you shouldn't do. It's always telling me how to act, how to behave, what to say, what to do, how to do this even. This is a formula. This is a method. This is a way of life. The higher you look at it, it's guaranteed. Every one of us is guaranteed that this will do what it's supposed to do. It'll take care of your alcoholism. This will make the character you are. Now the word character becomes acceptable, at least it did to me. I kept hearing the word character, character, character. Now all of a sudden I, I want to build this character. I want to know more about this character. 
what this character needs, identify this character, talking about me all the time. Because you see, I never once ever thought that Alcoholics Anonymous should be a 24-hour life, a way of life. I never thought that wherever I go, the new character should go there. I didn't know that the disease of alcoholism in my mind, if it's not treated, wherever I go, the disease goes. Now, you know, figure that one out. Buddy. Now, if you think you're safe and secure, if you think you went to a lot of meetings and everything else, is everything's cool, you walk out that world you're in now, and the first thing you do, you, you call upon your own brains, or you use your mind to figure something out, and boy, you better get ready for something, because something's going to happen. And when it happens, what's your excuse now? Don't these, don't these meetings count? Or don't all these meetings you've been to, don't they count? No, they don't count. Does your own two reading count? No, that don't count either. What counts? The relationship with God, the method of living, the way I live and think and act, from what power? That's what counts. So now we keep hammering home this stuff, hammering home all the time. Believe me, it's worth it. It really is worth it. This might be a boring day. This might be a long day to you, but it's not a long day to me because this is a day, another day in a relationship with God so that I can go farther in my life today, this day, because it is today. And that's, that's to me, I look at life like that all the time. Wherever I am, that's all I do. But see, that's my life. You would say, one time, I used to think at one time, damn, ain't I ever going to do nothing else but talk to God in the step? <laughs> I thought, boy, this is terrible. That's everywhere I go. That's all it is. But really, that's all it's needed, really, because that's where the good life is. That's where all of the happiness, all of the, all of the well-being, all of everything is only in today's life today because I can see it, appreciate it, know it, feel it, have it, do it. Man, I got things in my life and these guys know for years it gets better and better and better all the time. It really does. I have a way of life today. I wouldn't. There's no money can buy it. I know damn well it can't. And I wouldn't trade it for nothing else. Why should I? And this here, this happiness I found before isn't outside of me. Happiness is inside me. That's where happiness lies. It don't lie outside of me. Any accomplishments, any, any, any possessions, anything material values, they're nice to have, and I love it. I have, I've had a great deal of it. But it still isn't where my happiness is. My happiness is still right here in this room right now. It's in my mind because my mind is here right now. Yeah, practice step seven a lot. Not because I truly want to. The reality is I know I'll die if I don't. How far am I missing the mark as opposed to not doing it at all? Oh, man, you know, step seven, you know, it's the same thing again. It's just like, like black is the white or night is the day or anything else like that. Without step seven in the program recovery, I would have to stay exactly where I was in step six. And in step six, when I was entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character, I would be left now empty. I'd be left right where I'm at without anything at all from this point on. Because, you see, without step seven, seven is where I begin to live in the world I'm in, where my disease now is being treated. One to six is not about treating my disease. It's about what's wrong with me and what's needed to treat that disease. Steps one to six has a different life entirely than 7 to 12. 7 to 12, start to look at 7 to 12 for what it really says and really does. Because if you look at step 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, see what that says also. Why it's there in the order form and thing. What it's for, what it's doing. Because you see, it's always about me and the disease and what's needed. It's always about what's wrong, what I did in step 1. Why my life's unmanageable. 
because it doesn't make no difference, drunk or sober. I got a mind that's hurt, whether I am drunk or sober, it makes no difference. And so this, you see, without step seven, where would I go, or what would I do? Man, it's a good thing they didn't end the 12 steps with just six, and then leave me high and dry from when i entirely ready to have God remove all my defects of character, and then I'm left out there, and I can't fight, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. What would I do? No, no more happiness, no more nothing. Step seven is when I started to live. I really started to appreciate life and think a lot of me because of what I was doing. And I started looking inside of me. Man, I'm not a bad guy after all. But you see, I had to do something to be able to get there. And I had to do something to stay there. And to stay there means exactly what it says. Here's step seven. You see, what follows seven couldn't follow seven if seven wasn't there. You see, I could never make a list of all the people I've harmed and became willing to make amends to them all because I'm still wrapped up with me, down and sick. I'm still selfish character. I'm still thinking in terms of only me. Seven says, no, don't think that no more. Let's start thinking of going to God and to people. Let's start doing something now, giving. Let's give of your heart, your soul, your money, your mind, and your whole being. That's what step seven says. And step seven, seven says exactly this, that it's possible for me to do this now. That because I have something now I believe in. That God's first, not me. God gets credit, not me. Humility and humbleness isn't giving you credit. It's giving God credit. It's doing things because God says I should do these things. This is what sets me free. Free of self. Free of the bondage of self. Free of the old life. Free of alcoholism, thinking, acting, being. Step seven is where I go in the world that I'm in. I'm a new man. I've been reborn. I've reborn. Because of an application started in seven, not down in three. Three is where it was identified to be released of the bondage of self through the power of God. Now the power of God is in my life. I'm living with the power, and I'm expressing his will. I'm doing his works, his words. This is what I pray about all the time, is step seven. That this is something now that he gets the credit. He gives me the power. Uh, we'd also, I guess, at some point, like to do a group picture. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, over here by the grass. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's a beautiful uh, We're starting off in step eight. Right. Step eight. Made a list of all persons we had harmed, became willing to make amends to them all. Now, you know, now the next two steps, as far as I'm concerned, for what I've found and what I've done through the years of working with others and everything. These two steps aren't too difficult, as far as I'm concerned. They're not too difficult. They're not too uh, long in, uh, in brought out an explanation. That for, because to make a list of all persons we have harmed, became willing to make amends to them all, is that step four is where I started uh, to find out a great many things about defects of character and about me. And so there's going to be something brought here from four, too, because this is where the people that were the defects of character that wouldn't me in association with people to identify him in that will also be there for the purpose of step eight. To make a list of all per persons we had harmed, I was kind of one that at that time, when almost anybody and everything that ever was in my life, in the alcoholism stage, I harmed them. I took advantage of the situation. I, my family, of course, mother, father, brother, sisters, and all that kind of stuff, and then anybody else, boss or any guys I worked with, guys I could get away, you know, doing things and stuff like that. And uh, But the harm, I never realized the word harm in part of the, harm, the meaning of the word harm because I didn't think in terms of certain things being harm. Uh, harm to me was always the kind of life I come from. 
uh, an association of people, how you behave and how you handle yourself, what you do, and how you treat them, and so on like that. That was the harm, the only harm I knew. But I had to realize that the character that I am, when in being sober now, in alcohol, this is the eighth step now. And to look at myself, I, I, I have to, I have been looking at, I have to look at my past track record, drunk and sober up to this point. And so I've been around a while, and I've been sober a while, and uh, to really see in being sober now, in Alcoholics Anonymous, just how far off the mark I am all the time is where not only do I have to clear away the records of the past of where I harmed people when I was drunk in that life, but I also am in a sober life also, and it's the same story again. So the harm that was there a long time ago is still harm here today, this day, because the character that I am it isn't just to clear away the records of my past. In other words, it isn't just to, to straighten out some things that can be straightened out and then go from there because I have to go from there with the same character so I don't do that again or I don't live a life like that. And so the starting, this is a program recovery, and I've said before is that from 7 to 12 is all about your disease or my disease of alcoholism being treated as a new character, as a new way of life. So this here takes on more application, impl implication, and everything else about what we're, or what I'm doing and why I'm here and what I have to do. So this becomes real serious. So all the steps are this way. I'm, uh, you can't, I can't whitewash any of them or make one less than the other because they're all needed. But the point of this is that for me as a character to recognize or identify or know this, know it means here, not up here. Know it means that to be aware of myself as I live my life in the Alcoholics Anonymous Recovery Program, this is all part of it, step eight. This step eight, to make a list of all persons I had hired became willing to make amends to them all, isn't just make a list of people from the yesteryears or yesterdays up till now or something like that. This is principles to change this character to do so this character can do something. And not only will it straighten out my past and set me free or leave the door open or help me go in the day I'm in without being frightened, scared, or without worrying about something coming up from behind me or from back there or whatever. So this is also to help me in today, the day I'm in, so that I don't harm more people, so I don't live like I lived before. And that's the reason for this is like an 8 and 9, so that when 10 gets into the picture, 10 is going to be a part of what this 8 and 9 is. But 10 don't need 8 and 9. 8 and 9 needs 10. But 8 needs the application, needs the, the performance, the character. So it must stay in that area right there to see what this is all about, what we're talking about now. You know, and the best thing... I believe it to look at an eight is I am willing, I am willing now to do something for my life. And if it takes a list of all people and to, to just to, to, to actually apply that, I, I'll do that. There's no, I have no quarrel with it now. Even if I, like in four, <clears throat> even if I think in terms of them being so far wrong or anything else like that, there's no such thing as that. This is all about me. This is not about anybody else at all regardless of who that other person is, makes no difference. And that's coming up later on, too, as far as why I have to be like this. Uh, step 8 and 9 are concerned with personal relations. First, we take a look backward and try to discover where we have been at fault. Next, we make a vigorous attempt to re repair the damage we have done. And third, having thus cleared away the debris of our past, we consider with our newfound knowledge of ourselves, we may develop the best possible relations with every human being we know. See, this is... This I, ne I, I never heard, I read it, but I never heard this. Heard it means here so that I can live in the day I'm in, thinking about this day today, but also clearing away the records of the past. But the records of the past 
is gone by. I must, I must clear it away. But I also must live today so that I don't have another wreckage of the present. So I don't start doing the things that I used to do that got me into where I was a long time ago because I still can do the very same thing today. So having that, for me, having that kind of knowledge of, of the awareness of myself, it helps me in the day I'm in, in the performance that I do in the day I'm in, whether I'm in a restaurant or any other place. Because harm would mean going into a restaurant, going in any place, the market, any place at all, and doing something in there against somebody that I know how to do already. And see, this here is important to know because as I live my life, I'm at certain, I, I, get, I get to be important, self-importance, you know. I get to think that I'm somebody special. I begin to think that I'm being mistreated. I'm being taken advantage of or, or along that line. And then I go ahead and I respond accordingly. And then when I respond like that, I do the same. I do harm. I harm other people. And the kind of harm I know is the harm that we all know. Is that we punish people one way or another. We say dirty things. We, we, uh, we put them down. We make them feel uncomfortable. We say things or we ignore them. Uh, these are the things they're talking about as far as harm goes. Because there's a description in this step about harm, the kind of harm that I never knew about. I never knew this here. And uh, so it's important, I believe, so that in this business now of being sober in Alcoholics Anonymous, living the day I'm in, you see, I keep saying this is not a self-help program, and it's not. See, I used to think it was in terms that I believe I know what to say or do or how to act in a day because I've got time and I've got a lot of stuff going for me, I think. And so that means that I'm regulating, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live a life by a scale balance, you know. I keep everything just so and everything's going to be cool. But that's not so, see, because this here, what I'm talking about now, you know, this here also pertains like going in, going in a market, you know. And now a lot of steps do this now, not just this step, but a lot of steps do this too, is that going in a market, you know, and, and I can get just as upset at the market as I can in a beer joint. Uh, I can find fault where uh, I think things just like I did in the beer joints, you know. And I'm sober and everything else. See? And sometimes these things are so ridiculous and so dumb, and yet they still control me. And I've been sober a lot of years. And this here means, again, the same thing. What the hell am I coming to Alcoholics Anonymous for if I still have to go through a day or a world that's full of the same stuff that was full of drunk and sober, and I'm still doing it today? The daily reprieve they're talking about on page 85 is not in me because the life I have is always my life, the way I do it. It's no spiritual life. And so, the, so to look at this, I believe, is you have to look at it like I look at it by, by actual performance or actual things I do. Because I was I'd still going to market, you know, and I count the items in my basket, you know, and if I got 10, I still, when I go through there, I still feel guilty even, you know. I think everybody else is counting them with me, you know, and everything. Because it says 10 items or less, you know. And then if there's somebody else ahead of me, behind me, I count their items too to see if they got too many of them in there. And the harm, I'm talking about harm now, see, you know, the word harm. And this is true for all of us, see, because I'm ready for Freddy all the time. In other words, my attitude is, is so that I'm looking for trouble by looking for it, by identifying it, by seeing it. And, you know, I, there's no damn reason, see, that I have doing that. I haven't any reason at all. I'll even walk past an aisle that I'm not even going to get in that line, and I'm still counting them damn things, you know, to see if everybody's okay, see if, you know, somebody ain't cheating or something, you know. And, and this is self-honesty. This is what I'm talking about now, to me, not to you, so that I don't have to walk in the world loaded with me, and I don't have to walk in a world 
finding fault, looking for trouble, identifying it, seeing it. Man, I got other things I should be doing. I got a good life ahead of me. Why can't I stay in a good life? Well, the harm is a, is a word is like it says in here. It's, they're talking here about the harm that I harm other people uh, in a practical way, you know, physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual damage. But then it says such gross misbehavior is not by any means a full catalog of harms we do. Let us think of some of the more subtler ones, which sometimes can be quite as damaging. Suppose that in our family lives we happen to be miserly, or what, miserly, yeah, irresponsible, callous, or cold. Suppose that we are irritable, criti critical, impatient, and humorless. Suppose we lavish attention upon one member of the family and neglect the other. What happens when we try to dominate the whole family, either by rule of iron or by constant outpouring of minute directions, or for just how long their lives should be lived from hour to hour? What happens when we wallow in depression, self-pity, oozing for every poor, and inflict upon those about us? Such a roster of harms done others, the kind that make daily living with us as practicing the alcoholic, difficult and often unbearable, could be extended almost indefinitely. When we take such personality traits as these into the shop, office, society, or our fellows, they can do damage almost as extensive, extensive as that would cause at home. See, I can't read that to purpose, what they read there, for application. Because I'm thinking in terms that they're talking here about me coming here as a drunk, as a wet. And then as I come here, I'm bringing all of this with me, but that's all I'm doing with it. But it's not. I'm not only bringing it here and I ride with it and it's in me, I'm using it. And I'll keep using it. And when I'm going to meetings and Alcoholics Anonymous. So these are the things I was talking about that in, in my walk of life, wherever I go, these things that they were describing here, they aren't just happenings a long time ago. They're not just happenings that uh, when I was drunk or anything else like that. These here, this here is, like I said, suppose I'm, I'm irritable, critical, impatient, and humorless. That's today. That's today. That ain't yesteryears. But you see, this stuff has to be identified. It has to be recognized so that this here way of life, this here, this principle, this application, this new character, I'm building a new character. I didn't build it down in one of the steps or two of the steps or something like that. This is, a, this is a way of life. You see, what's going to happen here is that all of these steps, they're going to change after the 12th step, at the end of the 12th step. They're going to change. Now we're in numbers. See, we're in numbers now. This is number eight. See? And so I can't, I can't put this in my brain like this. I think it's still in numbers. See, numbers, numbers, numbers all the time. I'm thinking in terms of I need to do this. I need to do that. I need number eight here, step eight here. Step nine over here, maybe step seven here, something like that. The true character that I am, I should be able to live like this through the application by principles with a power which is God so that I don't do this forever because that's what it's all about. Step six says. Step four says that. And now here we're, we're in step eight learning a great deal now in a performance to clear away the wreckage of the past then to live today so that I can live today with a life that isn't full of this, whatever this is they're talking about. It happens to be right here. Is is the harm. You know, I never did turn that one on either. <laughs> so I'll have to I'll have to rely on uh, <laughs> so it says whenever our pencil falls we fortify and cheer us up by remembering A's experience in this step has meant to others. In the beginning it's the beginning of the end of isolation from our fellows and from God. I have not found too much trouble in length of time in step eight. Make a list of all persons I had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all 
with me and exactly what I did do. Coming from four, there was a lot of people that was identified that I had to use these people to find out what was wrong with me. And these people generally, most generally, they're not. They're in the same list. To make a list of all these people I've harmed is that the same. It's the same thing that when I when I did this. The things that I recognized were the things that were in me, and also there were the things that I know what they are. Now, I don't know how many of you guys make a list of, of, of an eight or not, because the list is generally associated with four, maybe some of even five. But to make a list of all persons is a regular is a regular writing thing, is a regular list thing. And it means exactly that, that when I go ahead and I, in step nine, when I make direct demands of such people wherever possible, except when it would injure them or others, when the list has to be made for the purpose that it's there for, so that there is identification and awareness of my life, the way I operate it, and the way I am today, so that I can continue now, just making a list, and just, and just going ahead and make the list, and just and just clear away the record of the past, and leave the present like it is, is the main reason why I'm step in the character building, the steps, by the principles, the principle that's in the step is the character that I'm living by today, this day here is that the harm that I'm going to cause other people, I don't need to do these things. I don't have to do these things, and I won't do these things. And I'm not trying to walk on water. Now, you know damn well that I'm no damn angel or nothing like that. And I'm bound to make mistakes. It's like anybody else. But I don't have to continue making mistakes, and I don't have to continually scop out and say that I, that I couldn't need that. It was a mistake or some damn thing. There's no mistakes like that. So this gives me a fair, a fair shot, a good shot at having a life today so that I can still be that one man that I learned before, and I still can do the things in the day I'm in, because these other things that causes harm have been identified, and they're still in front of me right now. They're still there. You know, this is what I said before about how you how I am at meetings. I said, remember I was talking about how somebody over here, and I don't know him, but over here I know him, and I go over and talk to him, and him over here I won't talk to. That's harm. That's the kind of harm that I'm aware of today. And this means exactly that I'll have to say hello to him, whoever it is. And I've done this deliberately, knowingly, to some of these AAs that I've met, that their eyes on their floor, and they're grumpy, and they're mad, and they're alone, and they're standing over there. Man, there's a lot of guys around like that. But to break the ice, they won't break it. They can't break it. They have no way of breaking it. I have a way of breaking it. I have a message. I have a power. I have a direction to go, and I better go that way. And there's one guy in particular that I know, and Frank knows him, and, uh, and, and so, does, so does Ron. I used to see this guy. He was over there in Roxbury in, in Beverly Hills there on a Wednesday stag. And this guy, he was always standing by the door or outside the door, and his, his hands are in his pocket, and he's looking down mean and everything else. And I seen him, and I thought, you know, I bet I could make that guy turn around. And I went over there, and his name was Art. And I went over there, and I said, how's the world treating you, Art? And he looked at me, and he was mad and mean, and he's a, and he's a rich man. He said, the world don't treat me. I pay my way all the time. And he turned around, he looked, you know, and I thought, man, I got this guy's number. So, so I'd see him, maybe I'd see him three, four, five times at the same meeting, you know, and I'd walk past him, I'd say, how's the world treating you, Art? And he'd look at me and he'd say the same damn thing. See, then I got a couple of the other guys, like Jose, I got a couple of the other guys to say the same thing to him. They go up and say, hey, Art, how's the world treating you? And he'd come over to me, and he looked at me, and he was, he was, he was mean, mad-looking, you know. He says, you're doing that on purpose, ain't you? <laughs> and I said, yeah. He said, boy, he said, I'm glad you talked to me. You know, yeah, he's a baby of mine now. He's a happy man. I mean, a happy man. See, before, he was standing in the corner all alone, man, and he was just sweating it out, see, you know. And he had been around AA some time, too, you know. 
But that's, that's the same principle I'm talking about here. I'm talking here about a principle of living in this world that I can do things and add to this world, not for their sake, but for my sake, that makes me feel good, and it makes me who God wants me to be today, the happy, joyous, and free. That he's going to supply, God's going to supply the power, the intuitive thought, the God consciousness in me to keep going ahead. And going ahead means I know what to do. I know where to go. I know how to do it. And this is an insurance for every one of us, because if we had to go out there and just stumble around and think of this and think that, I don't know if we could make it or, or we would make it, but I know damn well we don't have to do that. This step, make it a list of all people I have harmed. Already has given me something just by making a list. Because this year, no, I know myself that there's things that I have done in my past I wish I had never done. But just things that I've done in my past, I can do something about it. I can be relieved of the pressure. And I had a couple of things in me that was really bad. And these things that I had in me, I had, to, I had to do something about them because it was like a monkey on my back. That no matter where I went and what happened, the memory was always there. It always popped up at the damnedest times. And it was always something I did that I shouldn't have done. But there is a way to be free of even that. And that means now the same thing in step eight. But I don't think that this that big a step in explanation so that uh, I have to stay in there a long period of time or anything else like that because the minute I, the minute I knew... What it meant here by harm, and it described in there, when we take such personality traits as these in the shop, office, and society of our fellows, they can do damage almost as extensive as that which you have caused at home. You see, that's that never dawned on me that alcoholism is with me all the time, that it's good wherever I go. I go into shop, office, work, or anything else, markets or anything else. Here I'm taking all of this stuff with me that I've learned a long time ago how to act and react and treat people with it. The harm that I'm talking about, I never looked at that harm as today's harm. I always looked at it as yesterday's harm or yesteryear's harm. So whether or not that whether that's a good explanation for this, I don't know, or if it's clear enough. But if there's any questions about this, we can go farther in it and more of it, so that uh, whatever it is that needs to be looked at or answered, like maybe we can do it. But I believe that step step eight uh, time. Okay, I believe eight. On the question, we can hook with nine if you want to. So we'll go, we'll go into nine. And, and nine is made direct demands to those, to such people wherever possible, except when I do so would injure them or others. To those around me in the life I live. This is a character now. I'm a new character. See, I'm the character that's trying to stay and be with a power greater than me and with the method of living, meaning the steps. And so to make direct demands to such people, I had a real... Uh, I had a hard time only in one area. Now, to make direct amends, I had no trouble going to people that I knowingly did hurt, like my father, uh, like my brother, my sister, uh, everybody, anybody at all. I, 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 don't, I don't ever recall ever not naming one, but I didn't do it with one person. And I didn't do it at all, see, a bit, not a bit. I never made direct amends to my wife. I did. I just. I just took it for granted the fact of buying a new car, giving her a new car, and I had a new house and everything else, and sober and going to work and just all this kind of stuff. That she wasn't in this deal. Now I didn't do that uh, consciously. I didn't do that argumentatively or anything else. I like said I ain't going to do it. I just didn't do it. And this here was important to me because you see, I did everything according to the best I could the ability I had on a day I was in, except this one thing. Now, the one thing I'm talking about is making amends to my wife. She got sick on a Thursday, and she died on a Sunday morning. I never made amends to her. 
And this is really something to look at. This something to look at right now. Whether you look at it or not, I don't know. But you should. Because I tell you, I suffered the hubs of hell for it. I went through a long period of time, better than two years. And everywhere I went, I had the memory in me of her and her high heels clicking. And wherever I was at, or maybe that's her. Maybe I can make amends. Maybe that's her. Maybe I can make amends. So here I am. I've got, I've got a brain that's just rattled and it's talking to me. And while she was living... I never thought of giving her any flowers. I never thought that. Here I am putting them on a cemetery. Why couldn't I think in terms of the way I should think? In the day I'm in, I'm sober. I've got a power. I've got a way of life. I've got so many, I've got so many things going for me. I've got blessings all over me, and I can't see them. I don't know what to do because I'm, so, I'm still wrapped up. I won't do this, and I won't do that. This here program recovery, right now, just for you. If you've got anybody in your life, I don't care who they are, what they are, if you can't tell them that you appreciate them, you love them, you can't give them flowers today, what are you going to do? Do what I did? Wait till she's in the ground and then put flowers on her grave and think that that's good enough? No way. This is important to talk about stuff like this because it doesn't have to be death. It could be just friends or it could be happiness. It could be adding something to somebody's life to make the world a better world that they live in and I live in at the same time. This is what makes me today proud of my mind, proud of my thinking, the way I live. This ain't preaching, man. This is the way life is. To have friends around you and not tell them they're a friend, not to appreciate them, that to me is pretty damn sick. Here I hear people around me, they bust their ass for me. They help me in every way you could possibly think of. But I have to acknowledge it to them. I have to thank my Lord that they're in my life. I have to include them in my prayer. This makes me a better man to me so I can live in a good world and see good people. Before, I was so selfish, self-centered. I was always looking at my troubles. What I, I, I'm not getting this or I'm not getting that. I'm getting moaning and groaning, just like it talks about in there. This year, I'm in misery all the time. Alcoholics Anonymous doesn't give you that. It isn't here for that reason. It's here for the opposite reason. And that's why we have 12 steps. You know, there isn't another program recovery on this or not a one, not before this and not even now, that does what Alcoholics Anonymous does. Because you see, we have two ingredients here. We have a power which we use as God. It's a power greater than us. We have a method, a method of living, so that we can live in a day we're in. The day we're in, so the world we're in is a world we want to be in. It's a good world. It's a world that's there for each and every one of us. How much of it do you want? I have no idea, but I want every damn thing I can have and more. All I have to do is believe and trust in God. Try my very best. Give it 100% of what I got in the day I'm in. This is pounded in me in the beginning, and I never heard it. I just didn't hear it. That sponsored man when he talked about this day, this day today. First things first. Give it my best shot. Whatever I got, 100%. Just give it all. Just go for it. And this means exactly all through the program recovery, not just in one step, not just go ahead and really pounce on one step and think one step is what's necessary to do it. There's a character building here. And the character building is in steps, and the steps are a way to build a character. But the building of the character now is for today. It's for now, right now. It isn't building it so that when the time comes, somebody dies, you give them flowers or whatever it is, before and after. The time is now to live in the world, to do the things in the world. So this world now is a world I want to live in. It isn't a question of being drunk. I haven't thought drink or drunkenness. I don't even remember when the last time I even thought of it. But it's a question now of how to live in the day I'm in. And this life that I have today is always guaranteed. It's always backed up. I tell these guys, you know, on Monday night, that I'll guarantee this. I'll give it to them in writing and sign it. You know what the guys are doing now? They're saying, you know, I'm going to have to take you up on that piece of paper you're talking about. 
So I'm going to have to figure out a piece of paper how to write it and sign it and give it to the next guy that says that. He wants a guarantee. I'm going to give him one. <laughs> Couldn't take some questions, questions now. Uh, to make direct demands of such people as possible, except when they do do so, would injure them or others. Uh, I'm, it's pretty well understood, and I believe it is. I don't think it's a great big deal to talk about, but it says it in the book, and I know it's true that there is things that I can never do to make amends to certain for certain reasons, and the and the main reasons are that I can't do I can't do this at somebody else's expense. I can't just go out there and make amends to those I harm where it would do more harm or it would cause them a bunch of grief. I can't use that step for my advantage by hurting other people. And I think that's pretty obvious of what they mean there because it generally means in the sex area or the woman area or yesterday's life, uh, in the, whether it's a drunken sage, you know. So I, I don't believe that that's a big issue myself. If you think it is, ask the question and then we can talk about it. Uh, can you elaborate elaborate on why complying under protest is wrong, mainly pertaining to Step 7? Yeah, I, I was going to answer that before, and I didn't do it. Is that I, You know, these things I had to learn myself first by <clears throat> some kind of a direction in that. And Dr. Tebow is where this really came into the, into the real being, is that I all, all the time that, I, that I've been in Alcoholics Anonymous for a long time, I do things for different reasons. And I don't know that this is this is something that I do. And it means that if I do something for favors, it's wrong. If I do something under protest, it's wrong. If I do something just to gain something, it's wrong. There's such a thing as learning about compliance versus surrender. Now, we didn't talk last night about surrender. We didn't talk this morning about it. And I talked about words that I have to, I have to live by. It's a language I use. And surrender is one of them. And surrender is a big word. Now surrender, I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't know. <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't know the purpose of the word surrender as a character. So here I am in Alcoholics Anonymous. I have to find these things out. Now surrender is not surrender giving up. Like I used to think. You know, I know what surrender means as far as like I uh, get in a fight and uh, you get to, you start getting whipped. You better surrender. You better quit. And I thought that surrender means quit. You know, and it don't mean quit. But I took that word for that, and that's what, that left me high and dry. I just ended something, and that's all. But see, surrender is an ending, but it's a beginning. Surrender means exactly, and I'll call it synonymous, surrendering self, but beginning new, beginning a new self, a new program recovery, a new... Step 10, the last two paragraphs and the other two inventories. I don't know if my book's the same as your book. No, it's uh, 90, and this one here, it's... Uh, Although all inventory is alike in principle, the time factor does distinguish one from another. The spot check inventory is what I just got through describing. Spot check inventory is a personal inventory in the day I'm in. That I'm living with, with this power, and the day I'm in right now, spot check inventory is to check in to see how I'm doing and what's happening in my life. And I got through, this is what I just got through talking about. And... Uh, It says, there's, uh, it's taken any time of the day whenever I find myself getting tangled up. Then the other one is taken at the day's end. Well, that's, the four, that's in the fourth step. And also, that's in the eleventh step of closing the day and ending the day. 
But you see the two inventory. One is the inventory as I live my life today, having some kind of basis or some kind of guidance or direction. So that when I'm living in this world I'm in, if I go, if I if I make a mistake, if I go places I shouldn't go. This is checking in on self. This is a spot check inventory to see exactly when it says in there, it's a spiritual axiom that whenever I'm disturbed, no matter what the cause, I'm at fault. That's What do you think? That's an inventory. I'm checking in with me. I'm seeing me for what I am. Certainly for what I am. In careful review with a sponsor, you can, now the careful review, you can do this any time at all. This is the same story now, again, just like with Ron and I, when he called me or I called him or something like that, and he talks about this and I talk about that, or he's got a problem or he's got a question or something like that. And that's a daily thing. That could be a daily or night thing or anything else like that. And as far as, isn't that what people refer to as fifth step, when in reality, the tenth step? No, it's not. It talks about semi-annual or annual house cleaning. Semi-annual and annual house cleaning is not the same thing. That semi-annual and annual is actually doing something whenever you as an alcoholic think that you need to do it. That maybe there's something in your life or maybe you're up to something. Maybe you did one inventory and you think you should do more. Well, that's fine. There is no quarrel against that. That's absolutely true. And it says that in the, in the step. But it's up to each one of us to decide ourselves whether I should take an annual or semi-annual or whether I should do once and I got them all out. You see, the defects of character that's in me, they're very obvious. They're very noticeable. They do damage. There's no way that I can say that everything's gone when here I am getting mad again. Here I am looking at cockhead at the world and that there's something wrong with me. Certainly there's a way that this character, you don't do steps and then because you did a step, everything is all gone and that's the end of it. It's it comes out in the 12th step exactly the answer to this question in this 12th step. And it's at the very last of the 12th step. And it says, practice these principles in all of my affairs. That's what it says. What's my principle and what's my affairs? That's going to cover everything that we're talking about right now. It doesn't say practice these steps in all of our affairs. It says practice these principles in all our affairs. What are the principles? You think the principles is something that you can do and forget about? Or you can bring into your life from your yesterdays or your drunken life or anything else like that. It doesn't say that. It says practice these principles in all of my affairs. These principles. That's when you get to step 12. We're going to, as far as the regulation or as far as the identity or the need of, of more than one inventory, that's up to the individual. It certainly isn't up to any one of us to talk to another one and tell the other one, you better take another inventory. That's strictly an inside job. I'm a sponsor of Frank and of Ron. Do you think for one minute I'm going to tell him, you better take another inventory. I just see you act up. Do you think I'm going to do that? No damn way. I'm not his judge and I'm not his jury and I'm not his guy. It's up to him. It's up to you. It's up to all of us. If you want what we have and are willing to go to any links, then you're ready to take certain steps. There's a lot of things. I can present you with a food, but you're going to have to eat it. It's the same thing as that old that Bringing a horse to the water so you can't make him drink and stuff like that. This is the same thing in principle that I'm talking about now. How well are you today is only up to you. I have two more questions here. Um, having admitted you were wrong to God, do you try to make amends to the persons involved in this wrong? Well, certainly, <clears throat> the steps eight and nine are made exactly for that reason. So that 
When I do step date nine, it isn't something I do, and then I'm done with it. It isn't something I do to get rid of something that happened a long time ago. That's not what it's for. That's part of what it's for, and it's part of the process of building a new character. But that's a continuation of principles that are in them steps to allow me to do the things that are necessary so that I can I can make amends, I can straighten out, and I can do things and then not do them again. So, sure, you're absolutely right. But you see, this is a way of life. This isn't something to do to get rid of problems. We'll be in that in a minute, set 12. This is something now so that we can live with a solution because we're problem people. We live by problems. It says so. So now, why not start looking at the solution? Why not start realizing what a solution is and what it means to have a solution? How do you have a solution? Where do you have a solution? See? Last question, and then we'll go to uh, how many times a day do you find yourself asking God for forgiveness through the negative thoughts popping into your head? Well, that's an ongoing process. That's a, that's a happening. That's, that's an ongoing deal all the time. You see, I'll tell you why. <clears throat> Down in two, when, in step two. Now, this is where I generally and most generally almost all the time, if you if I'm your sponsor or you call me or anything else and you got trouble, I'll bet you two to one. I'm going to tell you something. And it's going to be about step two. See, it says in step two, I came to believe in a power greater than myself that restored me to sanity. You see, when I don't believe in this power greater than myself, you know what I believe in? And you know what I produce from that point on? I do the same thing I've always done. If you don't think so, just look at your track record. If the shoe fits, man, wear it. Because this is true for every one of us, see, is that I have something the matter with me. What I brought here is still in me. I'm still the same character, even though I got years of being sober. Because this idea here is to learn what, why I came here, where the disease is. When it got there, I don't know. I do know. But when it got there, isn't important. But what is important, it's there. And so this must be considered, that I'm still here for the same reason today, this day. Now, I go to meetings, go to these retreats. There's no, I got alcoholism. I still have it. I don't have alcoholism. See, because that wasn't part of it. The disease itself, or the self itself, is always present. I read it here last night when I talked, I talked about John Barleycorn. Remember when I read that part about there about alcohol? This is the tyrant that's right here at our elbows, each one of us waiting to do its own damage and destruction. That means self. That means the power of self. The moment that's there, here comes the rest of the crap that goes with it. See? And this here means again now the same thing. To believe in something, there must be a reason to believe in it. The program recovery says it is a program recovery. You know, step 11 says, stop through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God as I understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for me and the power to carry that out. Now, you know, we're starting to get into something now that's real definite, it's real sure. There's no way that you can interpret, read, or say this is different or anything else like that. Because what it says, it says, stop, stop through prayer and meditation. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve something, improve my conscious contact with God as I understood it. And so what's that mean then? You remember down in 2, again, 2, where it says in there, that I came to believe in a power greater than me to restore me to sanity, and 3 says I made a decision to turn my will and life over to care of God as I understood him. That understood is underlined the same way it is in 11. And understood him is the same thing I said before. So here we are in 11. And it says, now that I have something in my life, I better get closer to it. I better get. I better get more of it. I better stay with it. 
I better just start living with it. And this is where I learned about a living God, not a praying God. Now, stop through prayer and meditation. I don't know. We didn't talk too much about prayer, only the fact that there's two parts to it. And meditation is something else, too, that should be at least identified for what it is. So, stop through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact is when? When is my conscious contact? My conscious contact is I need God all the time. So, when is all the time? All the time is now. Because whatever I do, wherever I go, I must go as a new man. I must go backed up by the power that's greater than me. I must have today to live in a world today that's not my world. The world that I described before is a world that's harmful. I don't want to live in that world anymore because that world is my world. That's the world that I create. That's the world out there that has that. But one time I thought that world was hurting me. And that world doesn't hurt me. I'm hurting that world. I'm doing to that world the things that I think are right and is wrong. And so here I am now. I've said thought through prayer and meditation. How do you thought to thought something? What is thought? To me, thought isn't seeking. Thought is something that's really there. Ah, it's a never-ending story. Seeking to me is seeking something until I find it. And after I find it, that's the end of that. I don't have to seek it no more. Thought is a continuation of my book. I sought something. I sought it means that I'll never find it. It's a growing thing. It's a going thing. It's a thing that progresses. I have to keep always looking, searching, always. I have to keep going for it. And this is the only step that any one of us as alcoholics can grow spiritually. You cannot grow spiritually through any other step. There's no way possible that you can take any other step in Alcoholics Anonymous and grow spiritually. Only step 11. The reason why is because what it says to do and what you do. You sought through prayer and meditation to improve your conscious contact with God. That's a growing contact. That's a living contact. That's a daily contact. Through prayer and meditation, prayer and meditation has to be considered so that I can identify what prayer is and what meditation is. Prayer is always going out of self for me. It's going and reaching to, wanting to have something different. Meditation is growing inward, going inward all the time so that self can slow down. Self can get out of my mind. Meditation is a quietness of my mind so that God can speak to me, so that God can give me a tool of thoughts. He doesn't send me telegrams. He gives me ideas. He gives me feelings. He gives me a way to go and a day I'm in to prove that he's there. This is all about the power of God, what I'm talking about. And this coming in step 11, sought to prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God as I understood him. Understood him is coming way back from two, that he's still the power that's greater than me. And then it says, praying only for the knowledge of his will for me and the power to carry that out. Praying only for the knowledge of his will for me. Imagine that. His will for me. Not my will for me. His will for me. To actually want to have something, to ask for this or to pray for this, to look for this, to believe that he can supply this. His will for me and the power to carry that out. That's why Alcoholics Anonymous has what it has. That's why Alcoholics Anonymous does exactly what it says it does. It's a program of recovery. It'll treat alcoholism. The reason why is because of the power that's greater than self, any human being. And this is step 11. Imagine. Here it goes now from 1 to 11 in character building. And that we've had, each one of us, have had the opportunity at least to be presented, at least to be aware that there is something to do more than just staying sober, something to do more than just going to meetings. This is real serious stuff. How much of it? I have no idea what you want or what you need, but I sure know how much I want and need because I found a long time ago that this here is just exactly the way it should be. 
when it's disciplined, when I go for it, when I have self-honesty, the self-honesty to me and to God, man, I'll tell you, I got a world that's, that's, that's beautiful. It just grows and goes all the time. But only by His grace, not my grace. And this is in, in step 11. I think that you can identify step 11 in most any area, most any day and any place right now, what step 11 is all about. Because His will for me and the power to carry that out shows me that his will is there because the power to carry it out makes it happen, and it isn't my power. I, by myself, couldn't do this. There wouldn't be any way I'd have even an idea of what God's will is for me and what I need, even. I know there's a lot of things I think I need, but generally, most generally, these things I think I need, they're strange things. They're not what God says, it's what I say. And this here means now that the rattled brain, or the brain that wants everything and can't be satisfied, that's why I used to be like I was, because I was always talking to me and telling me what I need. I want her. I want this. I want that. Give me this. Give me that. Everything. And every time I did that, nothing ever pleased me. Nothing ever. My happiness was not there. I was still a restless, irritable, discontent. And I don't have. I don't connect this up to God. I don't connect it up to Alcoholics Anonymous. I think that the struggle, the way you live on that world out there, that's the way life is, man. You win a few and you lose a few. I used to say, you know, that's the way it goes. First your money, then your clothes. No, that ain't the way it goes. That's the way I go. This is serious stuff, believe me. You know, I, I, I don't know if I told you about these other guys and gals, the ones that took their own lives. You know, you know truthfully why they took their own lives. At one time, I used to be puzzled. I really was puzzled because here are people that I know real close. I know them as well as I know this, these guys. I know these guys real well. I know them real close, you know. In one minute, I'm talking to them, man. You know what? The next minute, they're laying in the casket. They're dead. They killed themselves, and they weren't even drunk. And I look at them, and I think, yeah, how could that be? You know? And I, it's just, it's unbelievable, even, that somebody would do that, especially somebody young that doesn't even, that's got a whole world ahead of them, even. And here they are. They're dead. The disease of alcoholism is such a devastating disease. It's so it's it's a killer. It's so strong and it hurts so many people and it does so much damage when it's not treated. And this isn't to scare you, but what this is for is to at least look at this. But for the grace of God, that could be you in a casket, it could be me in a casket. Because we've been given an opportunity, every one of us here in Alcoholics Anonymous, to find a way of life so that we can live in a world we're in that's a good world. So we can go through adversity, whatever the adversity is. It says that in the step. It even says even through death. And this is true. And so what the hell? Why not have the strength and power that's greater than you and I? Why not have a way of life so we don't have to get so wrapped up and get so discouraged that you have to take a gun and blow your brains out? Man, I'll tell you, you might not ever think this could happen to you. I'll bet you two to one. Every one of them guys and gals that I was with, I bet they never thought ahead of time that they'd ever kill themselves. But they did. And they must have went through some living hell in their mind. Because I know what living hell is drunk. But I don't know what living hell is sober. I don't want to kill myself, man. Drunk, maybe it's possible. But man, I'm telling you, life's too precious. There's too much here in this life to be offered to me every day by this method that I'm talking about. Disease of alcoholism still has to be considered all the time. And this is why, you know, for myself, you know, I'd love to tell you some real good stuff about some years of beautiful living, beautiful people, going places and having things that you couldn't possibly buy with money. But what good would it be talking about that if you have to go kill yourself? What good would it be if you leave here and you get in your car 
and you feel like it's not worth it. That you want to, you want to, you want to kill somebody. You want to, you think, geez, I wonder why the hell I was even born. You know, I used to get so discouraged. I used to get so wrapped up in my head, and I was sober. But see, this program recovery is a method I didn't have. I didn't have it. I was still fighting. And I was still going alone. Here we are in step eleven. Step 11, you know, I'll tell you, if you want to know more about it, I'll write it down and we'll talk about it later on. Because it's very important, I think, to know exactly what it means. You sought through prayer and meditation to improve your conscious contact with God as you understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for you and the power to carry that out. Any questions? Sure. Okay. Uh, can you please read about Bill Wilson's depression in the language of the heart and talk about his dependence? By what? Dependent. Oh, okay. I wrote, wrote an article in here, and it helped me a great deal. And the reason it helped me a great deal is because of the fact that uh, in here, it, it, uh, the things are dated. And whatever he writes about is in the day that he was in. He wrote this, and they put it in the uh, grapevine. And at one time, now, see, Bill Wilson was number one. He was he was ahead of everybody. There was nobody ahead of him, and he got he got into a, a position or a way of life where his happiness. He got into depression, and the reason he got into depression, he describes it here and tells it here. And it's, 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 I'll only read a part of it. I recently come to believe that this can be achieved. I believe so because I see many benighted ones like folks like you and me commencing to get results. Last autumn, depression, having no really rational cause at all, almost took me to the cleaners. I began to be scared that I was in for another long, chronic spell. Considering the grief I had with depression, it wasn't a bright prospect. I kept asking myself, why can't the 12 steps work to release depression? By the hour, I stared at St. Francis' prayer. It's better to comfort than to be comforted. Here was a formula, all right, but why didn't it work? Suddenly, I realized what the matter was. My basic flaw had always been dependence. Almost absolute dependence on people, circumstances to supply me with prestige, security, and the like. Failing to get these things according to my perfectionist dreams and specifications, I had fought for them. And when defeat came, so did my depression. There wasn't a chance of making the outgoing love of St. Francis a workable and joyous way of life until these fatal and almost absolute dependencies were cut away. Because I had over the years undergone a little spiritual development, the absolute quality of these frightful dependencies had never been so starkly revealed. Reinforced by what grace I could secure in prayer, I, find, I found I had to exert every ounce of will and action to cut off those faulty emotional dependency upon people, upon AA, indeed, upon any set of circumstances whatsoever. Then only could I be free to love as Francis had. Emotional and instinctual satisfactions I saw were really the extra dividends of having love, offering love, and expressing love appropriate to each relation of life. Plainly, I could not avail myself of God's love until I was able to offer it back to him by loving others. He would have me as he would have me. And I couldn't possibly do that so long as I was victimized by false dependency. For my dependency meant demand, a demand for the possession and control of people and the conditions surrounding me. That's that's exactly what I, what I need to know myself was dependency. I didn't go 23 years. But I went long enough time to realize that dependency is a word that I'm going to have to realize and talk about and know because that's another word like willingness and surrender and acceptance and all these other words because of the fact that 
I have a disease called alcoholism. And whenever something is covered over, or whenever I get something, or have something I think is important, all of a sudden my disease comes into the picture. When before, I was dependent on certain things, like I told you, see, the difference between living and life. Remember I was talking about that, how I got that mixed up? That living and life. Living is not the same thing as life. Not at that. Living is something that I'm doing in the day I'm in, like achieving things, possessions, getting things, being happy because I'm successful, being happy because I own something that may be a little bit better than whatever you got. Things like this. I didn't know that my character that I am, I do things like that. I think this way. So I go ahead and I'm dependent upon being happy, about success, getting something that's going to treat me and make my world a good world to live in. And then when it doesn't do that, I get sick. I get depressed. I get worried. I start feeling bad. And so living in life, I had to learn the difference between the two. Bill talked about it there because, see, he wanted control of things, and he wanted to have the things that he thought he needed. And he damn near, he said he was three days in suicidal, almost suicidal dependency of, of going to, to knock himself off just because of his mind telling them things. And so this year again, now living in life, we told before, we're talking about life. We've been talking about life. We have not been talking about living. So the description of the identity of it, I think is good to know. And if you want to know more about that, then talk about it later on in question or something like that. 12. 12 says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, I try to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all my affairs. The, the, the wording of, of step 12, having had the spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. What steps? 11 steps, not 12, 11. So here I am, I've built a character. I've had a spiritual awakening because of the fact of what happened in the step. Step 11 is where it's really... It's really pronounced. That's why I said it's the only step that you can grow spiritually. Because it is, a, it is a step that I must keep growing with. Because of what it says to do through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact. Levin says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, I tried to carry this message. That's why it's called this message. It's not my message. It's not your message. It's already in print. It's nobody's message but God's for everybody in Alcoholics Anonymous, because it does the same thing for every one of us. There's 12 steps in application the day I'm in. So the character that I am, I can be the character I should be with my disease being treated. Now, you know, I'm saying something again. Now, I don't know if you think I'm saying the same thing over and over again. I'm real repetitive. Believe me, I'm not. This disease of alcoholism is so strong, so devastating, so powerful, that your ears can listen to me and not hear it. Your ears can say... I know all about this. Turn right around and do exactly the same thing you did before that got you in trouble. This is the disease. It's not a personality thing. I'm not saying you do this. I'm saying the disease does this in each and every one of us if it's not treated. This is important to know because after you spend this much time as I've spent, and then I, as, as I spent this time, I'm thinking in terms that, man, I'm really lo I'm loaded now. I know a great deal about a lot. And I'll turn right around and stumble just as quick as hell. I'll, I'll, I'll just get a thought and it takes me right back. I'll go back 41 and a half years, just instantly, just like that. Because that's where I'll go to. I'll go to what I brought here. I brought me here a long time ago and me is still here. And yet though, in the step, <clears throat> in step 12, when it said, having had a spiritual awakening, 
man, believe me this, I know what a spiritual awakening is, and I've had it. And I've had more than one, and I'll keep having more than one. Because the grace of God is what they're talking about all the time. That this gift that we have, each one of us has, is an undeserved gift. It's not a gift, a free gift. Step 12 says that. It's a gift, a free gift. It's much more than that. It's got to be much more than that. It talks in there and tells me so many things. You know, the last page on step 12. He's in step 12. says, these little studies of A's 12 steps now come to a close. We have been considering so many problems that it may appear that AA consists mainly of racking dilemmas and troubleshooting. To a certain extent, that is true. We have been talking about problems because we are problem people. We have found a way up and out and who wish to share our knowledge with all with all the way the knowledge of that way with all who can use it. For it is only by accepting and solving our problems that we begin to get right with ourselves and with the world about us and with him who presides over us all. Understanding is the key to right principles and attitudes, and right action is the key to good living. Therefore, the joy of good living is the theme of AA's 12 steps. See, it says here, we, are because we have been considering so many problems that may, may appear that it consists mainly of racking dilemmas and, and troubleshooting. To a certain extent, that's true. We've been talking about problems because we're problem people. Problem people. Now, I don't know if that's important to you, but it's always been important to me about what problem people are because I lived by problems a long time ago. And I don't know that, though. See, I have no idea about that. And so here I'm in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm going along, and I'm, I'm building a character, and I'm looking at the world differently, and I'm doing so much things in it, but I still have the same attitude because the problems, I go, I, I turn to problems. Problems stops the relationship with me and with God and the program. Problems, I don't know what problems are. You see, problems, I think, in terms of problems, if I can get rid of a problem because it's major, then I'm going to be all right. Because what's wrong is why my life's upside down. I've got a problem, see? And if I get rid of this problem, everything's going to be cool again, see? But it's not. And this means a great deal because you know what? If you don't think so yourself, if you get rid of a problem, you know what follows that? Did you ever thought and think about this? Get rid of a problem, and what follows that? Another problem. Exactly. Exactly. Another problem is right behind you, waiting for you to look at it, to see it. That's the disease of alcoholism. That's a tough nut to swallow. Because, you know, you would think that you and I are pretty smart after a while because we work, we make money, we go out of shave and clean ourselves up and not fall down drunk and everything. You'd think that that would give you some kind of an edge on something, wouldn't you, that you don't have to go ahead and do the same dumb thing you always did. I used to think that all the time. It don't help a damn bit. It isn't even a question at all about falling down drunk or anything else like that. I've got a head that is wacky. It's wrong. It's disturbed. And if this head of mine it stays in a position that's in as a power, as an authority for my life, it'll do again exactly the same thing as all the time. So in step, in step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. I tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all my affairs. And I said before, in all of my affairs, principles. It didn't say steps. You see, this here whole program of recovery now, I started to look at it now in step 12 as a new character. Not as a character full of steps, with numbers, or anything else like that. Not as somebody that has to go down to 2, 3, or up to 10, or wherever it's at. A character that is God-conscious. I'm God-conscious in my mind. That means exactly what I say. Instead of being self-conscious, I'm God-conscious. I'm backed up by spiritual principles. 
I'm backed up by a brain that isn't ratty. It isn't selfish, self-centered. It's not full of defects of character. This brain that I'm talking about, this mind that I'm talking about, is occupied now by a power greater than me, meaning God. This is what the program of recovery is all about. If it was left up to any one of us to try to figure this thing out, to see something that you can't see because it's not there to see. And yet, though, it's there to do, and I can do it, only by the grace of God. This is a, this is a guarantee for each one of us to live in a world we live in and want to live in that world. To be able to do the things today that I could never do before. My Heavenly Father, all along, is going to back up and give me everything I need. Take care of everything that's going on in my life. Right to this very minute, right now. When I acknowledge to God, His presence, I thank Him for this moment, right now. And I also thank Him for all the extra years. I acknowledge it to Him all the time. I praise Him for it. I thank Him for it. I thank Him for the retreat. I thank Him for allowing you, all of you, to be here and to guide and direct us and strengthen us all. Not just me. But you see, this is what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. Because that's what this message is. It's about a way of life. So that each and every one of us can have what we need. So we don't have to live in a world that used to be a ratty world. A world for a harm and hurt. A world that I used to take from all the time and expect more. How much now you can talk about this here? I could go forever. I really can. Because I do count my blessings. And I name them. I acknowledge it to God. I don't just say thanks, God. I thank him for each and every day, for all that's in the day. I name I name people. I name things. I acknowledge to God his presence. I tell God, I let God know that I know he's there. And I'll tell you, this is something now. I don't know what you need to do, but I know what I need to do. I want more of it. Steps that we have talked about today, if I have trouble, isn't it because I haven't accepted the first half of step one? Uh, last half, I'm sorry, last half of step one. How do you destroy self-sufficiency today? It isn't a question of destroying self-sufficiency, it's a, it's a question of dependence. And the dependence means exactly that. Uh, in step three, you know, on page 36, when it talks in there about the guy that's dependent on the on the, in the iron lung, where he's dependent on the iron lung to help him breathe and about the electricity and all that kind of thing. So dependency, it, it, about self-sufficiency, is there's no way that I have self-sufficiency in myself because I'd have to believe in self. I'd have to trust self. I'd have to be with self all the time. I've done too much of that. Self can't produce anything other than what it does produce, and that's what brought me here. So the other part, the fun part of the question. Okay, first part of the question is, in any of the steps that we have talked about today, if I have trouble, isn't it because I haven't accepted the last half of step one? No, necessarily. It could be if you say it is in your life, but I'll tell you this. that The day I'm in, almost invariably I'll find that anything and everything that goes wrong is because of step two. And step two is a real important step because, see, there's more in step two than what I probably said as far as recognize and identify it. Because step two, what it says, is that I came to believe in a power greater than me to restore me to sanity, but you've got to go farther than that. And it talks in there the requirement is an open mind and quit arguing. And there's got you've got to go farther than that, too, as far as that goes. Because, you see, there takes a performance. The performance, now, I don't know if you need to know this, but I talk about it, and I talk about building a relationship. I have to build a relationship with a power greater than me. Now, this is step two that I'm talking about. This is now something very, very difficult, very difficult to do. 
And what I'm talking about is building a relationship with a power. Now, I'm not telling you or saying you get down on your knees and pray. That isn't what I'm saying. I'm not telling you to go ahead and start praying to God. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying to build a relationship. How do you build a relationship? What kind of a relationship will it be? What is it you do to build a relationship? Don't let me read that and think that I can do that. Because I'll think in terms of maybe all I have to do is pray. I'll think in all the tombs I have to acknowledge God, period. That don't mean that. Because you see, it says, I came to believe in a power greater than myself. To be able to believe in a power greater than myself, I better build a, build a relationship with something that is better than greater and more powerful than I am. How would I do that? I have to start right away identifying something and talking to it, associating to it. You know why? Because I talk to me. I associate my life with me. I practice my presence. Why can't I talk to God today, right now? Not pray to him, talk to him. Why not? Why can't I thank him? Praise him. Thank him for being here. That's not praying. But you see, I have to start to build the relationship because I don't know what a relationship is. I'm thinking in terms of kneeling on my knees. I'm thinking in terms of rituals, of name, by calling my name. That doesn't say that. What it says in there that I have to have an open mind and quit arguing and then start living and talking to something other than self. Now, that means in my car. Now, I mean this in my car. I can ride in my car. And I can talk to a power, a God, in my car. Not pray to him, talk to him. I can talk to him the same way, by acknowledging the weather. Acknowledging him just to be grateful he's there. To build a relationship. I don't want a praying relationship. I don't want a praying relationship of name or of, of identity or anything else like that. I want a relationship with something other than me. And how could I have that? By not, I have to do something about it. I have to go ahead and acknowledge a presence of God. The presence of God, I learned in the Sermon on the Mount exactly what they're talking about. The presence of God is allowing God to be there by name and talking to him. Talking to the power. Talking to the substance. Whatever you want to call it. However you want to do it. And this is important. Because this step isn't a reading step. This isn't a step that will give you sanity. You know how I get sanity? I get sanity by talking to something other than me. Now this is important to know this. Because, you know, before, to be qualified to go into step three, I better have a relationship with something that's a power good with me because I'll go into step with me otherwise. And then I can't stay there because I'll have to keep taking it back. Now, I don't know if this, does this sound confusing to you or does it sound strange? Does it sound like something you can't do? Does it sound like that? Does it really? If, if, if you do say so, if you think so, to build a relationship. How do you build a relationship? What, what kind of a relationship would you want? Like say you want to you want to you want to build a relationship with a gal. How do you do it? You you have her company and then talk to yourself. Do you do that? <laughs> it's true, really true. To have to have to have this this method or this way of life. Man, I got really. You got to help me, man. You got to tell me what to do because you see, the reading of it. I think in terms of an alcoholic. I think I'm smart. I think that I know every damn thing there is to do because I read it. I heard you say it. I know what the heck. I understand what to do. I don't understand what to do. I've got to have help, and that's what this means. And on page uh, fifty-nine in your big book here, on your uh, twelve by twelve. 
Hence, it was most evident that a solitary self-appraisal and the admission of, of our defects or my defects based upon that alone wouldn't be nearly enough. I had to have outside help if, we, if I was surely to know and admit the truth about myself. The help of God and another human being. Help of God and another human being. Another human being isn't the bartender. The other human being isn't somebody that's struggling and mean and mad and upset. The help of another human being is a sponsor that has a way of life that's an attraction, that has a message that I need to have in my life also. The help of another human being is important for me to know so that this here life that I have, that I can tell you, man, I ain't so damn smart after all. I need some great help here. I want to live better than I'm living. I don't know how to do it. Could you help me? And to be genuinely concerned and need and need that and want that, that's what Alcoholics Anonymous is all. That's why it's a fellowship. That's why it's brotherly and harmonious action. That's what the message is. That's what God wants out of each and every one of us, to help each other with brotherly and harmonious action. This is the solution that I'm talking about right now. If, if you guys don't know what I'm saying about that building a relationship, we can talk about that because it saved my life. Man. It took me anywhere I go, out of my boat, in my car, my truck, or any place I go. I've got God with me, and I talk to God. I've got his presence with me. You know why? It's because I practice his presence, not mine. I have a relationship, a relationship, not a praying relationship, a relationship. A living God, a living God, not a praying God, a living God. Man, I'll tell you, that's hard to hear, maybe. But if it isn't done, it won't happen. Not for an alcoholic. I know it didn't happen to me until the time came that I had to do exactly what I had to do. And if you're talking to God as much as you can, you're talking to God as much as you can throughout the day and trying to relate to your life. Is there any, you might maybe name a couple other considered things that you might do in a day Well, the reason I talked, the, the reason why I said that that way is because of what the step implies and what it's for. It says, I came to believe in a power greater than me that could restore me to sanity. Now, I didn't know the difference between thinking and self-talking. Now, self-talking is wrong, see, because self-talking, I become the, the power or the or the authority for my life because I'm the one that regulates things. I'm the one that says it's wrong, right, and so on. And I'm not referring to thinking now at all. Thinking is good because thinking is, a, is an involuntary, it's a straight thing that goes all the time whether you're sleeping or not. I'm talking about self-talking. Now, if by that I mean if I, if I self-talk, I can't have a relationship only with me. That's all. Now, that relationship, it goes everywhere I go because, you see, I want to, I want to self-talk but not to me, but to God. But I don't want to make that self in there. I want to I want to be able to do what I'm supposed to do. Talk to something other than self that I can talk to. That's how I'm going to build a relationship. See, the relationship isn't because I get on my knees. It isn't because I pray and believe something. A relationship is a living thing that I do. As I walk and talk today, why can't I walk and talk with something other than me? Because I can't get away from me. Because every time I talk to me, I'm talking to the wrong power. I'm talking to my past. I'm talking to my defects. I'm talking to the argumentative person, the person that wants something and can't have it but still wants it. See, the reason I, I, I don't want you thinking I'm telling you that you have to pray to God, and that's what I'm saying. That's part of what you do, sure. But that isn't what I'm telling you that I had to do. I had to do something to get away from me. 
Now, at work, I had a one hell of a time because I'm so angry and I'm so tough and I'm so hostile that I don't know nothing else to do but do what I do and I'm an angry person. And all I do is just talk, talk, talk to my mind. I keep looking at the world, looking at the world, saying this, saying that. I have to stop that some way. I don't know how to stop it. There's no way I know how to stop it. But there is a way to stop it. Step two is what it's talking about. That's why you have to have an open mind. An open mind is a mind that we're occupied, isn't occupied by self. It's a mind that doesn't already feel, feel with pre preconceived ideas, with information that's got to be, and stuff like this. How in the hell could I do anything with myself? I can't do it. It's impossible. So to bring in the presence of a, of a power greater than me and talk to this power greater than me is no more than relating my life to something else other than me. Not, it, it's, it's, I know it's hard to hear this. I know it is. It's real strange. But it isn't, though, when you start doing it. When you start actually applying this, what I'm talking about, by using it. You'll find right away that you won't see so many things that are wrong. You won't think how to act where you used to think and how to act. You're occupied doing something different. Your mind isn't in control about your feelings and about your ideas and your preconceived ideas and everything else. You see, every time I go to self, I go right to my disease because that's my mind. That's a power. See, this, uh, uh, I'm saying the same thing over and over again. To me, I am. See? Now, I try to say it differently to you so that maybe you can hear a little more. So that a little more might make it maybe a little clearer of what to do. Because to tell you just to build a relationship and let you go with that, you might not make it. I don't know. I didn't make it. But I had to find out exactly what I'm saying right now. That you're going to have to help me. Help me see and do and things that I don't know how to see and do. And how would you do that if you stay within your own realm of your own power, your own mind, that you're so damn set, so, so strong, so powerful? How can you get away from self? Self will never let you get away. The disease says no. The disease tells me all the time, I'm all right. All I have to do is be more careful. Try to see if this if this isn't something right now that you could do from this moment on, even. See if you can't do it. See if you can't get some of your thoughts out of your mind. So they they're not a power form. They don't they don't influence you. They don't tell you things. They don't give you an opinion so strong about you. I know steps well. I was taught steps right from the word go. But I didn't know them as application. I didn't know that this is the, this is the message, the twelve steps. That's why a lot of you know, there's a, it's not controversy, but it's a, but it's a, uh, I don't know how to word it so it's different. Where others, others around you, alcoholics around you, will not want to do it or say you're doing something different than the book. No, you're not, or I'm not. Everything I've said to you so far, everything I have this moment right now, is backed up by print, backed up by others before me that have found this way of life. Now, out of these steps, now. Like I told you before, there's about 104 pages in the 12 by 12, or the 12 steps. And you figure this out. I don't know if it blows you or it blows me away. How could it possibly be that every one of us, whoever we are, from what walk of life, male or female, don't make no difference, whatever world or every country, whatever color you are, whatever you are, how could this do what it does for each and every one of us? How could we go daily into years of relationships, business, and everything there is to and lived in, in 
live happily, usefully, whole, to have a life that's a continuous, growing, good life, where you have you have relationships with people that you never could have before. Remember in page 53 in the 12 by 12, and it talks in there how I've been especially stupid and stubborn about these people that I fail to recognize I have the total inability, inability to form a true partnership with another human being, another person. Now, you know, that's something to look at and something to consider because this is what I'm talking about now. How not? Why not live in a good world? Why not have the world that's there? Why listen to something and then keep stumbling and struggling? Why listen to something that somebody else says, you can't do this, you shouldn't do that, you don't need to do that? And this era, I'm not kicking on these people and I don't want to criticize them, but I do want to say something about the message. And this message is what I talk about all the time. I don't, you know, I, I'm a guru. I'm, I'm a messenger. I'm not the message. I didn't write this. I don't know this any more than you do, other than application. To me, when I do it, I have exactly what it says I have. So, we can pick up more on this as we go along if you want. And I've heard you talk about in the past, but you've talked a lot about the book of the Sermon on the Mount helping you even go deeper with some of the things that have been said about these steps. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't want anybody at all, and unfortunately, to get the idea that I'm telling you to read the Sermon on the Mount, because I'm not saying that at all. But a long time ago, I'm going back a lot of years now, you got to realize what I, what, where I was at that time in, re, in relationship to the message to the meetings, to the <clears throat> to the amount of meetings or the amount of AAs and everything else, because there wasn't very much around in 1952. There was not. And this here message was not there for me to see. They might have said it, but I didn't hear it. And so I was going along with steps. Now, I can read steps. I got my sponsor, the step man, and he's pounding on me and everything else like that. But I still couldn't do the things that were necessary in application because I know or heard or read the 12 steps. So I heard this little old gal. I was back about 1954, and her name was Inez M. from Albany, and she talked about the Sermon on the Mount that she found the power that was helping her life. And so I thought at the time that if she could do it, I could do it. I went out and bought the Sermon on the Mount. The reason I bought the Sermon on the Mount is because of the way she talked. And I found out that in the Beatitudes, that the Beatitudes that are in there tell me exactly how to do something where the steps when I read them don't tell me how to do it because I don't know how to do it. And so I started to use whatever I read and whatever I could find in the Sermon on the Mount in application of the steps, not of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount did not replace Alcoholics Anonymous 12 Steps, did not. But it allowed me, though, to see things that I couldn't see out of the steps, to do things which in the Sermon on the Mount, when you read it, it'll tell you exactly what to do. And this had to be, for me, had to be that way so that I could do these steps. Now, maybe you can read steps, and somebody can tell you what they say or mean or how to apply them, where to use them, how to use them, and things like that. I couldn't do it. I got lost all the time. I got out in the world I was in, and the second I got out in the world, I'm with myself again. And I can't do nothing different than I did before. And I mean well, but I can't do well. The Sermon on the Mount, when I was working with Alfie a long, long time ago, I would never introduce the Sermon on the Mount to any alcoholic that I worked with until I figured that he at least had something in his life that he could call a power greater than himself or a God or whatever it was. No way, would, even today, no way would I ever tell you to go outside of these steps to read anything. And you tell me that you're doing something away from this year's program recovery as a baby of mine 
and you're out there yet. You're throwing, you're throwing fits. You're punishing your wife and everything else. And I'm going to tell you, man, you better get back into this this program recovery. You better leave that crap alone. You better change and find out what this is all about, or you're going to wind up either drunk or insane or kill yourself. Either one of the three. So this is important. I don't preach now to nobody, but you've got to realize, though, like I have to realize, that the message is in 12 steps. The language we use, the words that we use that I was talking about, I never knew this language. I never knew these words. And what that means is, is that I'm walking and talking this life today. And these words keep me alive in the program of recovery. And these words are the words that we talked already, like a willingness, you know. Then it's like step application. Now, step application is not application of steps. It's application of principles. Principles. You learn by numbers to keep you where you belong. They learn by numbers so that you can put them in a logical order form so to build a character from 1 to 12 instead of from 12 to 1 or whatever phase old, but you know. Now, I don't know if you think this is stupid, but one time I used to think it was stupid because if you tell me to do it from 1 to 12, I'll do it 1 to 12. But I forgot who I am. I'm allowed to go from 1 to 10. That's what I used to do all the time. You know what I used to do at 1 to 10? 1 is where I admit I'm an alcoholic and 10 is I'm sorry. I'm sorry about it. I go around telling everybody, I'm sorry, I'm alcoholic. I was doing step one and ten all the time. This, this is important, really. It's important here. Now, the reason I say here is because maybe you have the troubles I have. Maybe you do things that are not too, too cool. Maybe you get in trouble. Maybe you turn. Maybe you don't treat somebody or everybody the same way. Why not find out about that? Why not at least be presented with it? Why not even just look at it and see if if it's possible, that maybe you do this too. Keep an open mind. That's what an open mind. That's why step two is down in the second position. So that anything I say right now, your mind won't slam shut. You won't quarrel against it. You don't need to. Because you don't have to do it if you don't want it. But at least let it lay there. At least let it see that maybe, possibly, you might need a part of it. Maybe none of it. Maybe all of it. Who knows? But don't close your mind off to it. The closed mind, the willingness, is a character building, that the character principle, I walk and talk today with an open mind, and I walk and talk today, I've surrendered, I've surrendered my old self. I didn't end my old self, I quit doing something. I surrendered, I stopped doing me, and I'm trying to do the program recovery with God, the new character. It's a beginning, an ending, a beginning. That's a surrender, a true surrender. Oh, and, and if I just surrendered, what would I do after I surrendered? Just give up, just quit, just walk away? Then what would I do? See, I had to have something. So, the Sermon on the Mount, I read, I read every day. This is, this is me now. I read every day for 28 years. Sermon on the Mount, every day, 28 years. I read a page, I read two pages, I read a chapter. Maybe I read the whole chapter, I don't know. But I found out that in the beginning, that whenever I started my morning in my life, as I woke up, if I would do this, I could get farther into the day before I lost it. Now, that didn't see at the time. I recognized that. Because if I took a little slowdown, if I read something away from me and not me, if I stayed away from me just long enough to see something, something can be added to my life. And that's the purpose of step two. So that an open mind, I can be receptive. To something other than me. Speaking of step two, um, you've said a lot during this retreat, forming a, a working relationship with the living God. Can you talk about that? 
When I came here, I didn't have anything going for me from the church's prayers and background, Father's God, or, you know, any, no, no information. Now, I, I don't think it takes that, I don't believe that's a qualification thing to go either way, the same as if I did if I came here with one. Because, you see, in Alcoholics Anonymous, when, whatever I brought here, I have to stop it. I have to, I have to end it. I have to quit it. I'm building a new character. And this new character, whether I have a God or I don't have a God, doesn't make any difference. Whether I whether I do this or that, or whether I uh, whatever I have that I brought here, I have to I have to give it up. Just, when it says in fifty eight, some of us tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until let let go absolutely. What's my old idea? My old idea is whatever my mind can produce. Whatever comes out of my mind is an old idea. An old idea. So I've got to start realizing that these steps, what they're for. When step two says, I came to believe in a power greater than me that will restore me to sanity. Just exactly, what is that? How can I have something when I haven't even turned my will and life over to the care of that, whatever that is? I haven't done it yet. Step two, when it says my life's unmanageable, I found out that my life's unmanageable forever. Drunk or sober, rich or poor, makes no difference. My life's unmanageable means exactly that. By what I am. If I stay with me, I'm an alcoholic with alcoholism. Now they put the alcoholism in the front half of the alcohol. Now here comes the second half of step one. Here comes alcoholism. When I get into two, it's already established exactly who I am, what I am, what I do, the way I act, the way my world is, everything about me. And then step two says that I'm going to have to do something different now. And the only way I can do something different, I'm going to have to have an open mind. Because my mind, when it slams shut, will not do anything but what it does do. I've got a chance now. I've got a chance. If my, if I'll open my mind up, if my mind will become open, if I'll be receptive, you see, all of a sudden now, this here business we were talking about last night about about this this God, then praying to God, talking to God, and then expecting God to do whatever it is you tell Him to do, it doesn't work. Step two is going to stop this. Step two is going to show me that I'm going to have to do something because soundness and sanity of mind isn't picking up a glass. That would be stupid and insane to do that, but they're not referring to that. They're referring to the way I live, think, and act by a power which doesn't have a power anyway. I keep going the same source of supply in me. I keep doing this. It says I'm going to come to believe in a power greater than me. It didn't say a God. It didn't say a higher power. It said a power. That means it's acceptable. You can't wiggle out. You can't tell me anything now that you can say that you cannot have that step in your life. That's, all of these steps are written this way. That's just like when they say rarely instead of never. Things like that. Even Bill, when he was writing these steps, he, he kept reviewing them, reviewing them, reviewing them. They had to find a way to put the thing in an order of words so that you couldn't get out of it. You couldn't say, I'm unique, I'm different. That don't mean me. Everything in these here steps, and they're written in the past tense, too. But so this is something, here are the steps we took. They took them. What's taken from them? Reading them? Talking about it? No, they took them. They applied them. And that's what the book here says on application. Step two is where I come to believe in a power that's greater than me. And that doesn't name this power, so I'm willing to at least look at it and see what they mean now. Because if you'd have said I had to come to believe in a God, 
I wouldn't have done it. I would have, I would have walked away and maybe killed myself. Over it. I don't know. But I would refuse by one word, power, God. And yet all three says, as I understood them, so that in two, and I learned two in application, I can call him God in three, because he's a power greater than me. And this is something I never knew about. I was always thought in terms of being weak, uh, a, a God, maybe your God, or maybe my father's God, or whoever. I don't want none of that. I don't want your stuff, and I don't want to even have to believe like you. I don't even like you, period. <laughs> so, I already, I already... Yeah, I'm, I'm already programmed to argue. I'm already programmed to tell you that bull crap. This is me. See, if you get away from me, I have to open my mind up. That's a requirement now. Maybe today, maybe today you could walk the rest of the day trying to think in your mind how to keep your mind open. How to keep your mind open. Because to build a relationship now, how could you and I build a relationship with anything other than self when you live with self? Talk to self. Drive the car. Here I am in the car. I'm with self. Why can't I build a relationship with a power greater than me without even naming it? Why not talk to something other than me and get some results now? All I have to, all I have to do is you tell me how to talk to something else and I'm going to try it. I'm willing. I had the willingness in me to try something now instead of saying baloney, book that. Instead of staying with self and punishing myself in the world, tell me how to do it. And I learned a long time ago how to talk to God. At the time, I learned to talk to a power. I learned to talk to something else other than me. And the way I did it, I just talked about it the same way I used to train dogs in obedience. You talk to the dog. It keeps his attention. You share everything with him about the traffic, about the weather, about this and about that. You talk to him. His old ears stick up. He's alert. He hears you. And man, I'm talking to something other than me. I can know that I'm not listening to me because I'm not telling me what the thing can act to do. This is where I learned about this here self-talking as, as a power. Self-talking is a power. It's a power of self. And this this is not thinking. Don't get it mixed up. This is where I tell myself, you're wrong. This is where I tell myself, everything should be another way, or you're acting badly. This is self-talking. And how much self-talking you do, I don't know, but I used to self-talk all day long. To build a relationship, I'm not, I'm not telling you to get on your knees and pray. I had to do it. I had to just talk to a power greater than me. Just talk to something other than me. Well, how do you do that? You drive the car. You're working. Why can't you? I do it. I do it all morning long. In the way I do it that way, I say thank you. I praise him. I acknowledge his presence by being here. I'm not praying to him in the sense that I'm putting a petition in there or something like that. I'm discussing my life with him. I'm telling God that I'm very happy because he's in my life. That's a relationship. That's not a that's not a, a, a God of petition, a God of favors, or anything else like that. That's not a name God by going there and saying God this, God that. This is a relationship for a power that's greater than me. And it's just like right now. There's any one of us right now. Why can't you sit here and have a better thought in your mind by talking to God instead of talking to yourself? Every time I talk to myself, I always got in trouble. Doesn't make any difference because I got an opinion. It might be a good one, might be a bad one, but I still got that opinion. And so this is this is what influences my life. This is what tells me and makes me do things that I do. Why not have something there besides me, so that it can have or that or whatever you want to name it or how you want to do it? I don't care. At least make an effort. At least try it. See what you get out of it. 
I'll tell you what, it'll stop you dead in your tracks when you're getting so mean mad. When you're storming inside and you're looking at somebody with some ferocious eyes and you're thinking, try it and see what happens to your eyes and you're thinking. It's gone. Man, it's gone just damn near instantly. It just leaves. But you're doing something now different than you did before. You're under another power. You're allowing something else to be there. You let go. You're stopping doing something. Building a relationship is like right now. To build a relationship right now, why can't any one of us talk to God? Praise Him for thanking Him. Just thank Him for being here. To allow us to have a weekend at a retreat. To allow us to have whatever you believe is needed or whatever you receive or think you receive here. Why not acknowledge it to God? Thank Him for it. Praise Him for it. Keep His presence here. His presence here is in your mind. He's not over there in a chair. It's in your right. mind. This is how I this is how I live. This is what I do. All the time. Then I'm not looking and saying, Well, I'm gonna tell you, you know, uh, I do this here perfection, I do it hundred percent, but I'm not gonna cop out either. I do the best I can do the day I'm in and let God be there for me and then ask him. I'll ask him how I'm doing. Okay. Maybe speak up better than ask questions. I just talk real loud so take the mic and get everything. I'm an alcoholic. I can complicate a lot of things. How do I with this new information? How do I keep? How do I simplify it today? How do I keep it simple? Well, right now I've been saying the same thing. See, <sighs> let me tell you. You know, I got this on tapes more than once. That is that. I'll, I'll hold just like we're doing now and I'll talk for an hour, two hours, three hours and then one of the Alfies there will say, man, that sure sounds good. How do you do it? <laughs> I've been talking for two or three hours. The new character is how you do it. It's simple as that. But the building of the new character has to go through the 12 steps to become a new character. It isn't a question of now of the old character. It's always about the new character and the day I'm in, the daily reprieve. This here means now that I must build the character. But as I'm building this character in this here, this method and everything else, all, all that's needed in the day I'm in is supplied. I don't have to build the character by 12 steps and then have a relationship with God or whatever it is. I don't have to. They're in a logical order form. So when I'm building the character, the things that I'm building are necessary to build a character to live in the day I'm in so I can become a new character. Step two, then three, then four, and so on up the line. This new character, now, this is, this is, this is one of the questions all the time, is about step application, of going back and then picking up on something that maybe I missed and something like that. You can do that, certainly you can do it, but you can also change as you're building the new character so that when you of the life that you're in. It's coming from treated alcoholism. It's not going forward and all of a sudden find out that I'm a mean mother inside and I'm doing things now and the, there's a whole program recovery is not a program recovery and, and all kinds of thoughts come. It's an application. It's a building thing. So if you start, if you, if, if, like, like, like these guys know that, that if I have a baby and we're talking and they're having and they're having trouble or anything else like that. I must have I must have done something wrong. He might, but I must have done something wrong. So I have to take him back in the ABCs. If I worked with you personally, I would run you through the ABCs, and then I'd run you through steps one, two, three, 
And then I'd ask you, you tell me what ABCs means to do. And you tell me what you think of one, two, and three. Let me see just exactly what you have inside of you as a new character. Then, and only then, do you go farther ahead. If you don't know, or if you think you do know and it's wrong as far as the way it's treating your life, then we'll go back to the ABCs, one, two, three, and we'll start all over again. Because this is where I have to make a beginning, and I have to make the kind of beginning, because the application of the steps have to be there to change the character. How can I go one, two, three, and only know three, and then think I can go forward? I can't. It's impossible. The building of the character, I left out step one and two in application. What do you think I'm going to do now? Man, I'm in deep trouble. Now, not only do I, 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 I don't, uh, the, where I admit I'm powerless over alcohol, I don't admit that. I don't even know what that means. I'm not going to get somewhere down the line and think that alcohol is needed. Because I didn't do step two either. I didn't build a relationship with the power of me and I'm going to listen to me and I'm in trouble again. That's why I believe that this message for any alcoholic will do exactly what's needed to be done to treat his alcoholism. Once they believe that this message is delivered, I don't believe you have to blow your brains out. I really believe that. This is something that I've seen in some of the in different outcomes and years, in my own life too. Without this message, man, I'm lost. I'm, I'm dead. I'm, I'm living in a world that's, that just keeps turning upside down all the time. But this message has to be delivered because it's this message. That ain't my message. I don't have a message. Everything I said is in print. Everything is in print. What's the matter? Right. Well, I'll tell you, I, I remember well uh, that process, the one-on-one process that, that was necessary in my life. The, the reading and then the, the explanation and then the articulation of it. And what does it mean to me? Or you don't go anywhere. So, boy, yeah. I used to dread going to his house. I had to talk. <laughs> and he was going to listen. He heard everything I said. And that's what he's saying. How do I do this? He said, I'll tell you what he's talking about. That's all he talked about yesterday. How do I do this? Half of those questions, sitting right there. How do I do this? In spite of the fact that all he was talking about is how do I do this? Now that's my action. That's what I take to it. He tell me how to do it, and I say, but how do I do it? He did my head. It shut me off. I called the slammer. Just an open mind. I was more concerned about getting the language right than I was about getting the experience. Experiencing the growth. Opening my mind so that someone can go in and have control. Trusting enough. Trusting enough so that the information there and the love that was there that was healing me could come in. That's all that was necessary. Let it happen. And you take the step in the follow direction. Take the step for me. Do what he told me to do. I question. Accept what he said. Like you say, how do I do this? I appreciate it. And like I say, that's all I wanted to know. How do I do this? How do I do this? Give it to me. He said, I can't give it to you. But I lay it out for you. If you want it, you can pick it up and you can do it. But you have to have a relationship with the power the way you're going away. I appreciate that. Every time you talk about that, I just have to shake my head and laugh. Before I tell you what, I sure didn't like to go up to your house at all. Not long. Or anywhere else you work. I'm <laughs> 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 <laughs>
alcohol. I was talking yesterday about the twofold nature about the physical allergy and the mental obsession. I always equate the mental obsession with the obsession to drink. And what I, I heard you yesterday, maybe this is just me that heard this. I heard the mental obsession is that alcoholic insanity, that that stinking thinking, you know, that 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 world that's upside down all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I wonder if you could maybe just elaborate on that a little bit or clarify that for me. Well, in the beginning, the mental obsession to, dis- to describe the disease in step one. It has to be. It has to be described for what it really is, because it is a mental obsession and a physical allergy. But the mental obsession is more than just drinking. And when he talks in uh, in uh, chapter three about how I, I I still think I want to I want to drink like my fellow man or be able to drink, but the obsession though is where the disease lies as far as the thinking process about brilliant character, the obsession. It's not just about drinking. I'm, I become an obsessed person. I become somebody that doesn't know a, a, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm obsessed with everything. And when it started out, it was about alcohol. But then after the obsession was there, the obsession is a mental condition, a mind condition. It's something now that the, the alcoholism is being described. And that's why it says that the allergy is the only one I could do 100%. Is because I don't, I, I could go through the world and never put alcohol in me. So the allergy will not come out. An allergy isn't breaking out of my eyes. An allergy is breaking out of jails and institutions and, and lost jobs and lost wives and all that. The allergy, I never looked at the allergy as an allergy. But to describe the allergy of alcoholism, how would you describe it? You know, I've had these questions put to me by others that all of a sudden, right out of the blue, here comes a, I never heard this question before years ago. Just exactly, what is an allergy? What is alcoholism when they say it's a mental obsession and it's a physical allergy? What's a, what's a physical allergy? Man, I'll tell you, this is something to, to talk about. Because to think that I know exactly what a physical allergy is and I don't look at it, consider it, I might think that it's just the fact like somebody eating strawberries and they break out in hives and that's all. Stop eating strawberries and your, and your, your hives go away. That's not the allergy. The allergy is a performance that I give in all of my affairs that it gets so ratty and so rotten, it turns on the world. That's not my mind alone turning on the world, that's my body, the allergy. You guys, you better, I had to look into this for what it really is. That's why you hit police cruisers, I hit police cruisers, head on. Never even see them. That's the allergy, that wasn't a mental obsession. The allergy is my body couldn't function. The allergy is really something to look at. The the obsession, the mental obsession, becomes a way of life where as I started to drink and as I started to, to live in the drunken world, the drinking world, the obsession was all the time is I'm not going to drink like I would say to myself. I'm not going to drive. I'm going to go straight home from work. I'm going to get all cleaned up and take her out to dinner and then go get a couple of drinks. And the mental obsession said, no, you ain't going to do that at all. You're going to go down to the bar and suck on that juice because this is where your life is. This is where your happiness is. This is where all fun and all good things are. And I started living a life by a mental obsession of drinking, of, of hooking up everything to drinking. The drinking for me was the world I wanted to be in because it was a good world. It was a smooth world. It was a happy world. But it was killing me and I didn't know it. The mental obsession, even today, like just today, I haven't had, I haven't had a, a 
an idea. Ever since I got out of the hospital, I can't remember. A mental obsession and wanting to drink. I, had, I don't recall any time at all that I need to think in terms of drinking. Never once. And that's, I don't know if that's because of the hospital or because I hit bottom hard enough or whatever that is. But I don't fight the mental obsession. I don't think it's a good idea to go over there and smuggle this goddamn world with alcohol again. The mental obsession to think that there's an answer there for me, I just haven't, I just haven't had it. Mental obsession, I don't know if, uh, your mental obsession about your alcohol, how it is today, or how it's been, or how it's got there, but you should talk about it, though, to see if there's anything that we can say about it. If it's a struggle, or if it's a, if you still think that maybe you're not an alcoholic, maybe you're not, not, maybe there's, maybe I couldn't. I get a lot of babies like that, but they don't want to be an alcoholic. In fact, they're angry about it. Why the hell do I have to be an alcoholic? Why can't I go out and act like other people? I've got one just recently like that. That's the, that's the mental obsession. That's not the attitude. The mental obsession is talking to them, telling them something. It happened to be a woman and a man that's doing it right now. And they keep, they, they, they keep right away, as soon as any, any troubles or anything happens, the day doesn't turn out too smooth, they blame it on this. I'm an alcoholic. I don't want to be one. Why the hell do I have to be an alcoholic? Why can't I be like somebody else, go out there and have fun and drink? Man, that's, 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 I never did have fun out there like that. See, so your obsession to drink like your fellow man, like in chapter three is talking about there. I don't have that. I don't know about you. said about um, building a relationship with uh, with God with another power being a, an ongoing thing that you don't you don't do it all at a stroke um, and I also heard what you had to say about uh, about talking to that power when you when you are angry you know, you've talked a lot about anger and that that's something that I struggle with still on a almost daily basis, if not daily. My, I guess, my question is, I find, I'm thinking of a particular day a few months back when um, my spiritual state was was as good or, or maybe maybe better than it had ever been, and I I'd gotten up and I I. Done the, done the reading and I'd done the writing that morning and, you know, and I talked to, I talked to people during the day that, and, and commented on, on just how, how good I felt along those lines. Well, in the afternoon, um, someone that I, that I do a lot of business with, um, threw pretty much a fuck up on their part, did something that got the company that I worked for Potentially into a lot of hot water with um, with the IRS, and uh, I lost it immediately, and I couldn't get it back. I mean, I, and I and I wasn't unconscious about it. I mean, I, I I was even aware that it was kind of ironic that you know that I'd been in what I thought was such a good space that morning, 
And, uh, you know, and here I was practicing the old character with a vengeance. So, just wondering, I mean, do you have any, any suggestions as to, as to what a person might do? Because I have to look at what, what's going on here. And then, see, that's something that I have to do in my own life. I can't just sit there and say, now, what do we do up there? I've got to find a way to make this real in my own life. And how important it is for me to present to me a situation that requires me to them to look at me. Do so. But I don't just assume that I have that. And, and that's what they said about Fred. Fred had this trouble with more about alcoholism. And he said that when he got to these people, they kind of giggled a little bit. And they sat down and they began to identify but the, you know, he said, are you really licked? And he said, yeah. And you think, well, okay, well, let's go on to the next step. But they didn't stop. They, even though Fred said he was licked, they said that they shared with him story after story. And that process snuffed out the last conviction of hope that he could be the doctor. He said, I never knew what that meant until it was done. He said, that's what you've done a little bit more this weekend. You've helped me lose my hope. I thought maybe he was going to go. But the first process of that was to lose something. It was in the life that I come. And then I'm open to the thing that was possible. Very grateful for uh, for Ed Shepherd to give a before him and you and Ron and all the family. I'm an alcoholic. Um, it's been a, a very useful time for me. Uh, my own program has been rather at a low end. Need to be reborn, it seems to me. And uh, Bob. Um, but me at several different points the levels of understanding that I haven't had, haven't been exposed to before. And that, you know, that doesn't happen to us very much, that we get a new understanding of part of the thing. So it's most, most rewarding, but it does refresh. And also, as I mentioned to some of you, I have a 15-year-old grandson who is incarcerated for our disease. And uh, I have been fooling uh, around with how I'm going to say some things to him for about a week and a half. God, 
that he stands ready to help, uh, that there are fellow alcoholics that I can turn to because I can't do this thing alone. Uh, I truly love to. Hell, I'd love to rewrite the book. Uh, there, there's a lot of things I'd love to do. The fact is, I'm a sick puppy, like you're talking about, David. I uh, and I get sicker it seems like every day. And uh, th- this is nice. This reminds me of that of in the big book where they talk about being armed with the facts. You know, there are times people ask things of me, and I, and I just I just didn't know how to say it. I knew what I felt. I knew what I'd been taught, but I, I didn't know how to say it to them. And and listening to Bob and and, and thank you, Bob. Listening to you helped me a lot. And and, and uh, I, I guess the, it comes back to that that, that bottom line is that the most important thing for me to, is to go back and, and pass on what I can. And then, you know, I'm real grateful too for my flight companion. You know, I, I hate to fly. I, I really do. Can't stand it. And uh, as fate would have it, I was right next to the emergency door. And, and, uh, and the wing was right there, so I was okay. You know, my, and my ego even, you know, 30,000 feet up, I figured the door's there, I got the wing, I'm still going to be okay. <laughs> and, uh, so thanks to my flight companion, uh, this, this has been a wonderful venture for me. Uh, what a gift. You know, what a gift, uh, to be here and, and, and to be, and to be sober and to be, uh, uh, at least have enough clarity of, and openness of mind to listen to what Bob was talking about. Uh, and, and I'm really, really grateful. Thank you.
opponent that's saying prayers. And I literally did that. You know, when someone said that to me, I do those things. That, uh, you guys show me how to do that. So anyways, make all so short. Uh, it didn't go too well, you know. And everybody appeared to say, like, oh, see what happens when you pray. And it, it, a few times, what happened was a few times we did get a rally. So I thought, to me, that worked. And it was good. Um, I, you know, I came up here and, uh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't think it was, it was necessary or needed, you know, and, uh, I managed to end up with six or seven little pages of notes, and I don't know where that came from, I don't know, uh, and I don't know what I'm going to do with it.
one real specific thing that I that I heard today, and uh, I sure hope I can uh, can keep the message fresh in my mind, uh, is the is the distinction on the seventh step between uh, defects of character and shortcomings. And if I if I understood that right, it's about about the difference between between taking the actions that I need to take today um, with God's help, so that so that maybe those defects of character can be can be lifted mm-hmm. in the long run. Because I think part of the part of the reason that I was real unhappy with recovery with my recovery um, is that I saw the defects were still there. Got through um, most of the steps, and it was like. Gee, this stuff isn't fit. Missed something here, and now I now I have a better feeling about that being process. Um, aside from all of that, it just really does my heart good to be up here with uh, with all you men. Um, curious about your recovery. It's excellent. It's really excellent. Thanks. <laughs>
And, uh, you know, I, I get to coasting. I get into neutral and I get to coasting because life is so good, you know. I'm just coasting along, you know. She isn't this great. Life's wonderful. Let's go to a meeting. I'm happy. You know, and I, and I realize when I hear this message, when I hear, you know, I, I realize, whoops, I'm skimping on the old family recipe here. You know, <laughs> there's a lot more I can be doing. You know, and that's the great message that, that Bob brings to us and that he's carried down through this chain of sponsorship and everything. That no matter how much time we have in this program, his expectations are that his life will continue to get better. You know, with, with almost 42 years of sobriety. And so here with, at, at seven years of sobriety, I can look at that and say, wow, I've got something ahead of me. Now, but I have to do these things that we've talked about this weekend and that I've heard through my own sponsor. I have to do them on a daily basis. And i got to take the car out of neutral and put it in drive. If I don't take the action to go along with it, that eventually I'm going to coast right off the cliff or off the track or into the wall or whatever. So this weekend was a wake-up call. Again, thanks for all of you. Mm-hmm. Don Joe, up on that ball. So, <laughs> Pass the message to share the experience. And my friend Charlie, myself, if your if your room is unbearably warm, there's a switch up on the wall that turns the air conditioner on. I'm uh, I'm humbled and I'm uh, very grateful to be here. Um, the name change, stories change. Um. Not every story is the same, but I think a little bit. It wasn't two weeks ago. I was in that, that shopping cart. And then pissed off. Yeah, I drive the thing the same way. Um, and so many things that you all part to me. Uh, I'm so grateful to hear on a weekly basis because that sustains me uh, into the next week. And I've tried personally real hard to, to read the book, do the right thing uh, that we're told to do. Things don't seem to be gone. I haven't seen it be gone in way. And, uh, I guess, and while I haven't really been belligerent, I honestly haven't been belligerent, I've tried to be as receptive to the program and talking to people, to listening to you all and how it's working for you. Um, it, there's things that haven't worked. And I want to thank you, Bob, that I finally I did that, that I'm either in God or in the book. And, um, from, uh, one person in our group, Sitting around one night, but now I get up every morning to read. Oh, interesting idea. You know, maybe I'll try that before I get rolling that way. I've tried to do that. I've tried to practice these things. I know that what I have to do for myself today is that I have to discipline myself to practice this program, to work with this program, and to experience this program. And I was thinking, how do I practice the presence of God? Because I'm either going to be in the presence of God. There's some things that are happening in my life right now that are. Literally, I'm on the edge of making major decisions, and I'm saying they're going to be mine, they're going to be God's, but I don't want them to be mine. Uh, I really want to be doing what God would have me do so that in whatever days I have left on this planet, that I might continue to carry the message. I might continue to have this peace and serenity that I can have in my life. I'm thinking, I'm at that point, I'm going to put TPOG, practice the presence of God. And uh, thank you very much for being here and for imparting the message to me. I'm just really grateful to be here and to be surrounded by all of you friends. Thank you. Jerry Hicken, alcoholic. Thank you, Bob. One more time, you know, 
you never get tired of hearing the message, we won't love it. And uh, I remember you mentioned one thing about gratitude, gratitude is a gift from God. And uh, that's something I need to talk about. And gratitude to our first for both of you. I'm not able to be up here talking because, uh, number one, you know, uh, I just want to live in a world comfortably, you know, where I can live in. And uh, without having a drink. And Ron says, well, you can do that. You can do these certain things, you know, which is working the steps, you know, daily basis and, and trusting in God, you know, by versus trusting God in the steps. So I can say most of the time today I'm able to do that. Most of the time I'd finally be able to live in a world comfortably within my own skin where I don't have to You know, and that's what it's all about. That's why I live. You know, and that's something, like I say, for 40 years, I wasn't able to do that. There's a lot of gratitude in that, uh, you know, that comes from that thing from God. I wouldn't be able to say it if you have to talk about this. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Bob McConnell. I'm a triple alcoholic. And my sobriety date is 10-20-1986. And my home group is Friendship Park. And uh, we have meetings there uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 10 o'clock. Uh, and uh, you're welcome. Um, I'm self-centered and uh, fearful to the bone, and, and uh, thank God that I know that. So, uh, and, um, uh, this retreat has been on my mind for the last you know, couple of months. I set my check in quite early because I, I knew I, I turned 40 years old and um, and it was it was no birthday has really meant anything to me except for this one is kind of different and uh, uh, just leading up to the day I knew I was going to be safe because uh, anytime I remember in a, in a group of um, you know, brothers and sisters I would have uh, so back to being selfish and self-centered whoever got the cake I want to say thank you for bringing the birthday
you know, practice these principles, you know, in all my affairs. I, uh, I've been kind of sliding, you know, resting on my laurels and uh, paying a price for that for a while. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I hit a bottom about eight years sober. And, uh, you know, so just through some circumstances in my life, some situations that came up and, uh, I hit a bottom and I reached out to Ron for help and, uh, and Jeff Atkinson gave me some tape uh, the retreat that you guys have been on, so three years ago at that time in, uh, Mexico. And I'm a truck driver and I drive up down the road a lot and I listen to those tapes for hours on, on end and it was, it was the first, really the first, uh, uh, you know, message or whatever that I heard that really applied to me when you talked about her people you love and not knowing why and doing it again and pushing each other and in a world that you can't accept. And I mean, that shit just hit me right between the eyes. And, uh, and I really opened up to maybe that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the, the concept of the alcoholism in my brain, it's the, the mind condition that we talk about. And I really accepted that. And I, uh, uh, I, I got into, with an open mind, I got into, uh, the working the steps and I got, I got some relief from that alcoholism. And, uh, so I know it works for me, but, uh, what I also know is that I have an ego that, that will not quit. And, uh, I, I, you know, cried, uh, you know, it's my profession of character defects. And, uh, when I, when I stop, uh, going to God for the answer, when I, when I start depending on me again, I get the same results. And that's what I've been getting. And, uh, so I'm, I'm glad that I'm here because, uh, I heard again. And, uh, you know, that the, that the reason is the God and I think God. And I believe that's the reason. You know, and when I go to God and I ask God for help, um, it really works for me, and it's it's hard work because uh, you know that's not my normal state. You know, my normal state is looking out for me, you know, and being selfish and self-centered. And, uh, but I pay the price for that, and the price is you know the price gets too high, and uh, prices become too high one more time. So I'm, I'm I'm back in that willing place. I think I'm back in that place where I'm willing to uh, to listen to the solution and try it. You know, to go out and, and you know, backing down, that's one of my hardest things, saying I'm sorry, and admitting I'm wrong. It just kills me. It kills my alcoholism. It kills the person I am. But uh, when I don't do that, I pay the price for it, and the price gets too high. So, uh, you know, I guess I get beat into a state of reasonableness or something, but uh, I feel like a backer, and I feel like I'm ready to, uh, to reach out and to, uh, you know, start working this program and give my life. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for all you guys. That was great work on alcoholics. And uh, this is the third one of these I've had the chance to attend in the last 15 months or so. And I'd like to thank uh, you guys who put it on and got to bring up to Now, the first one I saw like a son. Uh, I'm grateful to have heard within the first month of getting sober about ego alcohol itself and the shoot there. It's first something in me to want to have what you guys have and to try to do what you told me to do. And I did that and I continued to try to do that as quickly. The second one I went to, I saw like an umbrella. You know, I sat in the room and I was pissed off. The keyboard didn't want to hear this. I was back. And uh, lately, what's happened to me was uh, uh, I kept seeing in the 12 and 12 in the second step about the man who has religious beliefs who can't stay sober and staffing the people around him. And it says very clearly that the problem isn't the uh, 
the quantity of his statements released instead of the quality of it. And that the fact is he hadn't cleaned house to allow God to come into his life and affect the change. And I saw myself getting that point. I did a four step when I came in here and dumped the load that I brought in. But, uh, you know, alcohol is a tough time. And so uh, I had to get a little bit more to be with girl. I went back and tried to do it again and share it with another alcoholic. And what I saw was a person who has some very deeply ingrained uh, beliefs uh, that just shut God right out of the way. Money and material things and whatever people think. And, uh, man, the defiance was on me uh, right away. And that's what I think that they described. Uh, struggling and untreated alcoholism in my life. So this, this retreat, when, when I'm trying to open up to is what do I do? Uh, I think a lot of things I read. Uh, I listen to what you guys say, but it isn't until I start doing something different than the book tells me to do in the church. And when you guys share about what you do to get a different result in your life, and then when I see you doing it, and the results that it produces, then I say, I want to do something. I'm going to stay sober because I know I can't stay sober. I'm going to take this on the offering in January. <laughs> My name's Drew. I'm an alcoholic. Thanks for having us up. The thing came about. I'm kind of a fill-in for uh, another guy that couldn't make it. I guess it came through Ron to Adrian first to me, and uh, I didn't quite know what to expect. And it was a last-minute thing. I think uh, the opportunity came up, and I said uh, on last Sunday. Well, I'll let you know tomorrow, and I and I talked with my wife, and, and I called him back and said, I, I'll go. And, uh, you know, I need these kinds of things. When I got here in Alcoholics Anonymous, I was fortunate there were people in place that could could make me identify with what I was, and they showed me the book and what I found in that book and through the film that would make folks that call on me. I found myself and I could identify and I knew that I was alcoholic. There was no question in my mind. I had admitted it years before. I knew I was alcoholic. The the doctors had told me I was alcoholic. Uh, Everyone in the world knew or was willing to admit that Drew was alcoholic. And when I got here and I heard a very simple story, a man tells me a story that he was alcoholic and I could identify with the way his life had gone. And I said, there's something that maybe, maybe there's a chance. So I, I spent some time in here before I heard the message of what the steps alcoholic was. Because what I thought alcoholic phenomenon was was my people gathering around, going meeting, talking, bullshit, the same things I used to do in Florida. And I thought that's what it was. And I thought this was a good substitute for that. And it was for a while. If I stayed dry long enough to the meetings, I'd get to hear the message about the steps, and I was able to move forward. You know, I uh, I know not how a lot of things work in my life, but I but I know today there are a lot of miracles in the world. Uh, two years ago today, uh, I lost a woman uh, that I sobered up with to cancer. Uh, we were in our sixth year of sobriety at that time. That had it been for I became able to work those. I, I don't know that I would have ever survived that. Oh, you know, and it's, it's the same thing with the pain that we go through. Now, Paul is 
gone through, because I've, I've gone through a lot of pain. Each one of those, from each one of those teams, there has been growth. And what I can tell you about the experience of, of a couple of years ago is that it took, it was a three month period for this transpired for that death to take place. And, and after that, after that was all over, it, it finally occurred to me that not once in three months that I had that alcohol been a part of the solution to these pain. And it, it was a realization that. You know, you don't. It's, it's, it's the kinds of things that happen in my life today that drive the point home. The, the program about Alcoholics Anonymous, I refer to the program about Alcoholics Anonymous, I refer to the best of 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 the best that I best of the 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 a lot of new things in his life. I'm grateful for him. Grateful for you. Thank you, everything. I'm Jerry Holfair, and I am an alcoholic. I've been for some time. My only regret is thought that I probably am not going to live long enough to have 42 years in this program. <laughs> I got a good start. Uh, we've uh, certainly had the opportunity to get our Battery charge uh, this week in. Uh, we've talked a great deal about uh, steps, their application, the importance of, of spiritual life. And um, I would like to relate to you a uh, brief experience I had just the other day, which on one side of the coin is rather humorous. And on the other side of the coin, it's very frightening to me because I did something I had no business doing. And I know better. And it's a result of not completely working or applying the full program of alcoholics. None. My retirement avocation is a school bus driver. And as a result, I'm up and down the freeway every day. Normally doesn't bother. But just the other day I had had this come up. Where I, I was in the slow lane, it would get slower and slower. I was attempting to move over to my left. But there was some asshole riding right on my back end <laughs> in the lane I wanted to get into. He wouldn't slow down, he wouldn't speed up, and I couldn't speed up because of the traffic problem. I tried slowing down. He slowed down. Well, this went on for several minutes, several miles. Finally, he up and took off. So as I saw this in the mirror, I put my arm out the window, and I went like this. This is the first time in, a, in years that I've done that to anybody. What happened? The kid sitting behind me, he says, Hey, guys! Jerry just gave that guy the finger! <laughs> I, uh, I was not entirely proud of him. <laughs> but uh, 
the frightening part of it is that there was a breakdown in my program. Uh, I let that incident uh, govern the action, my actions, which were certainly not appropriate under the circumstances. What I guess all this is indicative of is this disease is so patient and so devious and so deadly, it can raise its ugly head any time if you're not constantly aware of what's going on. Oh, well, if that's any value to anybody, like so be it. Uh, it made an impression on me. And uh, I will attempt to keep my arm in the window from now on. <laughs> the, uh, I will certainly have enjoyed the, enjoyed the message you will hear this weekend. Uh, I can only say that I know it works. I'm sure I can work it more thoroughly and probably better. But it's given me a way of life that was superior to what was available before. Thanks to all of you who are Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, uh, the God whom we share. Uh, we're all here today and we can be happy. Thank you. All right, I'm Chuck. Yeah. Uh, an alcoholic with alcohol. Uh, I had uh, I had heard that phrase, uh, I'd heard David say it a few times, and, and, and I heard Bob say it today, and every time he said it, it just rolled over my head and it didn't make sense. And, uh, I talked about it last night, and when I talked about it, Ron at 80, Ron gave me a satisfactory explanation for that. She'll be down for now, anyways. Uh, I, uh, I got sober in Miami. Um, I was able to get a, get a nine-year chip the other night, actually on, on my belly button birthday. And I, I turned 44 the other day, so don't worry about 40. No big deal. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm real grateful for the people, for the guys that got a hold of me in, in uh, there's a room in North Miami called the North Miami Group. And in the, in the big book, it talks about uh, younger people coming into Apos Anonymous. And, and, uh, the people there sharing with them and, and, and so that they wouldn't have to go through the last 10 or 15 years of hell. And, and, uh, that happened to me. I was 35 at the time. And now I'm, I'm being, becoming more and more grateful for the fact that these guys did get a hold of me and told me, and when I first came in, told me under no certain circumstances, was I going to come in and sit on my hand and, 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 Sit in the back of the center and get to the meeting two minutes before it started and leave two minutes after it And I wasn't going to be able to conduct myself that way if I wanted to be a member of that group. And there was an old guy named Bill Whipple who told me, and, and if you're here to pick up chicks, or if you're here to do this, or if you're here to do that, you're in the wrong place. And I said, I just don't want to drink it. And he says, Well, that's what starts it. And, and uh, I was told I was going to be God in my life. On a daily basis, uh, I was, uh, they asked me if, if, if I could stop drinking on my own, which was possible. I couldn't. And I tried so hard to stop drinking on my own. And it just couldn't happen. And I, and I said no. And they, they said, well, you're not going to be able to, to get sober. And you're sober. You're going to be healthy. 
around you, you can meet with God so that you can call him. You know? And so by doing that, I was I was scared what I've heard a lot of people here talking about the two and a half years, seven years of of, uh, of not drinking, but just being I I personally don't. I would have had you have my admiration. I I've just got something well, yeah, I don't know what I. At any rate. Um, I wasn't here for this last year. I, I was in May. I hope you haven't been all this all the time. Leave your book in May. But uh, it, it's certainly been an a, a interesting experience. Um, I, I related to what Bob was saying. He uh, was saying his personal experience with his wife. Uh, my father passed away. I was 11 months old. He died in 1986. And after talking with my sponsor, I... I uh, I was able to, in, he's very sick, and in a moment of clarity, he was in and out, but I was able to speak with my father and make, make good enough amends at the time to where, um, uh, I don't know, I felt better and, and, and he knew what was going on in my life. So, uh, that was a blessing. God moved me to California 3,000 miles. He allowed me to have a job. And, yeah, he, he, Things have happened for me in this program are unbelievable. I continue to happen. And uh, I need to be here to have uh, the, the message driven on the move. I was talking about driving the message on. And I get picky and I want to dissect it. I want to say, well, this word, blah, blah, blah. And, this and that's, that's the disease of alcoholism, you know, just screwing me around. I'm not living today with the old character. The old character is there, because that's me. That's my mind by itself, by the power. When I stay in the new character, meaning that I have a power that's greater than me, and I have a method, a way of life, that I can build a character and principle so that as I live today, my mind doesn't have to search out and see what it needs to do for anger, for any other thing like that. It isn't there to do. Even though it's there, it's not there because it's still me. And so it's it's a hard concept to think in terms that you can walk and talk with a power greater than you, a God, in all your affairs. All your affairs is your living life as your life is lived. And this is, hard, this is a hard concept because, see, you keep going back to self. And when you go back to self, you're going to have to take all the information and all of the attitudes and everything that you've got in you. And this is where anger lies. Anger doesn't lie in the new character. This is why step four and five and six are there. This is why I said in six that I'm entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character forever. A lifetime job. So this is important now to see that let this come into your, 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 your real heart, your mind and your heart, to realize that no matter who you are as an alcoholic, you don't have to look at life like that no more. You do not have to go through such pain and suffering and everything else because of your mind doing something about something, because the God consciousness of your of the new character, the God consciousness of the new character, only means self consciousness isn't there. It means God consciousness is in principles of building a character, so that when I respond to life, whatever life is, for each and every one of us, whatever it is, I don't have to come with all my defects. I don't have to come with self. I don't have to come with memory. I got a file cabinet in my head that went back when what year I don't know. It's still there. I don't have to use it. The new character, it's a hard concept to get across. 
I keep pounding, 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 saying the same thing over and over. But it's not the same thing. It's new because this is now. This is brand new now to do. I have to keep going. You will have to keep going. If the disease needs you treated, it's the only way it gets treated. See, to look at something from the alcoholic or alcoholism side is to look at things and think in terms that you shouldn't do this or you're not going to do this. But how about getting on another side so you don't have to look for trouble or even identify trouble? You don't need to. There is a way to live without all of the pain and suffering, all the badness, all of the harm, the hurts, and everything else that goes on in your life. There is a way to do it. That's what this why it's called a program of recovery. If it was a program of failure, a program of certain days for certain reasons for certain people, it wouldn't it just wouldn't be there for it because it would be just like anything else is. This year program of recovery started June tenth, thirty five, and it was started by Dr. Bob and Bill Wilson, by God, so that each and every one of us now, we would have something that was never there before. A power that makes it possible with a method of living that guarantees you and I a way of life. This is certain. What you're talking about is it's hard to recognize self because when something comes and you give it energy, you entertain a thought and it becomes real. You can, you lack a power. You can't change it. You can't make it go the other way. That's what it means on page 45. Lack of power is your dilemma. Your dilemma. You could, you can you can do something. It's up to you. Do you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it? Then you're ready to take certain steps. Certain steps is application. New character, new building. It's a growing, growing, growing thing. So yesterday is life. I don't give a damn what you had yesterday in your life, or me either. I'm grateful and thankful and every other thing like that. But I do not use yesterday's performance for today's living. I don't do it. This is a brand new day with a brand new living God for today. Anybody else? What is it about? Oh, I uh, and some days for me it could be just coming home and seeing the kids across the street and how they get on my nerves or when I wake up in the morning. I had a certain thought. Michael or David was talking about it last night that sometimes I don't wake up and think, oh my God, it's doomed day to day or, or anything like that. But, you know, it can be like the, the, the five year old and the six year old that live across the street are getting on my nerves. And other days it's like they're the greatest kids in the world. Or for me, where I find that I have a lot of problems is at work. Uh, a couple of people I work with don't perform the way I think they should perform, you know, and, and, and they're always, well, you know, can you, can you uh, help me or, or whatever? And, and, and part of me is like, stay away from this guy. He's poison. He's going to drag you down with him. And, and, and I'll find myself ridiculing this person behind their back. And I always believe God has a way of presenting me just a pretty nice human being to treat him like that. Now, I know in my heart that that is wrong. That's wrong because my father always told me, instead of talking about somebody, what can we do to help that person? But there's a part of me that just doesn't want to stop bad mouthing that person and thinking I'm better than that person. And that can be at home too with my wife. You know, I know that I shouldn't, you know, snap at her. I don't like that fact that some days I snap at her and, you know, like, what? Just, just let me play Nintendo and leave me alone. You know, I just, don't bother. That's, 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 that's where my head goes. You know, I mean, I'm not making this up, but, you know, I can't get past that. And then I sometimes, a little question yesterday at work, it's like, 
If I don't do it, A, it's not going to get done right, and two, I don't trust anybody because you won't get it done on my timetable. Um, Bob and I talk about this. Bob from Salt Lake talks about my wife remodeling the basement. She was doing the basement. It was her project. My project was the, the, the grass. I'm obsessed about a green lawn. Well, I can tan. You see, honey? My, the guys came in. They got their stuff done. Now I can enjoy it for the rest of my life. It's taken you three months. I'd have had it done in a month, you know? That kind of thing. That's, 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 that's where I'm... That's where that's, that's those are the places I get stuck in, you know? I don't know if that makes sense. I have. No, it makes sense. Sure, it makes sense. You know, the, remember last night I was saying the Sermon on the Mount talks about thoughts that are like enemy soldiers. You know, if you let them there, how they dig in and they you can't get them out because they become a working process for your mind to use. And this is the same thing you're talking about. See, in the beginning when I was talking about, I was saying that it's not what people do out there that I see that upsets me. What upsets me is what my mind tells me about what they're doing. That's what upsets me. Now, that's what some of them to figure out right then and there, what I just said. Because that, you know, that sounds like a bunch of words. It maybe even sounds like double talk, but it's not. Because it's a concept in my brain that tells me how bad that is they're doing. And if right or wrong, it makes no difference. Because my mind will still tell me whatever it tells me. And so this is something to look at, see, as far as... So because, like you're talking about somebody making too much noise, or kids, or whatever it is, or something like that. That's what that's what uh, Dr. Silkworth was talking about when he says alcoholics drink for the effect because their vessel is irritable, discontented. That's alcoholism. That's not drunkenness or anything else like that. That means that the mind, there's something wrong with the mind, your mind, my mind. If it happens to you if you're an alcoholic with alcoholism, you're going to have to start looking to see exactly what's going on in your life. Because you see, you can't you can't just make people do as you want them to do. That's what's that's. That's a description of an unmanageable life. It's to live in a world wanting people to change and do something different. And they won't do it. And I've got an unmanageable life because of it. To accept another person, maybe your wife, maybe a girlfriend, maybe a neighbor, maybe a worker, maybe anybody, maybe a stranger even, to accept that person fully for whatever they do or say or be, that's a difficult thing. And the alcoholism, when it's not treated, won't do that. Can't do that. It's impossible. But there is a way to do that. That's what this program recovery is all about. So that I can have something now in my life that I never had before. A power that's greater than me that can do for me what I can't do for myself. That's exactly what that means. It doesn't mean this power is going to stop me from going there and smack my hand while I take a drink or something like that. That doesn't mean that. It means that this here power, down in two, I'm going to have to build a relationship so that I can do something with it. When I do something with it, what I do, I turn my will and my life over to his care. His care, instead of my care. Now, this is, these are principles. These are words that come out of here, but they're principles that I must be the character that does that to be the character he wants me to be. I must give my will and life over to God by principle. Then I'm that man. I'm not the old man. That's a hell of a message, man. This is hard to get across. And I'm saying the same thing I said before. I'm saying it a little differently now. But it's got to be done like this because... To, for me to say something, or you to read something, or listen to me, or something like that, and and then by power that you're going to use, you're going to kick it right out. You're going to throw that damn thing right away, whatever it is. It'll save your life, and you'll still throw it away. It'll stop you dead in your tracks and give you a beautiful world, and you'll throw it away. That's the disease of alcoholism, that's the power of self, 
That's the reason I keep coming here, by the way, because I'm not permanently cured. I'm not cured at all. I only have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of this, what we're talking about, a spiritual condition. You know, it's like, what was it, Big Ziggler says that you have to have, what is it, 16 times, hear something. Now, he's talking about the average person. 16 times before he can hear any part of that, whatever that was. Can you imagine if an average person takes 16 times? How many, how many times I'd have to take? Maybe 116? You know, something like that? That's because of the power of self. That's because of the mind that's injured, hurt, that keeps denying, keeps walking away from things, saying, man, I'll be, I'll be able to do that tomorrow. I <coughs>
that's going to be the judge, the jury. I can fire somebody. I've fired, I've hired those guys, many of them, and I've fired them too because they weren't competent, their jobs weren't good, they did more damage than with a car that it came in with and stuff like that. And that's, this hasn't got anything to do as far as because uh, you want to fire somebody, you think you're, uh, I don't know what you think as far as that, but, uh, but at least you have the right to run a business the way it should be. You have the intelligence God says he wants you to be, to have. To look at this world the way you should look at it, so that you can let somebody go without wanting to hurt them or anything else like that. This here way of life I'm talking about is in all of my affairs. All of my affairs is practicing these principles means each and every one of us, this whole world of alcoholics, can live in the world they're in now, so they don't have to drink or die or go insane. And this is what it's about right now. It's a hard concept to think in terms that I could be a man that I am in a bedroom with a wife. With a with a with a girlfriend or whatever. This is this is these are questions that were put to me. I can be that man because I am that man. That my mind, what it thinks and acts and does, it doesn't do what it used to do. It doesn't abuse people, hurt people, take advantage of people, throw people away. Get a friend, get a girl, throw them away. You use them up, hell with them. They're no good. This is all about the character that I am, an application of the day I'm in so I can walk in this world, whatever this world presents. doesn't make no difference. Whether it's here at the retreat or over at Ron's house or back in L.A. or whatever it's at, doesn't make no difference. I'm going go to I'm go to Denver Monday morning. I'll be there at 1020. When I'm there, God will be there with me the same as he's here right now. It's got to be that way because I cannot live no other way. But you see, I have to do it to know it. Before, I was just reading and listening to others and everything else. Never once was it in me. But the moment it became a working process in my mind, man, I'm going for this, I'm going for more. Teach me, show me, tell me. This is what this meeting, this retreat's all about, is to learn a great deal of what it is that we need to know about a way of life that we come here for. Why would you and I want to spend any amount of time like we spend here and then throw it away? Not use it, not benefit from it. People, especially people you love, when you're given an opportunity at least to be presented with it, to look at it and see, man, I need to have more. I've got to have more. That's what I did a long time ago. And to do that, this isn't preaching or anything else because you've got the will. You've always got your own will. You can throw out anything you want to throw out at any time you want. The difference lies in the fact that here, since I come to Alcoholics Anonymous, since this program recovery and God's in my life, you can't take it from me. You can't. You can't make me go out to that world out there and want to rip you apart. You can't make me want to hurt you in any fashion at all. You can't do it to me at all. You used to be able to. Somebody else would upset me so damn bad I couldn't even eat. You can't do that to me now. The reason you can't is because there's a power in my life that's greater than me that just says no way. There's no way to respond like that. You don't have information in your mind to treat, to treat somebody because they're acting badly. But you see, there's another ingredient there that I never looked at one time. You can't take it from me, but I can throw it away. I can walk away from this program recovery. I can walk away from God. I can walk away from the 12 steps and do my own damn thing. This is the free will that God says I must have. This is because I need God. I need God. I have to go there. I have to give him my will. See, if I was made to give my will to God, I wouldn't like it a bit. But it's not that way.
talk some more. See, you're bringing in something now, too. The same thing as it was said there before. Is that the, there's an ego factor involved in each one of us. And this ego factor that's in there just makes me think that I'm somebody special because I'm the boss or the owner of the business or whatever it else is like that. That puts me in a different category of life so that I can look down on people or I can dictate or I can direct traffic their lives or anything else as far as the way uh, the business is. Do it this way and only this way. If you don't this way, I'll fire you and stuff like that. Well, ego, it's not been talked a great deal of this time, but ego is in there to look and recognize and identify because I didn't know myself why in the hell I get so violently mad. At first I thought it was just alcoholism, you know, just a bad thinking process, you know. But there's more. There's a, there's a character in there, and the character is full of ego, and that's self. And this ego business that we're talking about, I'm talking about, it lies in the unconscious. There's not a thing about it that's up in my conscious mind. And it's already there in its fullest form. So to be able to to be able to have not not to have ego, but we'll have to identify and talk about it, but to be able to perform in a day and then so that the ego doesn't override or doesn't become the power or becomes the authority or anything else like that. Uh, you, the new character, when you when in the program recovery, when you start from two, three, and four, and as you're going along, the ego is being treated because of the application of the steps, especially when you get to seven. Because in seven is where you have to start giving instead of taking. And now this will put you down as far as before of doing things uh, only because you're going to gain or because you want it your way or whatever whatever the thing, the ego factor is in there telling and talking to you. And then ten also stops the ego now, right now, immediately now. You see, because ten says that it's a, it's a continual inventory, it's a personal inventory. So when I'm wrong, properly admit it. Properly admit it means no matter if there's a lot of a lot of damage there or if there's a lot of ego factor there, it all has to go. Every bit of it goes. So that's a method of living by a character 
And when I live like this, this character gets stronger in the message or in the application with God. So then you have to identify ego. And that's why Dr. Thibault plays such a big role for all of us, every one of us. This is his pamphlet, the four pamphlets, because of what each one says, that we can recognize and identify the things that are needed in our daily living life where the ego factor is there. Because we were, what we were talking last night about, uh, about uh, what was it? What was the subject matter of uh, complying? Uh, what was that one about? Well, no, it was yeah, but but it was about complying, about doing something. Was it you, Mitch, that was talking about doing something uh, under protest or doing some, something? Something uh, somebody was anyway. Well, anyway, what what I, what I'm referring to is the is that learning about how you and I as alcoholics have certain ways of looking at life and the day we're in so that we handle it, that we, we get by, or this, that, or whatever. And this is about doing things under half steam or protest. This is about, about uh, being forced into doing something I don't want to do. And then when I do it, I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm upset. And I'm doing something under protest, and I'll let you know it one way or another. This could be at home, mainly at home, too. And so this is about the ego factor, how ego will control me and how I'll comply and thinking in terms that later on, man, I'll come a day, I'll show you what I'm like and what I'm really like. I might have to do what I'm doing now, and I'm doing it under protest. Glad I'm, I'm doing it. I don't want to do it. This is a story about alcoholism is what I'm talking about. And this is going to jobs too, and have workers around you that are doing things, slam bang with these cussing and swearing. That's the way I was all the time. Man, I was a dangerous man. Because of the fact I was doing something and I hated every minute of it. But I had to go. So I was complying. Instead of surrendering, instead of surrendering my life of fighting, arguing, to start a new life, a beginning of a new life where it becomes happy, joyous, and free, I wouldn't do it. The ego kept me over in the crap all the time. The machoism, the strength of being thinking I'm so damn smart, so right, that I know more than you. All of this stuff is the same thing that applies on either side of the fence, whether you're an employer or an employee, it doesn't mean no difference. Because you can live in the days you're in. Like you say, you know there's some that are going to come that are going to go. But you don't have to get all upset about it, or you don't have to punish people, or you don't have to get there and, and hold a rule of iron so that they're all uncomfortable. The way you act, and the way you talk, and the way you do things, that's okay I think I asked you this last year a little bit about this, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to word it right or not. But the uh, book talks about precise TV shows, uh, precise, and I, I think this weekend has been real good. And, uh, and you gave a lot of examples, specifically precisely, about how you talk to this God that, that is in your life. And, and uh, my question is. Could you be precise a little bit, you know, some of the things you say, some of the, the length of time that you do, not that any always matters, it's just I just would uh, like to be serious thinking about some of the things, the relationship uh, could be good. Any words at all that you would say or I would say is sufficient, whatever it is, is uh, I was taught how to pray in the beginning because I didn't know how to pray. So I was taught to call on my God, to get on your knees, and to relate your life to him and your troubles and all of that. And this here, and then to thank him, and then get up from your knees and do this in the 
morning and night. And if you can do it during the day, do it anytime you can and so forth. There was a beginning in any kind of beginning that was good, regardless. There's nobody can tell anybody how to pray, how to act, what words to say, or anything else like that. But there is such a thing as identifying what it is you do and what you have to do. And that's exactly what this, what I do as far as the message goes, because it is the message. But I don't know this unless you show me and tell me, because this is so strange and so different that I don't even know that if you're at work, like you say at work, that I can, I can talk to God there at work when I'm busy working, real working, and I don't need to pray to him. I don't have to get on my knees or go in the bathroom or anything else like that. I can pray to him right now, right this minute, right now. I can have a relationship with God right now. And this is this is like I had to learn that I don't have to get on my knees to talk to God, to pray to God, to thank God, or to make it into a ritual. I don't need to do that. I can and I do, but I don't need to. I have just as much relationship on my knees as I have right here, right now with God. This is a living God. This is something I had to learn. Because you see, I kept God out of my life because I thought God was only needed certain places, certain times. And that means in physical, mental contact, my step 11 is there. Through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God. See, now that means right now. That means now. Whether we have trouble or I have trouble or not, doesn't make no difference. It's a living God. I'm walking and talking with a power greater than me so that I can have a power greater than me. And when I did step three, when I turned my will and my life over to the care of God, when do you think I did it? I did it one time, long time ago, it's gone. No way. Each and every day. Each and every day. And that's what the book is talking about, a daily reprieve. A daily reprieve doesn't bounce off the wall from yesterday years. It comes right now. The daily reprieve. Every day, it says the day, I must carry the vision of God's will and all of my activities. This here is along the same line as you you were talking about. I never knew that I could be the man I should be in all of my affairs, meaning at work, whether I'm a worker or an employer, I bought, I had a garage, I had a mechanic working for me and stuff like that. I can be I can be a man there that God wants me to be. No matter what they're doing, good or bad, doesn't make a difference. I can have a relationship with a woman, a wife or a girlfriend. And I can be the man God wants me to be. I don't keep God out of my life because he doesn't belong here or there. I've got to learn that this is a living God. This is something that's really hard to get across because I was so programmed from another man in the beginning to talk to God in petition, in prayer, to get on my knees at a certain time, a certain place. I never knew how to meditate. At one time there, that meditation to me, I, I never looked at it. I wouldn't look at it. It seems dumb to me because they told me I have to meditate in the morning when I first wake up. How about meditating during the day when I really need meditation? How about meditating when I'm working, when things are going wrong or I'm in court? I'm in court, and they're, they're taking all my stuff. I ain't got no more stuff now. How about meditating there? Prayer ain't going to help me one bit in that part. But how about shutting down a mind, and so I can receive something in this mind, instead of taking something out of my mind in prayer, how about putting something in my mind? Meditation is quietness. It's listening to God, really. How about doing that in, in court when they're wrapping you real hard? How about doing that when you put you on the surgery table? Hell, I got one guy, he's a baby there, that goes in with me on surgery all the time. I go in there, and I've been in there 42 times. And as he's standing there, he's standing with the doctors. The doctors let him stand there. And he says, you know what? He says, when they're putting you out, you're still talking to God. Imagine that. That's what he told me. I don't know. I'm unconscious. But see, the conscious contact, when I started, I keep it alive. And as I keep it alive, it's there. This is what it's all about. This is, this. see, this makes it 
of program recovery because of the relationship with God for my life. Not a relationship with me. I have that. Naturally, I have that. Hell, God don't dress me up to brush my teeth or anything else. But I need something more than just that. I need something in my mind so that my mind lives in a world it can live in because it's a good world. It isn't full of all of me and yesterdays and all of this crap. I can relate to what you said. I had a problem with that myself. And the reason I had the problem with that was because I was a yes man. Yes, it's an undeserved gift. Yes, but for the grace of God, I wouldn't be alive today. I'd say yes to that, and I'd move on like that. It's like I got, got on down the road, and that was in the pouch, and I could move on. And then I could really focus on what the problem was. And I could really formulate some way to resolve the problem in a clear way to shape up. I got it now. Even the after this one. And all that time, my mind was telling me that all the things he spoke about were in place. That would be my life. I'm a new man. I'm not drinking today. All these things. But I swept all that aside. When I would address a problem, had no solution, I'd say, how do I do this? This answer was the same as it was the last time I asked him that question. Yeah, and the time before that, and the time before that, and the time before that. My head was telling me that all these other things were okay. The only thing that was needed some attention was what my head was focusing on. When in fact, what really needed attention was the meat behind the eyeballs. Because I wasn't really being grateful for being alive. And most of all, I wasn't trusting what that power was going to give me. I said, in every every case that I would know what the answer was when I heard it. Because all the answers available to me weren't working. So I'd sit in the God knows the good luck like I speak to like during the sobriety, I'd say, I know the good luck in my side. And that's I had no idea. And I had no idea until I was until I was willing. And until I was open minded enough in those cases you're talking about to stop and get on a level field. Hold it. There's something wrong in my world today. Because Frank saying to Frank that Frank knows the answer if to everything else but this, and once this thing solved, everything will be dandy. I'll have like happy employees, I'll do the right thing. And nothing really changed in my life until I reached the point where no matter what, I go to God and whatever God gives me, I believe that that's going to be the right thing, and I'm going to depend upon that. And through that dependence, I was free from that other stuff. The stuff that the Jews would stop me in my class would deny me. Uh, the answers or the resolution. And it wasn't that I, how do I deal with them? I wasn't dealing with me. I wasn't allowing God in. I was playing it my way. And I was dealing with it as Frank sees it. And every time I went to him, I did the same thing. I didn't I come back with the same question from a different way. I'm Einstein. I'm cutting angles. Bam! I did, okay, okay. But I was a yes man all the time. I said, I heard this. I agreed with it. Because I agreed with it. I, my head says, Okay, that's part of your life. You're in there. You've read this. You've done this. You got a great sponsor. You got a great fellowship around you. But I, when I needed to trust, I refused. And I didn't even think about it. I just did it because I had always done that. That old idea kept me chained to ignorance, chained to the man that I was. It wouldn't allow me to grow in, in those kinds of situations. I work for people. I work with a lot of people. I work with a lot of lawyers, legal people, IT. And I tell you, like I said, I'm a yes man. Even today, 
I'll address things. And I'll catch, you know, and, and God will make it clear to me and say, hey, Frank, you're doing it again. Today. You're assuming something's in place and it's not. And what's not in place is that dependence that, and the trust and reliance that no matter what's bugging you, we'll just go to the power of it. And accept what I hear. I'm not confused enough, but most of all, I'm not afraid. And I'm not confused. And I'm not, uh, I'm not overwhelmed by what I see. Because it's not what's going on out there that's overwhelming me. It's the confusion that's going to generate through my ears. That it's really the problem. And time and again, he made that, he made that, that plain to me. It wasn't what I was seeing. It was just me back here at what function. I wasn't depending on that power. I needed to be independent, but I truly needed to solve the problem. I could just sing you the problem. Me, not whatever else. You know, one of the things Frank's talking about is a real hard for me to realize and to live daily this day is keep looking inwardly all the time. Keep looking inwardly. Don't look outwardly. What I mean by that is that there's the way life is, the way you behave, what you do, whoever you are. And the bees looking inwardly, it doesn't mean that I can't watch you work or if I'm, if I'm the boss and, and looking at you. It doesn't mean that. What I'm talking about is Looking outwardly and seeing out there the world that's wrong, finding fault finding, uh, looking for things that I'm always in tune to, to find fault or to put judgment or criticism. I've got an overactive brain and it's full of me and it's full of all kinds of judgment, criticism and everything else. When it's just in idle gear and it's never an idle, but when it's just with no, with nothing important going on, it'll find something to think about and it becomes important. I've got, this is what they, what they, what they mean by restless, irritable, discontented. Restless, restless, irritable, discontented is a, is a condition of a, of, of, a, of an alcoholic where no matter what's going down, no matter if it's good or bad, by his own power, by his own way of thinking, acting, living, he's restless, irritable, discontented. You can't please him. You can't stop him. You can't give him something real good and he'll slow down or anything else like that. This is something that has to be, if it's in you, like it's in me, it has to be identified. It has to be looked at. Because why, why, why go into troubles or why go into a life, in a daily life, and continue, just continue on from where yesterday was, doing yesterday's life and, and being hurt or hurting people by it? See, the message is always the same because it's always about a character building. It's always about that this day, today, now, because listen, we've been up here now since Friday. And see, Friday went by, Friday night went by, and then Saturday went by, and here it is today. What good would Friday night or Saturday be if it's not in my life today? The principle, the application. Because I can't go back and start applying it. Friday has gone by. And see, my mind doesn't look at things like that because that's stupid to think that way. But it's not stupid when you're living in the day you're on, carrying yesterday's or Friday's life back in today's life, too. And then complicating or thinking about it or we. Just rehashing something and then getting more excited. That was a thing a long time ago. When I was in the Navy, I was overseas. And hell, I'm over there six, seven thousand miles from here, wherever here was, and where the trouble was, and whatever was happening. And I'm over there reliving it again. And hell, it's months, maybe years later. And it's still doing the same thing to me when I relive it as it did when I did it, or worse even. And how does that match up? I mean, what, what, why would I want to hurt myself about something that's about six thousand miles away? And I can't do anything about it anyway, but I'm going to go ahead and think about it, and then I'm going to get all screwed up in my mind again, feeling guilty, kicking myself in the hind end. 
This is a story about today, though. See, this isn't about some years ago or 6,000 pounds ago. This is a disease that functions now, right now. To make this more important all the time, I have to stay in the now. Because my disease needs to be treated now. When is the program recovery going to be a program recovery? When? Now or when? Never. If it isn't now, it is never. I always say this all the time because I couldn't hear this, and I have to hear it yet. One time, I could listen to somebody say that, but it wouldn't register. It just didn't do me any good at all. Not a bit. It wasn't until later on that I realized my life's important to me. When I'm living this life today, like today, coming here, doing the things we're doing and everything, why can't I benefit from that? If my Lord sets it up so that I can be here, and he can show me that I have to go farther in his world, and this is his world where I'm at right now because he's here right now. This is news, man. This is the way it is. I'm not up here looking for even God back in L.A. or anything else like that. This is my life. My life's important to me. An early surprise to me is sometimes it's tough to develop some of those um, repetitive um, habits of making, trying to make contact with God. And, and my mind races like an alcoholic mind I've heard right here. And I'll be out there and realize, you know, what's good under? I need to be back sure. focusing on, sure. on, on this recovery process. And, and, and I'll go from both ends of the spectrum throughout the day. I don't know how many times. What I want to ask you is, in, in early recovery anyway, do you, do you, have you used any forms of, I don't like the words I'll use anyway, gimmicks or, or triggers or things that go on in your day that says, oops, doing this. Is there anything that I could try to put in my day-to-day routine in life that would remind me that I'm not here? I'm in the wrong place. I need to be focused on back and praying and trying to rebuild this character that I've been talking about. Anything that you can share that might help me uh, identify some of these times when I'm out there and I need to get back, looking for things that are happening. Sure, any kind, any kind of gimmick at all would be fine with me if I was an alcoholic. Anything, anything goes. I don't care what it is. If it will help me get back or get to where I belong, certainly. And this here is the same thing again. That's why I talk like like today about the ominous signs that I found out what they are. The minute that I show any kind of Judgment, criticism, worry, anger, resentment. Anytime I, I'm intoler- intolerance of you, whoever you are, and, and being like we were talking about in the market, things like that with a line of people, man, I'll tell you, that's the disease, and I know exactly. I'm standing under the, how many times, you know, this happens all the time. I go to Costco and Price Club and all that, and you know how long them lines are all the time. You know, they're, or at least in L.A. they are. They're, they're, if early in the morning or late at night, they're long, man. And everybody's got a basket full about that big, you know, and everything else. And I see one over there, and there's only got three in it, you know, and they only got, they don't have much in the basket. Bam, I hot put it over there, you know. And as I'm sitting there, standing there with these here, these other lines are long, see. And I'm noticing this guy over here, he's starting to move up. And I'm staying here. I'm staying here. And something's wrong with that guy there. He's writing a check, and he can't get it clear. And I'm thinking, now what the hell's going on here? <laughs> I did that. The other, I did that one day. It's not too long ago. I did that. And this one guy, I noticed him because he made me move so he could put his basket through to get in that line. See, and so I backed up and let him move through. See, next thing you know, he's checking out. He's going like this, <laughs> like this. 
I'm still in the same place I was when he went through me, you know, and he went through a long line. I blow my mind over that. Something like that, all I have to do is give that energy. My whole day is gone to hell, man. I'll take that out of that store and I'll drive like that. I'll talk to you like that and I'll moan and grow it. And believe me, this is something that happens right now, right today, this day. Because the disease needs treated now. You know, these might not seem like they're big things, but they are big things because I'm lost wherever I go, whether it's in that market or any other place I go, if I use the same type of thought process coming from self. That I think that maybe I'm getting a bad deal or they're using me or any, any kind of thought at all coming from self for any reason. Man, I take on some power, man. I just, I just, man, I just think I'd still be so damn special, but that shouldn't be like that. The disease of alcoholism has to be recognized. If it isn't recognized, identified, become aware of it, what good would it be for any and all of us here to keep struggling because we had a beautiful day and all of a sudden here's a person, whoever that person is. One thought, I lost the whole picture. And I lost the picture for now, though. I lost the picture for where I am now. I don't lose the picture because I see something now and it affects yesterday. It affects today, right now. That's what this year, this, the whole program recovery is based on the fact that each and every one of us can have this day, today, this day, right now, in a program recovery. That's why it is a program recovery. It can't be a report program recovery from yesterday. In other words, like it wasn't is, or like we did so much work yesterday, now we're okay today, we just have no more problems. We're problem people, the book says so. We live by problems. Get rid of one problem, here comes another one. What are you going to do with the other one? Get rid of that one, here comes another one. That's the way a mind functions. The other average people don't do this. They don't think in terms of problems. They think in terms of doing something, getting over with it. If they have to do it again, they're not upset. They just do it over again. No thought. Me, I can't do it like that. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.